Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Phantom Video. I'm your host, Nathan Bartlebaugh. I'm joined with my co-host, Trey Whetstone. And tonight's uh, episode is going to be a look at November releases. This is actually an addendum to our October releases, an October episode that we did. Just didn't get a chance to get that out with so many other things on the, uh, the roster. So tonight you get a double dose of the release calendars and then... Uh, Dave was able to join us for this segment, but you will hear him very shortly as we cover our October uh, schedule. And then we did have, we each picked a horror movie. It was originally for Halloween or a kind of spooky release. And we'll have three of those for you. Uh, movies that are really good for any time of the year because they aren't explicitly Halloween movies. So you'll have all that coming up. Uh, before we go any further down the road, though, I want to uh, turn it over to uh, Trey. Trey, how are you doing tonight? Good, Nathan. How are you? I'm doing very well. We are we're uh, recording this tonight's a little bit deceptive because we're actually recording this just after uh, Thanksgiving. We had so many different things going on, and I wanted to be able to give this uh, the, the the podcast has done really well so far, and we really want to give some time to breathe. And we had a lot of uh, our, our Halloween releases for Phantom Galaxy that we wanted to release and get out there, and so we did that. And I wanted to, to give this sort of its own space and its time. So here we are, a little bit. <laughs> a month later but we've got a lot of great stuff and again a lot of these uh, releases are out there we may even mention a couple things in terms of like you know i don't know if you picked up anything for black friday we can talk about that at the end a couple things i want to mention before we go any further though uh, we're getting to that point here i'm going to close out the year on on uh, having it as a part of phantom galaxy proper but come the new year it will have its own standalone feed for a little bit of time we still will be putting the episodes on phantom galaxy uh, just as we move everyone, you know, the listenership over to the other, the other format, uh, we're going to keep it similar to what we've done. Let me put it this way: we're going to keep giving you episodes where we cover the release calendars like this. We're also going to open up a Facebook group page, just like uh, we have for Phantom Galaxy, but we're going to be more uh, purposeful with this, where it's going to be placed uh, not just for us to put reviews and to put, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, a little bit of information about new releases that we're picking up or that we're interested in, as well as um, when we have the boutiques and, and other uh, companies and studios, they, when they put out sort of their uh, their notices about what's coming out, we'll be sure that we're, we're putting those regularly. I'd really like it to be a sort of place where, hey, if you're interested in what's coming out or you want to talk with like-minded people about uh, physical media, that it could be a Facebook group that was sort of scratch that itch for you. So that, that encouragement is that everyone who's a part of that group, I want everyone to come on and feel free to, uh, to post pictures of your collection or things that you're interested in picking up or mini reviews, uh, things like that. So, well, I think it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have that up very soon before in the, with this next month as we come up for December. And again, uh, December is going to have about, we're going to start doing this after this episode. We're going to have a new episode every two weeks. It won't necessarily be a very long episode. It won't be quite like this, but we're going to split this up so that the, from here on out, the going through the calendar is going to basically be a single episode and then we'll have episodes to cover other things. We also have a few other people that will be joining us as members of the team going forward. Those will be some cool announcements that come up in December. And uh, Dave is uh, still co-host. He's been able to join us for this segment. I have some fun uh, segments will be coming up that uh, I think that'll that'll fit in with his wheelhouse. And the other big episode we'll have for December will be our sort of our end of the year. Hey, what are our top five uh, media releases? We'll probably look at some of our top favorite box sets and things like that. More information on that to come soon. But uh, here, without further ado, uh, unless Trey, do you have anything else? 
No, I don't think so. Sounds like a, a plan to me. I'm excited for that to kick in at least the Facebook group and everything. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good. And we there's some other things that we've been kicking around that we want to do and we will do. But uh, we're trying to do, we're trying to make sure we have a nice transition from Phantom Galaxy to Phantom Video. Again, Phantom Galaxy is not going away at all. It'll still be there along with its five or six other satellite shows. But we did want to give this one sort of its own space and place. And then once we get that established, we'll uh, we have a few other things in the uh, related to this that we want to make regular features of the podcast and of the group page. Uh, before we get into Trey and I going through things for November, you're going to hear uh, everything that we covered in October with Dave. So this is the three of us talking about the October releases and uh, our three movies that we we chose for uh, picking a a single horror release on physical media. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Phantom Video Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Bartleball. I'm joined uh, with my two co-hosts. I'm here with uh, Dave Becker. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, uh, and it's 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 great to be back talking physical media again. It is. It's been it's been a pretty packed month for physical media, and yeah. a, li- a little late recording this uh, for October, but we have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And so, let me go ahead and also bring in uh, my other co-host, Trey Whetstone. Uh, Trey, how are you tonight? Doing good, Nathan and Dave. Glad to be back here again for another episode. And you know the. Two of the people in the world that make me feel inadequate about the movies I've seen, because you two have seen almost everything, I feel like. As Uh, I've learned this week, I still haven't seen everything. (laughs) Yes, I find that all the time. Yes. I find that all the time. It's like, I don't know. I don't think it's possible to see everything, because every every time they'll come up with a whole bunch of, like, Kino will come out with five or six new titles I've never heard of. You know, and I'm like, oh boy, you know, you you just realize how much there really is out there. Uh, Then you'll... uh, then I also have that experience where you pull it up and you're like, you see a movie that you know you've seen, but it's been years. And you're like, why did I see this? <laughs> and I forgot completely that I've watched it is the second thought. It's like, <laughs> right. why did I watch that? And how did I forget it? But actually, how did I forget it is not usually as uh, easy, is more easily explained most of yeah. the time with yeah, some exactly. of this. Exactly. But uh, what we've got on tap tonight is we're going to go through uh, the calendar for October. So we're going to look at all the new releases in October. And there were a ton of releases and uh there's a couple that we i think that we've probably at this point uh, some of us have probably picked up and we can talk a little bit about so we'll go into a little bit of depth here there maybe on the releases if we've seen them but uh, we won't have any full reviews and then at the end what we want to do to kind of commemorate halloween uh, and for october uh each of us has picked a release it doesn't necessarily have to be brand new Uh, i think a couple of them may be but what we're doing is uh, we're each going to just suggest a title for Halloween. We're going to go through uh, and talk about it just in a recommendation way, tell you uh, our basic thoughts about it, whether, uh, well, you know, if this is a recommendation, of course, we, <laughs> we're recommending it, uh, that you pick it up, but, you know, uh, the audience that it would be for and what the special features and things like that look like and, and the transfer and everything. So we'll kind of cover all of that and we'll do that after we go through October, but uh, let's jump into this because I'm already looking at October 4th and I'm looking at it here on Blu-ray.com and it's like right off the bat <laughs> there are so many releases you just want to kind of like, you know uh, yeah. just throw your hands up in the air really with it, uh, in a good way in a good way, but uh, yeah, who wants to who wants to start there for October October 4th? Um, okay, well I can, I can give it a start here and I'm, I'm uh, we're looking at as you mentioned, uh, looking at the uh, Blu-ray.com. Um, and I don't know that we're going to touch on all of these, but I mean, the the, the, the first, what, seven, eight, <laughs> I think are ones we're going to definitely have to talk about. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, we have Fright Night 4K. And that, of course, is the 1985 Tom Holland uh, classic uh, coming out on 4K or has come out on 4K. Uh, Army of Darkness on 4K. Uh, and that one, I want to say, is that Screen Factor because there's also a, a more deluxe edition of that, more collectible edition that came out of that as well. Um, we have the Halloween collection, the Halloween 4K collection. Um, which, um, let me pull this up here. I want to just make sure I'm not, I want to see which movies this is. Which, it's all the good ones, one? Dave. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. We got, uh, from, uh, it looks like it's from 95 to 2002, three movies, four cuts. So it is Halloween H2O and Halloween Resurrection. Wow. Oh no. It's Halloween. The curse of Michael Myers, Halloween yeah. H2O and Halloween Resurrection. What Those are the three. And that doesn't yeah. even, you don't even get the um, Rob Zombie movies aren't in there either? No, no. It looks like it's a three movie. No, you're right, 2002. That's a weird one. Wow. That's a weird collection. That is a very strange collection. That is, in my humble opinion, not a $100 <laughs> collection. No, but, no, 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 no. Um, no, especially is, as we talk about a bigger collection later in this month from another franchise. So, right. Yeah. Now, I don't that, but I, to a. Two of these movies I can't stand, and I I do like Halloween H two O quite a bit, but um, there are things wrong with it. Obviously, I really I don't do know which like... cut which cut it is of Curse. Is it the the new sort of uh, director's cut that came out? Not oh, too like long the ago? producer's cut, yeah, from or a producer, few years ago, yeah, yeah, the one that they yeah, did I'm or sure back the original. Me personally, I don't know that it would matter because I right. saw them both yeah, and they were both kind of. It's, it's not one that I go back to. Yeah, very often. It's like the difference you know? between. St- stepping in old dog crap and stepping in fresh dog crap but (laughs) (laughs) one is slightly less worse than the other but right right um but for for people that are fans and i know there are fans of of, well i know there are fans of this first no i guess i i guess i do know people that are fans of resurrection but it's few and far between yeah not Um, not many but there are some yeah this next one though is the one i think that i i think is the most interesting of them all it is George Romero's Night of the Living Dead in 4K. How long? Yeah. Before Criterion came along, how long did we just get one crappy D- video, one crappy DVD after another because it was public domain and anybody could put it out? And we were talking that those good time videos yeah. on VHS Blown that came out. out. and everything. Yes. And-, and then I had gotten one of those for my birthday uh, and it was Night of the Living Dead. But Criterion came along and they gave this, they did this movie justice because it is a public domain. It's one of those ones anybody can release it. But yet Criterion took it under their wing and gave it a great release. And now we're getting it in 4K. Which I I can't imagine that, that George Romero ever imagined this movie being played in that high. No, 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 I paused when I saw it at first. I remember. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I rem- I'm thinking the same thing almost with, with Toby Hooper and, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. in 4K. You know, those are two movies that almost need that roughness. About yeah, it's, them. if you're watching it at a projector at a campsite, like that's what it was made for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But kudos to, to Criterion that's, for, that's awesome. for, for putting this um, out on 4k and giving and really giving it the the attention it deserves and I didn't and, and this has great uh, box art because it's the same box art as the the blu-ray um, the blu-ray I bought it not so long ago so I didn't upgrade because uh, honestly the blu-ray copy in my personal opinion of Night of the Living Dead 
already looks like it could have never looked this good. You know, it's it's almost yeah. like, yeah. It, it, but it adds. I will say this: I highly recommend purchasing this in one purchasing this in one of the formats if you don't already have it because that Blu-ray when you can when you watch it as crisp and clear as that, and you watch it with that much detail, it does change the experience. It re, it backs up the fact that this is a creepy, creepy movie. Oh, uh, and I think always yeah. will be. I showed it recently to my kids, and they've seen some. They haven't seen a lot of like extreme stuff, but they've definitely seen more modern horror movies. And then, so it can be a little bit of a, uh, you know, a jarring experience to go back to a movie like this and expect someone to be creeped out by it. But they, I think, they found these zombies and 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 their minimalism much creepier than you know, say like a zombie land. <laughs> Well, that's that's the whole that's yeah. the whole idea of this is that these zombies, I mean, they're not threatening at the very beginning. I mean, the, the guy brings a chair out there, lights it on fire, yeah. and he scares off what was maybe about eight, ten zombies that were there. So they just lock the doors and they barricade themselves. And well, then okay, well, no, look, there's twenty now. Oh, look, there's fifty. Oh, now there's a hundred. You know, we're not getting out of here. <laughs> these these things aren't going anywhere. So it's it's that it just wears you down. And, and that's where it builds. And then with the scene in the truck at the gas pump and what happens, I don't, you know, I, I, we're talking spoilers for a movie that's a classic and it was made how many years ago at this point? Um, I mean, it was made before I was born, uh, you know, in 68. Um, but that is the moment we are like, oh, my God, these things are really terrifying. You know, yeah. and, and what, what, what they do. That was the first moment you realized what they do when they get you which must have been very jolting i think for uh, i think it was roger ebert that mentioned a bunch of kids like he was in his screening when he first saw it and all these people brought their kids to what they assumed was like a saturday matinee of a a 60s sci-fi monster movie basically (laughs) i I uh, well, you never with, knew, right? Yeah, you, you you just didn't know what you were getting. I mean, a lot of you can get you could go there and you you could get like this island Earth or something, which right. is just fine for kids. But um, and I worked with a woman who saw this within the first couple weeks it came out, and wow. just said it absolutely terrified her and her friends. I remember just just uh, reading the synopsis in the TV guide and seeing a thirty second clip clip on television, mm-hmm. and again. But unlike my kids, I'd seen horror movies and I was freaked out. Just the thought, just the thought of it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because the thing about this movie over most of the others that I could think of is that Ramiro leans into that idea from uh, from Richard Mathis and Zion Legend. The idea that it's basically your friends and neighbors. No, right. they all want to kill yep. you. Right. Yep. People people who you might know. And then and, and, and right. that comes into play later in the movie. Um and he just, uh, it, it is, it's, 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 it's a masterpiece. And, and I don't know if it ever, has it been colorized? If so, it should never be colorized. It was colorized. I was going to mention that when you were talking yeah. about the crap ones. Yeah. It was an abomination. I've never seen anything so ugly. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's a shame. Now I remember a teacher I had in, in uh, my media teacher in college, and this was in the early nineties. Well, it would have been 90 to 92. He was saying, yes, you know, colorizing these movies is an issue, but that was the first preservation of these movies. Yeah, they I had see. to. They had to. I guess they had to preserve them before they could colorize them. So he says, as bad as it is with the colorization, we got and it was Ted Turner at the time, because Ted Turner was the one who was hand doing all these colorizations for 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 his uh, cable network. He said, you got to give him credit because he's now preserving these movies. 
which they wouldn't have been preserved. They got to preserve the black and white before they can colorize yeah. it. Now the problem with this one is I think they I think they colorized this thing in like the nineties. So I mm. think when they did it, it was like they all knew better. Yeah, Wasn't it and you know what? Like the first the colorization suddenly the Frank Sinatra film they gave him brown eyes instead of blue eyes. You know, yeah. it's like all these things where where they just weren't getting it right. Now you want to do a Three Stooges short? That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, but yeah, don't mess with things. But yeah, that's cool. The other thing, Army of Darkness, how many, I mean, I think they're trying to see how many copies of a, of a single title can you own. <laughs> yeah. There's a big collection too, like that collector's edition. If you look further down on the list, there's like a steel book, a collector's edition, the regular 4K coming out this week. They have a ton of things coming out for um, uh, Army of Darkness. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I haven't upgraded. I mean, I think they had a, the last Scream Factory Blu-ray was pretty darn good. I'm sort of like, I don't know that I need yet another. Right. It was better than the previous Blu-ray. Yeah. I think I'm in the same state with a lot of these, like Fright Night and all those. I think I had just upgraded to Blu-ray. Now, Night of the Living Dead, I might pick up that 4K. No, Fright Night didn't have a Blu-ray, did it? Did it not? No, Fright Night was a big one for me. I want to talk about that one a little bit because, first off, I think that's my favorite 80s vampire movie. Um, And some people say, you know, Lost Boys or Near Dark. And the Lost Boys just got a cool 4K uh, release in yes, September did. and it looks really good. You can, you can almost uh, smell the uh, baby oil on the saxophone, man. It's so good. But uh, this, you know what, Nathan, you're right. I just looked at my shelf and it's a DVD. So yeah, it, this is a good upgrade. Too. This has some new special features on it, some new like interviews and things. Uh, and it's got a really nice, the steel book is beautiful and it has that classic cover art. You know, while I love when screen factory, and some of these other places give us new cover art, there's some cover art that's so iconic, it just never needs to be redone. It should always be the image, in my opinion. And I think yeah. Fright Night is one of those movies. Like, that's such a great... I remember seeing that cover before I ever saw that movie, and it's it's so cool looking. And then the, to, to the credit of the movie, that you usually the monsters that appear on the front of the box never show up in the film. <laughs> and that right. vampire is actually in that movie. It was much to my surprise. Yeah. No, it was good. That's I know you're right. I have the DVD too. So this is a real. This is a, a, a like a, a a jump forward without having yeah. a, a, been on Blu-ray. Yeah. So I just I, assumed also, it was such a classic. I wouldn't have bought it just on DVD, yeah. but apparently there was no Blu-ray yeah. available. That's so. the one I got too. Yep. yep. No, because it wasn't. Fright Night Two is another case. They don't. I don't know. If there's ever even a a DVD that was out for any amount of time that doesn't now cost don't like either. sixty bucks. Yeah. So and I really like Fright Night Two. I don't like it as much as the first one, I but I too. I think. Uh, there's a lot, including Julie Carmen, to like about that movie, and well, maybe it's coming. Uh, it's a lot Nathan. of fun. I hope, I'm sure. I'm sure. But this is a. I think this is like a must-have release if you're a horror fan, really, uh, because it is such a big upgrade. And I checked it out in the p- picture on it's beautiful. And there's a lot of like the thing that struck me is we got a lot of good special features that I don't know that I was expecting because sometimes maybe because it never had a proper Blu-ray release or it didn't at least not here in the states, as far as I know that this one uh, is is pretty solid. Yep. Can I talk similarly for a second with um, Scream 2? Because I don't think... It wasn't too long ago that we only had DVD releases of the first three Scream movies. Mm-hmm. And they were awful. They were like in um, a terrible, like, full-screen aspect ratio. like four or, or, or it wasn't like anamorphic widescreen or something. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, um, yeah, they recently... I did get a Blu-ray, I think, of those ones. And then I saw the original Scream came out a while ago, and then looks like Scream 2 is coming out on 4K now. So it's like we didn't have anything for a while, and now they're coming in like fast and furious with those yes, ones. Yes, which is nice. 
Yeah, and they and they they've looked great. I've I didn't get this one yet, but I got the Scream 4K when it released right before the new Scream film came out, and it looks uh looks great. And I mean, it is a pretty it's a pretty stunning, I think, uh, jump in terms of from the old Blu-ray. I think that's I think what you're seeing a lot is are there sometimes where I'll find a Blu-ray and I'm think the Blu-ray jump to 4K is not you know, as impressive as I might expect there are, but there are so many of these films that the last time they got a decent Blu-ray release, if they got one, that the quality felt like a only mildly upgraded DVD, you know? And I think Scream, unfortunately, weirdly enough, actually a lot of the Miramax horror films sort of ended up the dimension, I guess, uh, films ended up like that with some pretty, like, like we just slapped this on a disc and here you go. So that is not this. (laughs) Nathan and I'll say that I the really the reason I remember that is I think when father and son were covering those movies, I went back and tried to watch them. So that's been a couple years ago, but the DVD release was just terrible. And then you couldn't find them streaming anywhere. And then recently with Miramax, the um, Critters films aren't really streaming anywhere either unless you want to pay for them. So, yeah, that may be a weird Miramax thing. Yeah, maybe I, I, I picked up the um, that that Critters um, Blu-ray set. Yeah, I did. Films. I did that for the day the Screen Factory had the sale and I picked it up and yeah. one day perhaps it'll it'll arrive. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I ordered it back on the uh, very beginning of October and it still hasn't showed up yet. But uh, oh, wow, Bram Stoker's Dracula in 4K. I did pick that up as in a, as a steel book and it, it, of course it almost immediately went down in price. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, what happens with me too. That happened yeah. with the fog. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fog. I noticed that somebody was selling the Howling. 4k for like 13 bucks last week i'm like oh wow yeah. uh but i really like bram stoker's dracula I, it's, it has its problems it's definitely pretty uh you know it's one of those 90s too horny for its own good sort of right. horror films you know um every there's heaving bosoms every time you turn around <laughs> and uh it, even gary oldman's heaving bosom at one point but the I think this is similar to the release that came out not that was already on 4K, but this is like the Steelbook edition. But I have to say, the image, I, I, the image is very good. It looks good. It does retain uh, a, a decent amount of the film grain and everything there. That with the, for me, I think works for this movie because they were going for such an old fashioned look with the imagery, right? And the special effects that were done in a using the same basic processes that would have been used to make special effects, you know, in the 30s or 40s. Right. So. I think uh, if you enjoy that film for its sets and its design, it's definitely worth having the uh, the upgrade. All right, very cool. And then, then I mean, there are a lot of other releases yeah. here that that aren't necessarily horror. And and we can mention those too. We yeah, can, you know, I, I, I guess so. You'd, Cast me if you can is one yeah. that I always thought was interesting because that was for for me around that time. That was Spielberg's other movie. Right, because Minority right the, Report. And Minority <laughs> Report was his big one in the summer, yeah. and then when it got closer to, to uh, holiday time, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, is when Catch Me If You Can came out. Yeah. But it's also a very fun movie. It is. And the, th- I, the uh, thing I remember about this, I remember seeing it in the theater, and I had uh, just started dating my wife at the time, and the thing, though, that surprised me was the, the Christopher Walken acting performance in this movie, which I believe was nominated for an award as good as obviously Hanks and DiCaprio in the movie. It's Christopher Walken. I think that steals the movie and sort of is, you know, the most poignant aspect of the movie. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um, just a fun, and, and the, the, the guy he plays, the guy DiCaprio plays, uh, I worked for a bank for maybe about four or five months. I became a teller and I went to a training 
and they showed a video of somebody who was hired um, to, you know, sort of lay out how fraud can happen uh, at a bank and, and what you can do to uh, what people can do to rip off a bank. And it was this guy. It was the guy DiCaprio was playing who was part of who was presenting that video. He even That's said he made a he made a bet with a, with a, with a federal uh, with a, with a, an FBI agent when they were driving. He goes, I can go into that bank right now with no ID, no account there, um, and I can walk out with two thousand dollars in cash. And he did it. <laughs> wow! And after seeing the movie, though, I can <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Um, it's a good one. I feel like even though it was well lauded at the time, I don't feel like you hear people talk about it a lot. But no, it's, it's definitely it's, a good it's unfortunate. Movie. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. Then um, we also have. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, we also have as a couple of kids releases. But Marcel the Shell with shoes on. That might be one of the strangest children movie movies you'll ever show your children. <laughs> it's really great though. It's a stop motion and. It's, it started as a sort of a, a series of memes of little internet videos, but the film itself is a strangely weird and kind of touching existential movie about this little shell that lives in this house and indeed has shoes on. And he lives with his grandmother, who is voiced by Isabella Rossellini. So this is the kind oh, wow. of movie you're in for. And he's concerned, you know, she's concerned for him that he may never find his family that he's lost and that maybe... Uh, grandma who i think her name is manicotti but <laughs> she's going to pass and he, he'll be left all alone so it's a little heavier than you're thinking but it's also a very gentle interesting movie let's put it this way this is the a24 releases so this is what an a24 children's film looks like guys but <laughs> okay. honestly speaking this may be on my top 10 of the year for all movies so it's it's that wow. good so almost like what was the one um uh the uh, stop motion from last year i made your list it was your one number oh, one? That was very different. That was the Wolf House. The right? Wolf House, yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. The Wolf House is on the other side of the street from this movie. That's the alley <laughs> the kids don't go down. Um, less less impressive, although my family still enjoyed it, was DC's League of Super Pets. Uh, that's in 4K and Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, I will put. I'll tell you this though, man. This movie's three times as good as Black Adam. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, that's a shame. That's a shame. That, that's a shame because that. that was really a passion project for Dwayne Johnson, and it took him years yeah. to get that to the to the screen. But DC just they they don't have it, you know. And and now with the new announcement, though, what did they just announce that they're Gunn. turning it over? Uh, James Gunn and I can't. Yeah. Who was the other uh, 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 filmmaker? I can't remember. Are have, have they are now in charge of DC? Yeah, James Gunn. That's a that's a big step, especially since he's got a Marvel movie still coming out too. Yeah. But yes, but he did such a good job with Suicide Squad. I can't blame him. And he headlined that Peacemaker show that was on uh, HBO Max. I had no expectations for that, and it was really good. Like Ash versus the Evil Dead, good. Like it was that wow. kind of thing, that kind of humor, and that kind of like. Uh, but also char- charming and acerbic and goofy and silly and also kind of a mean spirited all at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend it. Honestly, John Cena in my, like my entire perspective of him, who I liked him even before this change where I'm like, okay, I think I would, I, if I were a producer, I give this guy lots of shots at different things that maybe I wouldn't expect from him. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one I just wanted to mention real quick, and I haven't seen this movie, but I picked it up. Uh, for a specific reason, um, and I, I, I don't know if either of you have seen it, uh, the paper from 1994. 
I have seen the paper. That is Michael Keaton, Michael right? Keaton, and that is the reason yes. I picked it up. I, when Trey, when you were on LOTC and we were going over, um, you oh, know, um, our, uh, movies you love, day you love it, even though yeah, like the white noise, not good, yeah, yeah, and and Pearl had picked White Noise, which yeah. I had not seen before because I stayed away from it. I, I just didn't hear anything good yeah. about it. It just didn't interest me. But Michael Keaton has become like I, one of those. I said in that episode, an actor I root for all the time now. When I see Michael Keaton in a movie, I almost want to see it because he's he's reinvented himself several times. You have those great early comedies with Night Shift and and he was in Mr. Mom with I know Greg loves Mr. Mom. I like Mr. Mom. I don't think it was quite as good as Night Shift. Um, and then they then he took a real nosedive with Johnny Dangerously. Um, and then uh, he sort of went away for a little bit. Then Batman came along. But he had Beetlejuice in there, but then he also had Gung Ho. Oh, he had Beetlejuice so in there like, too, yes. Gung Ho, yeah. Beetlejuice, you know. Yeah, he had, he had those, so he was he was sort of there, but then Batman, he was he was an A-list again. Yeah, He was yeah. back on top, and then he starts to make some other bad decisions there for a while, including White Noise, apparently, which I kind of liked him, and I didn't think he was bad in White Noise. I thought, he, I thought he was good. And then here comes Birdman. And spotlight, and he's an A-list actor again. He's playing. He's playing. Uh, what was that? Uh, the, the in uh, the Spider-Man uh, villain. Oh, the vulture. Uh, oh, the vulture. Vulture. Yeah. vulture. yeah, he's playing the vulture in that. All of a sudden, he's an A-list actor again. He just seems to keep sort of. I don't know about reinventing himself, but he's almost like we find him again. It's like yeah, he's always yeah. there, but the audience finds him again. And I think that's a little bit of his, of his kind of his charm is even when he was. He had a more of a, an acerbic style to him in the 80s and the, the 90s is um, Michael Keaton just sort of is who he is. You yeah. can find a place for him and you're into him. Great. If not, he's still going to be there. It's like yeah, you said, and- you may find your way back to him. But in the meantime, he's still making movies like The Paper and My Life and a ton of movies in the 90s. And I will Jackie say this. Brown. Jackie Brown. Oh, my Jack- gosh. He's so Jackie- good in Jackie Brown. He played the same character. Was it Jackie Brown? Was and Out of Sight. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are both good movies. I mean, a lot of his, you know, there's only a handful of movies of his that I would say probably aren't aren't worth seeing, and it's very few. Uh, unfortunately, one of them is one that came out in the '90s. I think it was called Desperate Measures. It was him and Andy Garcia. It's just a, mm. he's not the problem. This is a terrible movie. This right. though, yeah, it's the same a, with Johnny Dangerously. I don't know that yeah, comedy that he did not, with Joe Piscopo. It is just awful. <laughs> there aren't many good Joe Piscopo movies. I'm just saying. But. Wise guys. Wise guys and Dead Heat. Now, now I'm, and I'm Dead Heat. Yes, Wise I'm, Guys yeah. and Dead Heat. It was maybe in five movies, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, <laughs> the the papers a Ron Howard movie, and I probably haven't seen it honestly since like 1995, Dave. But when I saw it, I really liked it. Okay, good. I think it's a legit. You know, I think it's a more softball version of what came out later. When um, what was the movie that that uh, Spotlight? Spotlight. Oh, spotlight. Okay. Spotlight. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's not about the same subject matter, but that same sort of behind the scenes of, of what it's like to run a newspaper and try to stay ahead of the flow of the news and things like that. So I do recommend it. I think it's, um, you know, it's a Ron Howard film, so it's going to be a little sunnier and a little less uh, cynical maybe than you might want for a movie about the paper business. Right, right. But um, uh, my memory is just pretty good and he's good in it. So, And that's great because Mike, uh, Ron Howard directed his uh, screen debut with uh, Night Shift. That's right. Yeah, I always kind of forget that. He's so much fun in that. This is this oh, was yeah. definitely when he was trying that thing in the 90s that didn't work for him, which is let's be sort of like the family man guy, right? So the paper, right, my right. life. Uh, oh, my gosh. What was the one where he made clones clones of himself? Multiplicity. Multiplicity, yes, <laughs> yes. Which makes and me smile. <laughs> wasn't there – I didn't – I don't – I don't. I vaguely remember one, and maybe you've mentioned it in the titles already, where he, where he plays a hockey player. There was? 
I don't remember what it is. I don't, I, I don't, I don't even remember the title of it, to be honest with you. And I, I think it, I don't even think I saw the whole movie. Um, but I thought there was one where he played a hockey player and it's, it's more of a, like a, a dramatic. Touch and go. That, that could be it. That could be it. Like I said, I'm not real familiar with what the, what, what the, um, the, the title of it is. That's that's what Google was sending me down. So I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's well, it or not. But. I think this proves a point that we're trying to even remember. We're trying to decide if we dreamed where he was in these movies in the oh, 90s. This is from so. 86. So this is oh. yeah, it's, it's not this about is an ice battle. hockey star, but the, an ice hockey star is accosted by a, a youth gang who attempt to rob him. After he chases them off, he catches the youngest member and gives him a ride home where he meets the boy's mother, played by Maria Conchita Alonso. Ooh, I haven't seen her in a bit. A year before she was in uh, The Running Man. Okay, that's very interesting. All right. Um, yeah, I, like I don't think I don't even think I saw this whole movie, and maybe it is a comedy after all. I thought it was a little more serious. Yeah, it's a comedy drama romance. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to dis- derail us here, but uh, well, we, we're still in the right actor. So, all right. <laughs> so, speaking of this, there are a lot of mo- movies from the '90s that probably kind of came and went that are coming out. <laughs> incidentally, on this same uh, the same date, we had the Replacement Killers from 1998, a movie mm-hmm. I like. Chowdy and Fat, and uh, see, I love these. These are the kinds of pair-ups you don't get in movies anymore because they were like, what will we do with this? Mira Sorvino and Chowdy and Fat. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like, who are the two people that are popular right now? But you know what? That's a great combination, honestly. I would watch 10 movies, probably not replacement killer sequels, but I watched 10 movies with Chowdy and Fat and, Mar- and uh, Mira Sorvino as the this stars. Is years, this is a few years after, um, oh, God, what was that What was that one she won the Oscar Mighty for? Aphrodite. Mighty Aphrodite, yeah, right. Yeah. And this would have been Chow Yun Fat kind of just finding his way. This was his sort of, I guess, American. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't his American debut per se, but I think this was his like the big movie that was going to make him an action star here. He had clearly yes. done a lot of John Woo movies, but this was uh, the first step in getting him in front of the audience. But I think of what? most of the Chow Yun Fat action films that were done here in the States, this is m- maybe the best one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, I was going to say, wasn't he in Bulletproof Monk? Yeah, he that's not one of the better ones. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then there from 1995, The Cure, uh, having nothing to do with the band, but rather uh, a movie about two young boys and one of them has uh, AIDS. And uh, I don't remember much about it, except that it had uh, the the little boy from Jurassic Park, Joseph Masello, was in it. But that's about what oh, I remember. I, I don't think I've seen that. Shadowlands from '93 is also. Uh, out in a uh, Blu-ray edition. And I think that this is another one only been on DVD. Uh, have, have you guys seen this? It's a film about C.S. Lewis, the life of C.S. Lewis and Anthony Hopkins is a star. And this is one of those like merchant ivory films. It was done in between remains of the day and uh, Howard's end, but it's a very good movie. And uh, if you know anything about C.S. Lewis, this is this depiction of his life. It's him and Deborah Winger, Hopkins and Winger. And it's about his later in life marriage and, and that relationship. And it's a very good movie. It is a little bit more uh, sedate, you know, I think, than we tend to well, see. That's Merchant Ivory. Right, that's, that's exactly. That's what Merchant Ivory does. Yeah. But that never bothered me. That I mean, you, no. you walk into a Merchant Ivory knowing you're getting that kind of a movie. Right. And I think they did them very well. And this is a very good movie with a with a – not so long after Silence of the Lambs performance where Anthony Hopkins did a series of these to sort of like show everybody, Hey, this is what else I can do. Right. <laughs> now, what is this documentary here? I'm assuming it's a documentary, the U S and the Holocaust. Ken Burns name is on it. I have not seen it, but I definitely will see it. Oh, uh, wow. I'm guessing it's a new. Um, yeah. It says I, I'm, I'm yeah. I saw that it... too. I had no idea what that was. 
And it's it's a mini series because it's it's uh, six hours. Yeah, this is mini series okay. from twenty twenty two, so it is brand brand new. So yeah, I I will definitely check it out. I don't. This is not a wow. Can't wait to watch this. It's going to be a feel good event, but it's a Ken, <laughs> no, right. it's a Ken Burns it's documentary. It's like Showa. It's yeah, like going yeah. into Showa, and you know. It's one of those movies you kind of need to see, I think. Uh, I, I would agree. And yeah. ever since that Civil War that he did, um, and it, it was it the yeah. late 80s or early 90s, it just blew me away. You know, yeah, he's kind of had my attention ever since then, yeah, regardless definitely. of what he wants to do. Um, yeah, one I wanted to mention was um, a new 2022 release in Watcher. Um, Nathan, oh, yes. I know you've seen that. Um, I'm a bit higher on it than you. Dave, I don't know if you... I haven't yet. yet. I, I'm going to. I, I have it on the list of movies to yeah. see before I put together okay. my year-end list. Yeah, that's one of my favorite horror thrillers of the year. So I definitely recommend seeing it. It's nothing new or inventive, but um, you know, it's a good, solid thriller. I was just say I agree. I may I might not be quite as high, but um, I'm pretty pretty uh, solid on. It. I saw it at Sundance, and I actually liked it enough that time that I went back and because it was at Sundance, I didn't physically go to Sundance, so we, I watched it essentially on. TV, you know, through streaming, but I did go to the theater to catch it again, but just because of how the movie is shot, it's, uh, it, it's approaching the same kind of material that, uh, Alfred Hitchcock might do, but in a slightly different way. And there's this sense they filmed this thing, um, in another country around the time of COVID. So there's a certain isolationist sense to it that I don't think you'd be able to capture if you had maybe done it at any other time. And that alone sort of sells the movie, the plot you've seen before, but the ambiance of this movie is like almost like suffocating at points. Would you agree, Trey? And it's suspense. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a a tense film, I would say. And mm. yeah, especially with the situation she gets herself into. It's just it's very tense. And of course, if you don't want to spend a hundred dollars, you can get uh in on individual titles, um, Halloween the Curse of Michael Myers, Halloween H two O and Halloween Resurrection. So I saw that, but I can't find those. Are they? I can't find where they're selling those because I'd be perfectly down with buying a copy of Halloween H two O. Yeah, that would be the only one that would interest. No me. way in Hades. I'm getting Resurrection or the Curse of Michael Myers right. on. A I only see it on eBay. Day. I wonder if they sold out somehow maybe, by some miracle. Oh, maybe they maybe, printed like a yeah. thousand copies and, or something. And it says other adi- other editions in in the set. Yeah, so maybe. Okay, maybe it's not available. Maybe that's just. Maybe you know that's what. Just, Sometimes, Dave, I think they include, I think I saw this with a release we'll see later in the month where they include the individual releases, but it says like included on whatever set like you were talking about. So mm-hmm. I bet those aren't okay. individual releases. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe um, that's but I it. I see maybe, that yeah. with something later in the month. Um, It'd be wise not to do that with this one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> if they did, I don't think people would be buying that three. three to I, I would agree. Maybe the diehards. But... Now, is it made, was Airplane not released on Blu-ray before? I Yeah, I think this is. Airplane to me strikes me as one of those titles that I, I'm pretty sure it has been, but uh, some of these movies seem to get released multiple times yeah. and, and there doesn't always seem to be a lot of difference. Now to be fair, I don't really know. I did show this movie to my children for the first time not long ago, but I watched it on streaming. I didn't, I wasn't even aware um, that either, like you said, either had it been released or that it was getting a release. So, and, and it's, it's, I mean, for me, it's, you know, I saw it in the theater in 1980 with no idea what to expect. And it was just it, it, my brother and my friend and I, I think we were, we were just, we never stopped laughing throughout the movie. It was just amazing. It was one of the, one of my great, one of my favorite theatrical experiences because I went in not knowing what the movie was even about. Which is absolutely the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, Do you guys have any other comments on anything up until October 11th? No, I don't think so. So, 
so October 11th had two Criterion, uh, really cool uh, criteria. Yeah, excuse me, Criterion releases, and they just had their Criterion's website every, I think, twice a year has a one day or a 48 hour sale where everything is 50% off. It's similar to what the Barnes and Noble sale does, but I did pick up both of these because they fell within that sale. A Lost Highway in 4K. And this wow. is a, one of I love this movie. Is it one of my all-time favorite David Lynch's? I'm not sure. He's, I, I love most things that David Lynch has done, honestly. Okay. Uh, and this movie for a long time wasn't really... It, it was available on Blu-ray, but in from what I understand, a not very great copy that David Lynch himself sort of like was constantly like, don't buy this. <laughs> Wait oh, wow. for us to put something. So when you're, when you have a director and they're proud of their movie and they're still telling you not to buy that release, that's uh, you know, it kind of sends a message. It does tell you something. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, now did they break it out into chapters? Because David Lynch hates that. <laughs> that's right. And I haven't, you know, we were talking about this recently, Dave, I think when we were doing DVD infatuation and I made a mental note to myself, when I turn on lost highway, look for chapters and, we will all get a chance to do that soon because we are going to do that David Lynch series, right? Yeah, so right, we'll find right. out. Um, man, I hope they have chapters, right? But yeah, really. Lost Highway looks like an, an excellent release. I uh, haven't even uh, got a chance to, to dig into it at all, but I'm super excited for it because Lynch uh, over was actually overseeing the uh, the conversion of this and the color time, going back and color timing it and everything. He put a lot of effort uh, into getting this, both this and I think the eventual Inland Empire release that's coming out and 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 in a form that really does the movie justice that's the one thing you can say about david lynch is he cares deeply about the presentation you know to the degree of like what you just said but that's really only good news i think for for fans because you've got the director sort of overseeing it every step of the way and so i'm excited i really like this movie a lot but it's a movie i haven't seen to me too many times outside of uh Shortly after it released, I remember going to see it at the theater with some friends in high school and, uh, you know, getting all together and, you know, going in. And it was like, I think we were the only people in the theater and we felt real edgy, you know, (laughs) but um, I like it a lot. Have you guys seen Lost Highway? I have not seen it yet. It is. And I don't. It has been a it's been a long time since I've seen it. It's like you. I don't go back to Lynch often. I love his movies like Mulholland Drive. I absolutely yeah. love Mulholland Drive, but I don't go back to them often. It's almost like it's an event in a way. You have to kind of prepare. Yeah, <laughs> so you, we'll you, see you how really many we do. get through in a row. <laughs> you really well, do. You got to kind of prepare. And, and um, to the point that I didn't, I hadn't seen Eraserhead until not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. I, when we watch it for this, it'll be the first time I've seen it in a bit, but yeah. Um, Lost Highway, I think, would be a good one, too, because it's a very interesting movie. We can also talk about the time that, uh, oh, um, uh, who's who's the actor in Bill this Pullman? one? Not Bill Pullman, but rather, rather um, Robert Loggia. Uh, oh. the, the story that Robert Loggia tells about punching out David Lynch. Oh, wow. <laughs> during, during the whole process of making this film. and uh, But the other film is Arsenic and Old Lace from 1944. Uh, which And this is a Halloween movie. It, it is a Halloween not, movie, not a like horror a comedy, movie. It's a comedy, but it's a Halloween movie. Yeah, but but to be fair, a macabre comedy. It definitely oh, has God, ghoulish yeah. elements. These, these kindly old ladies who, who just sit there and talk about how what a service they do by by murdering these men that they fight into yeah. the house, these lonely old men. My my daughter looked skeptical about this, and she read the back and said, it was almost like the Princess Bride. Ooh, bodies in the basement sounds good. 
<laughs> you know, when he's like, oh, murdered by pirates sounds good. So, yeah, Arsenic and Old Lace is a classic. It is, you know, everyone looks to uh, Frank Capra for the Christmas movie, but I love Arsenic and Old Lace just as much as It's a Wonderful Life. And then, like you said, that's that's the Halloween movie. And I, I love the brother Teddy yelling charge as he runs yes. up the stairs. I think that's great. And the fact that they got Raymond Massey, who in the play it was you know the the it was it was Boris Karloff yes who played that brother uh, in the play and there's even a line it's like my god you, they made you know he had gotten plastic surgery you look like Boris Karloff yeah that's which part would of have the, been much right. funnier if it was <laughs> Boris Karloff of course that's that's very true but yeah there's almost an undertone that Massey is intentionally Boris Karloff like so it's right. very very interesting and it's got Peter Lorre in it it's oh, got yeah. Cary Grant who was not happy with his performance and he does go way over the top but it works for it, it works, works for in this character. film like yes. this movie wouldn't be as good actually that's what makes this movie sort of special is yeah. it's Cary Grant doing a very un-Cary Grant like thing and if you ask me one I love Cary Grant he's a great actor but I do think he was one of those actors who after a certain point felt like he had an image to protect. And yeah. so we never got the kind of, I think a lot of these actors pre the seventies, you're not going to get someone while out and do a Dennis Hopper and just give you something you've never seen before, because at a certain point they have this image that is sort of belongs to them. That they have to, so you're right. right that, yeah. that they have to, that's, that's what happened with um, the Hitchcock movie. What was it? Suspicion. Yeah. Yes. Where they had yeah, to absolutely. change the ending. Yep. And this sort of, movie. Yeah, this sort of skirts <laughs> under that, and I think that's what it's probably honestly it's probably one of my favorite Cary Grant movies, Arsenic yeah. and Old Lace. But I highly recommend it, and it's a fun. It would make a fun family viewing, I think, on on Halloween. Uh, no, that's when we're gonna catch it is after we do trick or treating. So, how about the Limey in 4K? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I like the Limey though. This yeah, is a Terrence yeah. Stamp movie from uh, the late '90s, 1999, the very tail end of the '90s. Yeah, and um, to kill a mockingbird in the kill a mockingbird is just a, a it's a masterpiece it is it's it's an american masterpiece um again it it deals with with a sort of a dark subject it's this for me is what when you, when i think gregory peck i think to kill a mockingbird yeah and he was good in a lot of films you know he was he was he was he did a great ahab in uh, in john Huston's i was just thinking Dead. about that that's a movie that doesn't get mentioned a lot but he's very good in it yeah. So he's, and he's one of those actors who he can, you know, he sort of sneaks up on you, but this for man, he won an Oscar for this role. And yeah, this is a classic. So. This is yeah. a dyed in the wool classic. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, I, I didn't get this. I really wanted to, but there's just so many releases at one time, the universal monsters, uh, in 4k, I feel like I have so many copies of these movies though, too. At this yeah, point. I know, I know. And I do I've as got well. the Blu-rays a lot of these. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and the Blu-rays were very good. They were, a, uh, they were a Titanic oh, leap forward. Yeah. The, you, I, they I got have rid the individual of the ones hit. and the covers are cool. They, yes. they cover, but they got rid of the hiss in Dracula, and that's what blew me away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because every time you'd watch it in that scene, and you wouldn't even pick it up after a while because you'd seen it so many times, you had to, yeah, you know, on the audio, and then you watch it without that, and you're like, wow, it's creepy in silence. Yes, and then they add, you know, I think Dracula has the well, you get the Spanish version of Dracula, you get yep. uh, now the drag we're talking about Dracula, he's not on this desk because he was on the other 4K releases, but honestly, the Blu rays of these are tremendous, they're amazing, and those are the they ones really I are, have. Yeah. But these are these are four top notch movies, and you've got um, 
the uh, I think it's the Claude Rains Phantom of the Opera, which I just recently saw for the first time watching my kids, and it's a good movie. It's I will, good, yes. I will say this: I think the problem with it is that it's far less of a horror movie than you're expecting, and in fact, right. there's bumbling comedy in it that I'm not sure works entirely it, well. It's almost like they went out of their way to not make it a horror. Yeah, movie. yeah. So there's yeah. a little too much of that, but it's a good. I still think it's a solid film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the ha- I like Hammer's version of Phantom of the Opera better than. Herbert Lom, yes, yes, yeah, is a little more posing. Um, but uh, Claude Rains Wait, there's, a, here. there's a Herbert Lom Phantom of the Opera movie. Yeah, the yeah, the, um, yeah. the the uh, the, the uh, like um, uh, Hammer. Nathan just said Hammer's version of it. Oh, uh, Hammer, check that out. Then. Opera, yeah. I think it's I on. Seen that one. There's a good Hammer set that's, that is rather expensive right now. I think it might be like twenty two bucks, and it's it's got some really. Uh, like eight or nine really good movies on it. So, and it's uh, Curse of, of the Werewolf. Is that yes. one of them? Yeah, Curse, Curse of the Werewolf, Werewolf Brides of Dracula, yeah. Night Creatures, Paranoia, Paranoiac, and Nightmare, those sorts of things. Um, but this one has Creature in Black Lagoon, Masterpiece, Mummy, and Bride of Frankenstein, all masterpieces, in my yes. opinion. Uh, and then we also have 4K Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill and Ted's Excellent. I love that movie. I love I, that movie so much because they are just this is this is a movie where they don't give a damn that they're changing history. No, it's <laughs> you know, fine. Any it's, time yeah. travel sort of movie. It's oh, we can't do anything to upset the timeline. You know, but but in this one, they're bringing Abraham Lincoln and and, and making him part of the school project. I, yeah, I think this movie, I know it's weird to say a movie like this was popular that had three movies, all, by the way, all of which were good movies, yeah. but legitimately good and thoughtful movies, yeah. uh, thoughtful movies with guys that didn't think a lot. I, I think one of my favorite lines in this is, you lost Napoleon? He was a dick. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's walking around. That's, I think that one of the best aspects of the film that they could have easily glossed over is what happens to the historical figures while they're getting everybody else and watching yeah. them make their way through the mall and the kids have to watch them. And he's like, look, there's Genghis, the Twinkies give him an excellent sugar rush. And he's right. looking around with this. <laughs> and this, look uh, how quickly Beethoven picked up on, on this, uh, on this electric organ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you can't go wrong with this movie. I think everybody knows that. Here's a movie I never thought would get a Blu-ray release, and I'm, I'm, it's probably one of those uh, I, I, I'm going to put money either on Vinegar Sk- Syndrome or Scorpion releasing, but I'm not sure which did it. Shredder. It looks <laughs> like Vinegar Syndrome to me, um, and this is not one of my favorite slashers. I got to be honest with you. I, I had a hard time getting through this one, honestly. Yeah, uh, this is not one of my favorites. This looks like you're watching a Mentos commercial that goes on for an hour and a half, and eventually you guy starts killing people. And um, it has its fans. It has it its it fans. Does. I just can't say I'm one of them. I yes, this is, however, a movie and uh, yep. Scorpion releasing. It was Scorpion releasing. It was Scorpion. Yeah. Oh, but but okay. I it looked to me like a vinegar. I could see. I vinegar thought syndrome. the art on this one looked a little more vinegar syndrome. I thought yeah. as well. Um, but so there you go, Shredder. You're gonna race out and grab that one tray. No, I think the only Scorpion release scene I might have is like the sect. That's me really too. Cool like, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> <Scorpion> <laughs> no, Scorpion releasing, but on DVD it put out that really cool set. Um, oh God, who was that girl? The wrestler, Katrina Lee Waters. Um, uh, Katrina's Nightmare Theater, where she hosted these films and these really sort of movies you wouldn't get otherwise from England, from Canada. Um, I know that um, uh, some from Australia. The day after Halloween was part of that. Oh, interesting. Um, See, that okay. sounds cool. 
Yeah, it, it was it was a cool series because then she would have like introductions to them all. Uh, and um, there'd be special features of her interviewing people who were part of it. They'd have commentaries with it as well. Uh, the Picks was one of the movies that was part of that set. Oh, I remember uh, that one. Yeah. The Carpenter, the one with, um, oh, God. Oh, what's the guy? Oh, the Slasher. Uh, yeah, with uh, the guy from uh, Wingshauser, I think. Yeah, you're right. Movie. It was Wingshauser. Yeah. yeah, and so th- these movies were part of that set, and that's what I always think of when I think of Scorpion. I don't think they brought any of them to Blu-ray. I think that was just DVD and them were done. Well, you know, don't make you feel that but Shredder has a Blu-ray, and those movies don't. <laughs> yes, exactly, which, which is a real kick in the ass. Yeah. Now, something um, interesting here with The Godfather. Yeah. They're coming yes. out with the Godfather yes. set, but what I think is really interesting is that now it's the Godfather, the Godfather Part Two, and Godfather Coda. Yes, yes. that is much- the new Godfather Three going forward. I think that they're just like this is what it is. Forget the first Godfather Three. Coda is what it is going forward. Have you yeah. Have you guys seen the Coda? I still haven't seen that one yet. So I bought the. These are individual releases, but I bought the. I guess the Digipack or whatever that came out earlier in the year. The the all the films together, which I believe had Coda and the original Godfather. It does. Three. It has both. Yes. Yeah. And I have not seen Coda yet. Um, I haven't I, either. I, I want to crack into the set, but Godfather is another thing. Like we were talking about with, with Lynch where I'm like, I need to like, kind of like make some time and say, I, this is the thing I'm going to do. I don't sort of like, no, one doesn't sort of idly put on the Godfather, at least not right. one doesn't sit there for six hours, actually, seven hours. I, I was actually a fan of Godfather Three. I'm saying this is really not a bad movie. Okay, yes, you have the. I don't mind you, it. You yeah. have the Sofia Coppola, and that doesn't really That's work. That's overblown, that, though, a bit. It's, it is yeah. a little because that was Coppola. Just he, he was he. he yeah. He, Winona Ryder bailed out on him, you know, and yeah. he had to get somebody quick. It's not he, as bad as people think it is. No, so, no, it's really not. But then, but I will say this: when I watched all three of them together. You definitely see the weaknesses in yeah, three a yeah, little yeah, more yeah. if you watch them right after one and two. Well, I mean, let's of face course. it, like Coppola has made some extraordinarily strong films, but really outside of The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, I mean, those those sit on pinnacles and then there's everything else he's done. So yes, it's yes. not, you know, uh, I, I think The Godfather and, and Apocalypse Now, those are high, high water and marks. They had a they had a great idea for a fourth but then Mario Puzo died and Coppola said, I will never do it without Puzo. Which is the um, right and they idea, were they I think. were going to follow Andy Garcia's character into the 70s with the drugs and everything as as it sort of took hold of uh, of a lot of the um a lot of the family members and go back. They were going to do a Godfather Part Two, go back in time to the time where um uh, the Don was shot in the throat and Sonny had to take over for a while. So oh, we we're going okay. to get father and son with, with Vincent and Sonny um, and their time of running the family. Like when he legitimately did it and Godfather, Sonny took over. And by that point he just, you know, everyone knew he just wasn't going to work out with him. Yeah. But it would, that would have been a really, I would have loved to have seen that movie, but then Puzo passed away, and, and Coppola says, no, I will never do this without Mario Puzo. And was probably yeah. for the best, I think. I think yeah, so, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to go through a lot of these, but any if you, if you see some titles you want to mention. Yeah, Mark of the one. Vampire. Oh, go ahead, Dave. You go first. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say Mark of the Vampire. The Lionel Barrymore movie. That's excellent. It, 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 that is the, um, the, the remake, I think, of the lost Lon Chaney film. Um, uh, London after Lon- midnight. London after midnight. Yes, um, and it is a. I love the movie up until the last five minutes, at which point I call BS. 
That's fair. That's fair. And, and, and you know, that was actually pretty common at this point in time. There's so many movies in the 30s. I'm like, I'm just going to pretend you ended already. Right. <laughs> or you just ended and I'm not even aware you're done. And suddenly the DVD is stopped. And I'm like, wait, what? The movie ended? Yeah, right. Exactly. That was common too. The movie's just over, but it's a good movie. Mark of the Vampire is a very good movie, I think, and it's fun. But it is—it's frustrating equally because it's a remake of a film that, for all uh, intents and purposes, seems like it would have been itself very, very creepy, and yet we will never. I—I'm I, still hoping it's in an Me attic too, somewhere yeah. out there. <laughs> that, you know, they're going to find someone's going to dig it up. But uh, yeah, Trey, you mentioned some. Yeah, I was talking earlier about the Halloween thing. Did you see the um, Paranormal Activity Collection, which is does include the new one? And that thing's going for like 50 bucks now on Walmart. So you oh, compare wow. that to the three movie collection. I think I'd take that over the yeah. those three Halloween. Now, films. now, to be fair, this Paranormal it's Activity is it's not 4K. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if I'll end up. I'll probably end up buying that. But uh, this I'd, one I'm, smacks of Black Friday sale, though. I feel like <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, it's already going down in price. You gotta yeah. think like it. Yeah, that's a series where I don't love. I don't know if I love a movie in the series, but I do like most yeah. of them. And the last so, one, this is the only way you can get it. I think right now. Is yeah, and I don't recently. have that one. Um, I saw it on what was it? Was it Paramount that put that out? Plus? Yeah. Um. Yep. And um. Yeah. So that's. That's one to keep an eye on, at least, as the sales come up, like yeah. you're saying. And that was cool. I, the last movie was fun. And also, and my kids are like a big fan of this series. Like, I, just, I think they just love that something jumping out at you. Now, they haven't seen Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, which was honestly probably one of my favorites. But that yeah, but that's content the most mature was, one. Yeah, it, it's got yeah. more content than like, okay, I can't show the kids. But the others, they handled fine. Um, they really liked my my daughter's favorite is Paranormal Activity 3 which I think I concur with her. I think that's the best one. The one that's kind of done in the eighties and has that great like jump scare where the, all the, all the utensils are on the ceiling and they just come crashing down. Like everything that's in the room is on the ceiling and it falls without you knowing it. Uh, there's a really cool documentary though, about the making of all the entire paranormal yes. activity series. Yes. And that's included on this set. And that's is really that on cool. there too. Yep. It oh, is. That's so, cool. Yeah. So I got to get this thing. Yeah, if you're a, if you're even a, a nominal fan of this, I think you probably want it. Everyone else, you either know it's one of those things you either know you like it or you don't. It's like me; I'm never going to buy a saw box set because I know, you know, I'm never. Yeah, it's I just going to be a paperweight. That, I see here that Barbarians is that the new movie? No, no it's a different so film. A, all yeah, right, from 2022, okay. there was one called Barbarians, Dave. I did okay. not like that one as much, nearly, nearly as much. Well, I didn't like this one, but I liked Barbarian quite a bit. The one that just came out. Yeah. Okay. And is now streaming oh. on HBO Max. So Okay, well, very good. Um, and I see they have some of the later Studio Ghibli movies coming out, but on Blu-ray again. I'm pretty sure I own both Ocean Waves and when Marnie was there uh, on Blu-ray. I, already, I believe so. that's right. I think that they are. I have a movie here I want to mention really quickly because I don't know anything about it. And it's uh it's you know, anytime I see a you know, it's our good friends at Scorpion again. <laughs> it's a movie called The Night <laughs> Visitor, and it has a fascinating Cover cover art yeah. that has this sort of demonic mask almost ha- yes. almost puts me in mind of uh, you know it's halfway between the samurai armor and Bloodbeat and then the uh, or that mask in um is not Ugetsu but uh, what's the movie Unababa it almost has that sort of vibe to it but this is a movie from 1989 and Elliot Gould is in it Shannon oh. Tweed and Elliot Gould in the, and Richard Roundtree. Wow. In this horror movie that involves uh, sat- satanic killings. 
Wow. Uh, Interesting. Uh, so I, I just trying to imagine what an Elliot Gould, Shannon Tweed starring movie about a demonic mask looks like. And the, and the, the title, the title of the my, uh, of the month might be love brides of the blood mummy. Yeah, try saying that one three times. That's Scream's Hammer. I know it's not, but that's... it's either Hammer or Full Moon. Are there t- are there any other choices? <laughs> um, it's funny to see disturbing behavior getting all these movies getting like MVD release, like they're these classics. But indeed, that movie came out in 1998. It's a long ways away from 1998. <laughs> and what is Tiny Cinema? Is that a documentary? Tiny Cinema. Yes, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, one for you, Nathan, the twin, the twin. Yes. Uh, I don't Oh yeah. I saw, we saw this, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And it was, see, this is this, this movie came out this year and it took me a good 30 seconds to remember it. Wow. All right. So that's not a real, uh, no, I, you don't need to get that one. I see the, uh, Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Dave. No, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. I saw the, uh, the history of horror and metal or of metal and horror was out. Yes. Finally. Um, I saw it making its circuit on the uh, festivals and stuff, but I haven't seen that one yet. So I'm interested yeah. in seeing that one. That and I noticed they have uh, for silent movie fans and Flickr Alley does a great job. Awesome job, movies. yeah. Casanova from 1927. Um, That's which awesome. I amazing. I don't know a lot about. It was, um, uh, well, I, I'm trying to see who was, uh, who directed it and who, Oh, see full cast and crew. Is it is it from overseas? Huh. Anyway, that's um, and, and they're a little pricier. But I, when Flickr Alley comes up with comes out with stuff, I'm always uh, I'm always it always piques my interest because they do such a good job with these with these classic old films. That's awesome. And then I'm not familiar with Ronin Flicks, but they just released Curse Three: Blood oh, yeah. Sacrifice. I was wondering, is that the snake that was the curse, the snake movie? Uh, so curse two, I think the bite was the snake movie with the snake, okay, snake man okay. or whatever. Uh, that's an interesting thing. You know, people go on about the continuity of movies. Curse was the one series that literally no movie had anything to do with. The movie yeah, before. they were all the first separately one was made. Will Wheaton. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is color out of space. That's the right, story that they're the, making. The Will Wheaton and, and, yeah. and Claude Aikens. Um, right. Uh, I just remember Claude Aikens, his face is falling apart and he's still trying to slap you know, uh, Wesley Crusher in the face, but uh curse three is, uh, it has um, Christopher Lee in it. And it's actually sort of looks like, uh, uh, I think it's about, it deals with a curse in Africa. And I think there's a whole uh, half-assed monster movie underneath all of it. But my memory is <laughs> it's not great, but uh, it's been some, the year. cover has me sold. The, the cover is very cool. Actually, the fourth movie in this uh, series, Curse 4, which I think is called The Catacombs, and dealt with these uh, these older monks showing this younger monk like what what they what it is they have to sort of contend with and guard down in, in the underneath uh, these catacombs. That's a very cool, uh, very low budget, but kind of cool movie that's better. One of those, it's not great, but it's better than you'd expect it to be. I think Curse 3 is not better than you're expecting it to be. <laughs> um, I see um, Night at the Eagle Inn, which is surprising that it took so long to get that one released. That's a very forgettable release uh, horror yeah. movie from last year. Um, and then I saw another one with um, Mortal Kombat Legends uh, Snowblind, which they've done a series of those. I've only watched, I think, one or two of those, but they've been pretty good focusing animated movies on like the Mortal Kombat yeah. universe. So those are pretty fun. 
And then we've got October 18th is where we get into some more big releases. They did a nice job of having good horror releases every major week, I think, of yes. this month. And a big one for me, and I, I just picked it up, The Return of the Living Dead in 4K. Yes. And I somehow managed uh, to go all these years without having any copies of The Return of the Living Dead. So I now have this one in 4K. I just recently got Vestron's copy of Part 3. And I think Scream Factory maybe one day in the future will deliver part two but this is the best of the three i think uh, hands down and such a, such a fun movie oh definitely and and it, it's is uh it's it's one of the ones you'd pick up uh you know for halloween i mean and then you know yeah. when you're younger it's it's linnea quigley you remember yeah movie. still you still know? is kind of dave just well, still, yeah, let's be honest i mean when, when i met linnea quigley at the drive-in at the, at yeah. the joe bob event um, and I said to my wife, oh, my God, I got to get a picture. I, I got to get an autograph of Linnea Quigley. Eighty percent of her pictures had post-it notes over portions of it. And my wife just turned to me and goes, you are not getting one of those pictures. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think of all the things I most remember her in. And it's it's not very much. <laughs> but it, in, in whatever movie she happens to be in. But uh, this is a great movie. It is so much fun. I think. The thing I love about it now, like thinking about it, you know, we all acknowledge it. But in retrospect, the idea that it comes out while Ramiro is still making his dead movies, right? He's yeah. still he but he's now definitely gone even further in in a, in a good way, I think. But he's gone further into the social commentary into the series that Return of the Living Dead comes along. It's just like, wait a minute, let's just make this fun, right? Let's right. Make yeah, this, we, we don't we yeah. don't want to say anything about anything. We're, let's just make this. This a fun movie, movie feels right. like it's more inspired by Thriller. <laughs> Then it is inspired yes. by, well, it's equally inspired by Night of the Living Dead and by Thriller. I would say that part two is almost entirely inspired only by Thriller. Right. <laughs> With the screwdriver <laughs> in the head and all this. but And, and the, the Michael Jackson at the end. Yeah, and Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's right. That's a very good point. <laughs> but this is a great one. I think this is a really, uh, a really fun movie, and it's hard to... Uh, it, what a great cast, and I love that the second movie sort of takes the cast and just re- uh, redistributes them in new ways and in sillier roles than they had in the first movie. But yeah. uh, this series is actually the first, I haven't seen the other ones, the rave to the grave and all of that stuff, but the first three are, are, are a good bit of fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a movie that just, when I saw it, I could not stop laughing. And I know it's running, it run into some trouble recently for, for Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in it, but it is Tropic Thunder. Well, I, I love yeah. that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. Let's let's talk because I, mean, I haven't heard about the you know running into trouble. But I, I guess I get it. But like, wasn't that entirely course, the point? Yeah. That's I mean, what that's, it was designed to be. That's yeah, the thing is, I think it's hard to criticize yeah, a film. Yeah, that and you already in. have a character in the movie, yeah, giving him crap for it. <laughs> you know, I mean, exactly. that's the yeah, thing I, that it's yeah. Which, I think it's a great movie. Great. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I haven't you know, seen I, it I, since 2008, I but I laugh, like you guys said, I laughed a I lot. Laugh, I laughed and so hard, and it's 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 you know it's not PC. No. <laughs> this is not a PC. And movie. I'm, I'm one of those guys that actually thinks that like Jack Black is legitimately a minor genius. You know, not mm -hmm. like, but he's he's much funnier. I think people like to say well, Jack Black, and I'm like, well, name the Jack Black movies on your hand that you don't like. And really, I uh, people tend to come up with very few. I think it's just like there's a feeling of, oh, it's Jack Black. What's he doing now? But like this guy, he does quite a lot of different stuff. Yeah, he does. He does. You want to do a really interesting Jack Black double feature? Do the Pick of Destiny, 
Tenacious D, <laughs> yeah. Pick of Destiny, and Bernie. Bernie is exactly right. Yeah, look at that. I mean, I, I mean, I know some people didn't care for it, but I even liked his take on Carl Denham. I thought that the movie let it down yeah. a little bit, but I mean, he, he he's got some talent. He's very funny in this movie. And Ben Stiller, the, all those guys are. And yeah, you got Danny McBride too, right? Let's not forget Tom right. Cruise. Yeah. Oh, God, Tom Cruise. I, it was halfway through the movie before yeah. I said, when's Tom Cruise going to be in this movie? I had no idea he was playing that guy. I want to go back and rewatch this. Yeah. But you're right. Awesome. There's some things, even, you know, I mean, John, Robert Downey Jr., though, you're right. Like, I think all of everything involving his actor character. It, 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 in some circles would be very problematic. I, think. I mean, there's but, a, that great scene where someone says, you know, you people, and Robert Downey Jr. goes, what do you mean, you people? And then the other actor goes, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> he starts to forget, like he's getting, right, he's got to go all method. We also have Bullet Train came out in 4K. Yep. I've not yet seen Bullet Train. I haven't but I, either. I want I to see it. I haven't either. Yep. Um, and bodies, bodies, bodies. Bodies, bodies, Which bodies. Which is good. I really liked Bodies, yeah. Bodies, Bodies. I'm with you. Fun movie. Um, hey, The Ring. Oh, I'm just man. realizing 20 years since The Still Ring waiting. came out. So. <laughs> yeah. Still, Still waiting, waiting on my release from Di- Diabolic oh, DVD. I think it's yeah. like you said, Nathan, that must be waiting. And then Ghost Watch got pushed to December. So those must okay. all be coming together. Yeah. But so I, I, got I, yet. I got this. The cover here is is cool. But the steelbook for the, the copy I got, this is the steelbook but then it has a case that looks like the vhs yeah that's what I very wear. neat very yep. fun so it looks at like the vhs sitting on your uh shelf now but i got this i'm looking forward to watching it uh, the kids have seen it before we watch it one time they loved it but were freaked out understandably i th- i love the japanese films but i am one of the people that actually doesn't think this was a come down first off this is the movie i saw first and mm-hmm. i think i've seen both movies and i love both movies and i think they absolutely um they complement each other it's to the point that I don't find one redundant over the other. I well, think this Rain- is the one that started that craze. Yes, yes. Of all the remakes, the, the yep. American remakes of those movies, some some good, some abortions. That's but this one true. is awesome. This, this one's amazing. And it, it yeah. takes a different tone than Ringo, because Ringo is a very... Uh, a little bit more understated and haunting ghost story. Mm-hmm. And the ring is much more visceral. I think it does put it more in the, you know, it, it, it enters more of the nightmare on Elm street realm in, yeah. in some ways. And it makes it much more of a, a, an intense horror film, particularly this is, I throw this up when people throw out that. Con- and I, I understand it, but the constant, there is no such thing as good PG 13 horror. Well, this is a prime oh, example. Is, oh, this, scared the hell, this will scare the hell out of you. This oh yeah, movie. forget yeah. the Samara is just terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yep, absolutely. Yes, yes, and I have that story I told on uh, on the, uh, the the land of the land creeps. Of the creeps yeah. This was a movie I saw with my was uh, not, wasn't my wife at the time, but I just uh, uh, my now wife. We were getting to know each other. We were, it was kind of in a group circle thing, and so we uh, we were going to go to the movies, and there are other people like, oh, we want to go too, and the, the so the people that tagged along ended up with their knees and their eyes <laughs> when she, when, when a certain sequence happens towards the end of this film. But I think this is, this is about the best case you get, I think for, um, I'm sure we can think of better ones, but this is one of the best cases I can think of American remake of a, of a foreign horror film working yes. out to this degree. The, the yeah. I'm that, trying the, to the think. That, yeah. I, the one that almost did, uh, for me, and it still is not as good as the original was, uh, uh, the, let, 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 let me the in. right one in and let me in. Yes. Yeah. 
and I yeah, did not want to see let me. I did not want to see let me in because I was such a big fan of let the right one in. But they do some really cool things in that. They do, they do, and they kind of and they do also a couple things that take it in a in a somewhat different direction, and yeah, it's yeah. a little bit different. I I agree, although I think it's like in that case, it's like let me in basically makes a case for why it deserves to exist, and it does that. But it's like to me, the ring and ringu, it's like I almost don't. Uh, I, I, I almost feel like one is not as good without the other in a certain sense. Right. Like they complement each other. And mm-hmm. Let Me In was just a good remake of, of, a, of a film mm-hmm. that didn't need a remake. But you could get rid of the CGI cats just fine. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, speaking of that kind of uh, Asian whore, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, who did a really creepy movie called Pulse, in 2001 oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was it had also had an American remake uh, Criterion released a earlier film of his it's also very creepy called Cure from wow. 1997 so if you guys haven't seen that one Check I recommend out. checking it out um, there's the there's yeah. the non J of the Dead no escape from 1997 the, non- <laughs> the, the, the not the not best movie of the year version right, right. exactly <laughs> um, yeah that movie's actually not terrible um, it's, it's okay uh, but um, and then and this, this one, the the ninety four one, I actually really liked the the later one. And you know, it, this is kind of a bittersweet thing. Now I see on Blu ray, they now have American movie, yeah. uh, Christmas American movie, which is sad. Uh, the sad aspect that is that Mike Shank, who was the co star in that film, but these two buddies that, trying to get a horror movie made. I think it was uh, what was it called? Was it like the Coven or something like that? I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, yes. and uh, but the film about them trying to get this movie made is just amazing. And wonderful yeah. and heartfelt. And a big part of that is his buddy, Mike Shank, who just passed away uh, just uh, last week, I think, or two weeks shame. ago. So, uh, But this is a very funny movie. It's a very good movie. And the, the scene alone, if you want to get a handle for this, look up the scene where they're all test, practicing their screams. And Mike Shank gets up and lets out a scream that Jamie Lee Curtis would be envious of. <laughs> it's a great movie. I, and um, I love the, I love the uncle in that. Yes, yeah. And when, is... when the uncle finally has had enough at the end. <laughs> yeah, this is this is good. This was ninety nine, I think. And I think it I think it was on my best movies of the year list for ninety nine, yeah, I think. It's a good one. Um so yeah, it's if, if, if it's one that slipped by, you definitely check it out. Um, very funny and, and a documentary I should mention. I guess I didn't mention that it's not right. even fiction. <laughs> no. Um, do you, what else do you guys see for this? Uh, this uh, um, I got a couple. Yeah. Um, happy birthday to me, which I don't know if that's had a U.S. Blu-ray release yet. Nathan, didn't you pick that up on like Power House or something? I can't remember. No, what that Indicator. Yeah, yeah. Powerhouse. Indicator, indicator. indicator is a cool label, and uh, but it was on one of their non region B releases. And uh, I had never seen it before. We actually invited a friend over friend um, as girlfriend over and we had uh, kebabs and watched this movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. And then the innocence as well from uh, this year, which is one of my favorite horror movies of the year. So that's really yes. cool. I've been waiting excellent. for that one to come out. I was hoping it would get a release and it looks like it does. And the, the, the two that I'm seeing here are transfers in 4k. I mean, come on. If you go, if you're going to pick a full moon to put in in 4K, <laughs> Trancers is as good as it can be. I love Trancers. Probably, I yeah. love the whole idea of that movie. Yes, it's an it's an awesome movie, and it's cool. I actually picked this release up, and the back quote, back pull quote is something from Quentin Tarantino that says something like "Trancers is an effing something or not." It's got a bunch of little asterisks and stuff in the wow. in the pull quote, but I would I got to see yeah. that. Yeah, 
And then the other one, um, uh, well, just two real quick. One is the new documentary from 2021, Boris Karloff, the man behind the, uh, what was it? The man mm-hmm. behind the uh, monster. This is really yeah. good. I've seen this. It's excellent. What I'm looking forward to see what, and they have a couple of what I think are Woody Allen's best years was the 1980s. They have uh, Radio Days and the Purple Rosa Cairo. On yeah. Broadway. And Zelig came out also recently, which is pretty, which is another good one. And I've been seeing these movies, not in Blu-ray, but I've been seeing Radio Days and Purple Rose of Cairo pop up at, at the Dollar Tree. Now, granted, I'm sure those transfers are not nearly as good as these, but right. um, those, those I are never good get movies. that cool stuff at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... Uh, but, they, Nathan, but they're doing uh, and even Broadway Danny Rose. It looks like they're they're starting to put um, his stuff out on. Uh, that's another one I like actually. Pretty well. Oh, Broadway, Broadway Danny, Danny Rose is, is is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. The, the the acts that he's he's repping in, in those. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Girl who plays the glasses never took a lesson. Never never had a lesson. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff this week. I. Sorry, Nathan, I just keep seeing stuff as I'm going through, but it looks like Orphan First Kill came out, Fall came out, which yeah. I haven't seen yet. But um, have you, have either of you seen this Moon Child from 1994? The cover looks really cool, but um, no, I, I don't know not. anything about it. No, I haven't seen it either, and I was just glancing at Moon Child as well. Um, that does have a cool cover, and in this case, 1994 movie with a cool cover and involving a werewolf, there's a good chance this just sucks horribly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, sadly, there weren't, yeah. I, I remember, I was, you were kind of, up until like uh, Ginger Snaps showed up, I feel like the yeah. werewolf movies were in pretty dire straits. There was a howling movie that came out in the 90s that was 90% uh, country line dancing. I'm not even kidding. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember the Showtime or one of them had a, a one of their made-for-TV movies that had Mario Von Peebles as a werewolf and the blade shot out of his knuckles, just like Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Moonchild, I don't know. Well, it's by <laughs> a label called Visual Vengeance, so it has to be good. Oh, yeah, of course, without a doubt. <laughs> the Eyes of Laura Mars is on uh, Blu-ray. Now, that's another one I think that was previously had a, uh international release. And if I... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, my the only issue I have with that movie is I just don't think Faye Dunaway is as interesting in that role. No, I I, I think it's a kind of hit or miss in a lot of ways. Tommy Lee Jones is decent in it. This is I think Tommy Lee release. Jones is yeah. good. I think the story is really good. I mean, John Carpenter, they changed a lot of his script. Yeah. For it. You know, he wasn't really happy with it. Brad Dorff gives an amazing brief performance in this movie. There are really things about it I like, and I like that sort of... Um, uh, that that sort of uh, I don't even not always underlying sort of perversion to it too. Yeah, there's a sort of yes, yeah. There's a there's a certain seediness to it that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. I don't know that it sticks the landing. It's a movie that I, I I come across and I think, oh yeah, I'll get back to watching that at some point. But it's it uh, it's not a film I love. Uh, honestly, um, no, and 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 for me, it really is. And I think Faye Dunaway is a great actress, especially around this time. I just don't know that I thought she was great in this. And I know that her and the director, uh, or maybe it was the producer, were having a lot of friction yes. back and forth, and that might have affected it a bit. A uh, couple others to mention here. Uh, there's uh, Criterion just released what I thought was a great horror film from 2019, uh, Spanish horror film, La Llorona. Not to be confused with the curse of La Llorona that was like the Blumhouse movie. But yeah, this was like the Shutter movie, right? Yes, yeah. Is it on yeah. Shutter? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think so. I can't remember. Uh, it's a. Uh, have you seen this, Dave? 
I have not. This now, is if the newer one. No. Yes, this is really good. And the the thing that makes this movie so good is that uh, while it does have horror and supernatural elements, it is sort of built into uh, a historical moment in Guatemala. So it has a political bent to it a little bit that makes the film really interesting. I mean, it adds some layers to it. Have you seen this, Trey? Uh, no, I have not, actually. So I, I knew I heard about it, and everyone was saying at the time, you know, this is the good La Llorona. So um, the legend is very cool. So yeah. I am looking forward to seeing it. This made my I top think the, 10 in 2019, I think, of horror I films. think the thing that, yeah, everyone kept saying, I think, when it was coming out, that it's not as much of a horror movie and stuff. It's, um, But I, I never got around to it, no. And this, I think, will be the way to pick it up. It's Criterion, and uh, and and heads up, guys. November is when Barnes and Noble is going to do their cri- their half off Criterion sales again. Oh, so nice. this is one I've got my eye on for that. Um, and uh, the other one was was the Cure, the the uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa film I mentioned. Uh, Two Witches is an Arrow release of a horror movie that came out this year that I really liked. And if you're into uh, it's hard sometimes, I think, to call an anthology a movie an anthology when it only has two stories. But uh, this is a very cool uh, film. It has a lot of style to it. It really kind of delves into its witch mythology. It tells two separate stories and then sort of dovetails those together towards the end. I think horror fans are going to get a kick out of it. And it's a, it's a little less esoteric than some of the more recent witch films we've gotten, like, say, The Witch or She Will. Mm-hmm. This definitely gives you some jump scares and kind of leans in to the almost like evil dead kind of feeling of Henrietta in the basement sort of witches. So it's, yeah, that's what the cover reminds me of. This is a good movie. I think, I think both of you guys will enjoy this movie. Yeah. I need, I keep meaning to get an arrow subscription to watch that. And the um, releases from another collection that came out the same week. But uh, so that, yeah, that sounds very promising. Now that's not the unofficial sequel to two evil eyes, right? No, no, it's not. But, you know, the the vibe is there in the way the stories are told, although there are no connections in Two Evil Eyes other than the Poe stories. No. This, no. Actually, this actually comes back. The, the last bit of this movie is interesting because it sort of ties things together and then sort of sets you up for a sequel of what seemingly were two unrelated stories. So it's that's a neat trick. Um, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, that set you're talking about, we can talk about that very quickly. Um Arrow released a set called Gothic Fantastico for Italian Tales of Terror. And one of the things I love is when Arrow does these sets, they tend to find movies that you either have never heard of or just are have largely flown under the radar. And there's four stories on this lady or four movies on this Lady Morgan's Vengeance, The Blancheville Monster, The Third Eye, and The Witch. Uh, I've seen three of the four of these movies and uh, they're solid. They're really good and they're really good in different ways and they're all black and white and they capture different aspects of Italian filmmaking and Italian horror filmmaking. Uh, and they have very much their, their vibes of Edgar Allan Poe and uh, Hitchcock and Lovecraft and even some Fellini sort of uh, under the surfaces of these films. And they're all very different. The witch is more of an art picture. The Blanchfield monster is a straight up Gothic horror. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff here. And, and you, this was a gift from you, Nathan, uh, for my birthday. Thank you very much. And I'm looking forward to uh, to popping this open and checking it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward yeah. to see what you think about it. It's got a nice booklet in it, too. This is one of those releases. Yeah. has a double-sided poster. And, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that it's it's one of those movies 
or excuse me, it's one of those sets that's really cool. It might end up, I have to get go through everything here, but it's one of the more interesting sets I think we've had this year, particularly for, for horror fans looking for something different. And Franco Nero is in in the middle movie in this set. Franco Nero. Right wow. before, I think a year, he did this, The Third Eye, which is one of the best movies in this collection, mm-hmm. uh, of at least of the three that I've seen. I haven't seen Lady Morgan's Vengeance yet. The, uh, he, this is like one year before he plays Django, I believe so. Uh, oh, it's wow. a really yeah. good movie. Um, the Usual Suspects out on 4K. On the 25th. Uh, yep, on the yeah, 25th. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the Frederick March version um, from Keenan. Uh, no, this is actually Warner's Archive, I think. Warner Archive, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Dress to Kill coming out in 4K, and uh, which is a fun, fun uh, De Palma movie. And then yep. we've got... Uh, Columbia Classics, they do. I don't always go out for these, but they they take a bunch of their movies and put them on 4K, and they're pulling. I haven't seen everything that's on this, but it's a, it's a swath of movies from the 30s through. Well, the, the issue is, I I usually have a couple of them already. On yes, Blu-ray yeah. or whatever. And it is, do I really need the set? And right it, the, for the price, it's always sort of looking. It's nothing special. They don't they don't sort of curate them in a very interesting way. It just seems like, right. hey, these are four or five releases from from the year. Uh, nope is getting a, a, a release uh, this week. So uh, one of my favorite movies of the year, right at the top, honestly, for yep. me personally, of yeah, horror really films. Insane. I think yeah. uh, this one gets better every time I watch it. I've seen it twice mm-hmm. now, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I, it's a movie that got debated a lot, but I I like it every bit as much as other movies. And I'll be honest, uh, full disclosure, I might like it a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I see it a little bit. I like it a little bit more each time I see it. If you haven't seen it, I think uh, definitely catch it is in 4k mm-hmm. and DVD yep. now. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 seems to be getting another release. <laughs> I thought we, I don't know how many more releases we can get. Jack Nicholson in the last detail. That for me, it, I, I think if you're looking at like the great Jack Nicholson performances and he's done a lot of them, obviously one flew over the cuckoo's nest is there. But the last detail is at least part of that conversation. If you're making a list of top five. This is, yeah, I think these, this is one of those movies. And it's right there. And Criterion did a release, not, yeah, a couple years back, the, um, of like American BBF. films. Yeah, the, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the movies that, fill, that form that set, I think w- those movies, The Last Detail, movies like The Passenger, the, for someone who's, whose primary understanding of Jeff, um, excuse me, whose primary understanding of Jack Nicholson starts in the maybe the mid-80s or, or with like Batman or stuff like that, mm-hmm. and, and, and Few Good Men, go back and watch these movies. They'll give you a completely different sort of appreciation of him as a great American actor. And this is yeah. like top of the line of those. I films. agree. I agree. He's a, he's a man. And this is um, Hal Ashby. This yes. is Hal Ashby. And when he had that run in the seventies, um, that was fr- starting with, uh, Oh God, what was the first one? Was it the apartment? Yeah. Yeah. I think with, so. With the apartment in 1970, all the way up to um, the, Oh, the Peter Sellers one from 79. Oh, shoot. I can't remember what that one's called now. Um, uh, was that being there? Being there, yes. Yeah, that's a great film, too. He had that run in there where, where you had Harold and Maude, you had Shampoo, you had um, even Bound for Glory, which is really kind of an interesting uh, Woody Guthrie, uh, you know, biopic-type film. Um, he And the, the Last Detail, he was just, it was an amazing decade for Hal Ashby. And the Coming Home, you know, he, he, the, with, um, uh, he directed both uh, John Voight and Jane Fonda to Oscar wins that year. Yeah, great, uh, 
great films, and this one particularly is really good. Uh, how about this set? I just think I read the titles, and I know I've seen a couple of them because I've watched a lot of crap. But the incredibly strange films of Ray Dennis Steckler. He's not this a. Is, no, he's yeah, he's not one of those directors who you would normally look and say, "Oh wow, yeah, Ray Dennis." Steckler. Right, right. Some of the titles here. The, the movie I remember watching because I remember seeing it in the TV guide and just thinking, "I can't not watch at least five minutes of this movie." Was the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies yes. with two exclamation marks and a question mark at the end. The movie, the, the the filmmaking and and the acting and everything in the film are pitched at exactly the same level as that sentence. Yes, <laughs> so right. that tells you what you need to do. The thrill killers, <laughs> rat fink a boo boo. Like just saying those words out loud. The lemon grove kids. Like the thing that, that sounds was, ridiculous. Right, and but next to the lemon grove kids and body fever and the Las Vegas serial killer and one more time and blood shack and the, the Hollywood strangler meets Skid Row slasher. Now there's yeah. a, there's a throwdown. <laughs> I have that on DVD. The Hollywood oh. Slasher meets the Skid Row. Uh, the Are, Hollywood Strangler meets the Skid Row. How many of these movies Slasher. have you seen, Dave? <laughs> and I have the Las Vegas Serial Killer on DVD. How about <laughs> Cynthia the Devil's Doll? No, I don't have that one. <laughs> no, well, then you got to get the set. Sorry. Um, Eve's Bayou, an excellent, excellent film. Uh, Cassie Lemon's movie with uh, great, great performances in it. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson is in it. Uh, Alfred Woodard is in it. If you guys haven't seen this movie... This is an excellent movie. This is a must-see, in my opinion. Yeah, I haven't yet. Uh, yeah, Journey Smollett's in it. She's really great. This is, yeah, I think this is great. And Cassie Lemons went on to do a very weird Samuel L. Jackson movie called The Caveman's Valentine. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, where he plays a a, a, a homeless artist who is who's become uh, convinced that there's this conspiracy theory with this man in the middle of Manhattan in a tower who's, who's, who's every move is out to destroy him personally. And he knows he's mentally ill, but he still has to solve a murder. So it's wow. a very interesting film. He's one of those actors who, I mean, he's been in everything. Yeah, he's yeah. in so many movies, but the fact that he's such an A-list actor and yet can still appear in some films that slip under the radar. Yeah. Like you were just saying, Caveman's Valentine. And one I thought from the early 2000s, um, Black Snake Moan. Mm-hmm. Which not a lot of people oh, saw. This, but I think yes. it's amazing. This yeah. movie's more in those lines, and he's not yes, even the is. main character, uh, Eve's Bayou. Have you seen this one, uh, Trey? No, I haven't seen oh, Eve's Bayou. Yeah. Sorry, I was talking about no, Black Snake but... Moon, but I no, Eve's Bayou's yeah. been on my list. This I'm was right. uh Roger Ebert's number one movie of nineteen ninety seven. I, I knew I'd heard yeah. of it. Yes. Strangely, I, it was an anaconda, but you know, it was this movie, <laughs> uh, the bat. I just started, I, I just picked this one up because previously, you know, those movies, it fell the same victim as night of the living dead, where it had been in public domain and lots yeah. of blown out, poorly, uh, transferred copies of it. This movie looks crisp and clear and beautiful. I was watching it with my kids today and it's not a horror film. It's really more of a, a mystery thriller right. with some comedic, yeah, comedic elements in it. It very much feels like a stage play, but you've got Vincent Price, you've got Agnes Moorhead and, uh, or as uh, autocorrect likes to call her Agnes Motorhead. Every time I try to <laughs> send a yes. message about her, literally I'm like, that's the closest thing you can find. Even puts a little apostrophes in here. But uh, the bat is, a, is, I think is a, is a classic older uh, film that, that yeah. is, you know, it has, it's got those same beats that a movie like uh, James Wales, the old dark house has not quite as Gothic, but there are horror elements on the, on the periphery, but it's really more of a crime thriller uh, story. Hmm. Looking at some of these t other titles here, uh, quiet days at cliche. 
No, I haven't that seen is, that. That is a very nice 4K. It came out now. I, I think it was Blue. Was it Blue Underground who did a blue? I have a Blu-ray of it, and I think it's Blue Underground. Um, and it's 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 a very interesting. It's shot uh, guerrilla style on the streets of Paris, um, and it's uh, about an author. And it's he's basically just it's about him scoring with all these women. It's 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 very it's. Uh, Oh God! The Country Joe wrote a song for this movie that is so very sexist. It got booed when he would play it in concert. Impressive. Wow. Yeah. So and that's that. That's probably the thing I remember. One of the things I remember most about the movie. Um, there was another one here that I saw. It was under uh, the Quiet Days of Clichy. Uh, Moon of the Wolf which is a really interesting made-for-TV film yes, I like from this. the early 70s. I like this movie a lot, actually. And I though. have this on one of those um, 50 film sets that's, from Mill Creek. That's exactly how I have it, too, because when I entered, when I scanned that in, suddenly there are like 50 movies. I'm like, I own this movie? Yeah, <laughs> me too. Yeah. yeah. Now I can guarantee you this Vinegar Syndrome release of it is going to look one billion times better than the copies we have. Oh, God, but, yeah. I mean, that's... You know, there, there's no chapters in every, every, what is it, every 15 yeah. minutes, Mill Creek logo pops up in the corner. The and... Moon of the Wolf, there was another one, I think, called the, the Scream of the Wolf or something. It was also a really good TV movie, uh, though this one is straight up a werewolf. And, and the werewolf effects are not, are, are TV-level movie, but they're not yeah, bad. But there's a scene in the jailhouse that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a fun movie. Um, I also releasing and had a steelbook, a three-disc steelbook release over the... Um, Summer, I believe, but The Kindred, uh, an 80s movie I remember renting and enjoying. Very gloppy sort of monster flick. It's a lot of fun. It's off its rocker. Uh, you got Rod Steiger covered in goop, screaming and overacting his heart out, you know. Uh, Kim Hunter's in the film. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And if you really enjoy 80s monster movies, and you, for some reason you haven't seen this one, it's got a great cover. I always remember the cover of this in the video store with the baby bottle and the monster inside of it. But uh, give this one a chance. This is some really good uh, special effects. And previously it was mostly on, you could find it on YouTube, and the color timing was so off that it looked like someone had just urinated over the film. And this <laughs> yeah. looks beautiful in comparison. Still some grain and everything, but a great release. Synapse always kind of does a great job with these. So The Kindred, if you're an 80s horror fan, that's a must-see, in my yep. opinion. Yeah, I got a couple of quick fire ones here. Yeah, go for it. Um, so Villains, which is from the director of Stakeland 2 and Significant Other, which mm -hmm. just released recently. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun one with Micah Monroe. And also, uh, also uh, Bill, Bill Sarsgaard as well. Oh, Sarsgaard, yes. Yeah. Yes, yep. that, is a, I, that is a good movie. I like villains quite a yep. bit. Um, you've got one called Dakra, which I think is a Tunisian horror film. Maybe their first Tunisian horror film. It's Ooh. pretty solid from a few years back. Might have been last year by the time it got over here. Um, this is Guar, which is a very good documentary. <laughs> Whether you like the band or not, I think the documentary is fascinating, uh, the story about this band. Um, so that's one to check out. Hmm. And you know I'm very curious about this the werewolf versus the vampire here. The vampire woman here. Uh don't know about that one but Well how, yeah, we that's... also got Dracula versus Frankenstein which is that I think the Al Adamson film. Yes, it is. And um not good and it's the one it's the one where it has oh god the actor in the wheelchair um Oh, I gotta now I gotta find his name because he's a well-known actor. He's been in uh, some, you know, using some classic movies. Jake well, Harold Nash. Yes. 
where his where his uh, dentures are loose and you can hear his teeth clicking through most of the movie. Yep, and Lon, <laughs> Lon Chaney Jr. in his last performance, I think. Uh, he doesn't utter a word. He plays no. a mute in yep. this one, and I think it was just because, it, like you said, it was definitely getting near the end of his life. Russ Tamblin is in here and yeah. doing oh, his Russ Tamblinist, uh, to, but it's goofy mess. It's a really goofy mess. Uh, yeah, I, I like it. Severin Films has just released it, and they always do an awesome job. So if if you like trashy kind of movies that's what this is really um, oh you don't say no no but they they do have fun with it they do have fun with it this is not like a sci-fi channel there's an there's an eccentricity and an earnestness to these movies that i think makes them worth watching a lot of no these. absolutely i'm just messing and with you. I, I get to cheat a little bit here because i get to bring up one of the the movie i was initially going to discuss tonight and that is my grandpa is a vampire yeah just take it away give us a little review all right. My Grandpa's a Vampire. Uh, it's from 1992. It is a New Zealand film, but it stars Grandpa Al Lewis from The Monsters. They brought him over. He was obviously much older at this time. Um, and it is released by Severin, but it is Severin Kids. Now, I was listening to the commentary on this, and the, the, the moderator from Severin said they originally did Severin Kids as a joke. Because they're not known yeah. for doing it, but they did it when they did the peanut butter solution, which is one that you had mentioned, Nathan. That that movie is um, off its damn rocker. Which which they said kid they saw it as when they were kids, but it's technically a lot of things in that not a kid's movie. Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, so they did that as a joke, but then they got my 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 uh grandpa is a vampire. And it's it's such a it's such a, a, a sort of fun movie because Al Lewis is having so much fun in this film playing a vampire. The whole idea is uh, an American goes over to visit his aunt and uh, grandfather in uh, New Zealand. They're living there. Um, and it's funny because Al Lewis and the kid who's from America, are the only two that don't have um, New Zealand accents. Yeah. Everybody else in the movie has New Zealand accent except for Al Lewis and his grandson. Um, and Al Lewis has been living in New Zealand. His daughter has a strong New Zealand accent. Indeed, yes. Um, but it's it's like, it's a goofy kid's movie. It's not going to scare you. There are moments in it where Al Lewis is playing almost like a feral vampire. He's not just doing Grandpa from the monsters. He's, there's scenes like when he's, when he's ra- rising again, there's a whole sort of subplot here where he dies. Um, and the friend who has a very bizarre name, because I think he's calling him by his last name. Yeah. Um, Lonnie is the grandson and he, he's, he's, he hooks up with his friend that he had met the year before. And I got to look it up because he calls him by his last name. His, his, his real name is Christopher. Um, but he calls him by his last name. And I, 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 I had to put the subtitles on to find out what the hell he was calling him, <laughs> uh, in this, in this movie. Um, Hold on, I'm looking it up now. It is uh, Kanziora. Yeah, that's very New Zealandy. <laughs> played by Milan Boric. Um, and Justin uh, Gott uh, plays Le- uh, Lonnie, the, the grandson. Uh, and the whole idea is that uh, they, you know, Al Lewis is a vampire that you don't know it at first because then he dies. They have a whole funeral for him uh, or a wake. They have a wake for him. Uh, with while he's laying in the coffin and you know they did a good job with the makeup making him look as if he was a corpse yeah <laughs> the movie gets the, even a little poignant at times too with it. Yeah. It's, it, it like it handles it in a somewhat serious way until yeah you get to the scene with the woman who had a little too much to drink and this is where it's not quite a kid's movie she comes on to lonnie 12 year old lonnie 
I'm talking like full licking the fingers coming over and like, you're like, what the hell is wrong with this? Right. That level of alcohol should not be doing that. Right. If it's to the point that if she was coming on to an adult male, five minutes later, they'd be in another room and there'd be clothes laying everywhere. Yes. I mean, that's how strong she was coming on to 12 year old Lonnie. It's <laughs> very, very weird. <laughs> and and there are other moments in it that, you know, there, there's a little bit of language at times and, you know, with the, with the kids. But it also plays a little fast and loose with the vampire mythology. You know, because there, there, there's a scene where he's running on the beach, you know, and I don't know that the level of clothing they had on him would have quite protected him, especially when he fell over and all that clothing fell yes, off. Yeah. Um, but it's such an endearing film, and it's because of of Al Lewis, and there's a, a, the special features that are on here are really fun too. One of them, they're talking to his wife, who was much younger than he was. Um, and she's remembering this as a great time that, 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 that it was for both of them. It was like a wonderful experience going and working on this New Zealand film that Al Lewis, before she had gone over, you know, there was a little bit of time when he was there before she was, he kept calling and saying, I'm the star of this movie. I mean, if I wasn't here, the movie wasn't going to be made, but it's these kids. He really liked those two kids that he was working with in this. And he had a really strong relationship with them. Um, and it shows you know, you really see that, especially in the last scene of this one. And it can yeah. bring a tear to your eye a little bit. You know, uh, the last scene of this movie. Um, yes, it only got a 4.7 on IMDb. I think that's too low. Yes, it's a kid's movie. Yes, it's goofy. Yes, it's a little incoherent at times. But it has a heart. And it's a very endearing film. And um, I would recommend uh, checking this out. There's also another special feature on here. Daniel Roebuck who played Grandpa oh, Monster awesome. in the new one. All that memorabilia he has from the monsters. He has so much memorabilia. He is a monsters collector. So he said when Rob Zombie called him and said, hey, do you want to play Grandpa in the monsters movie? He thought he was trying to punk him. <laughs> and say, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'm going to kick your ass if you're punking me here. Are you serious? Or, you know, it's like the role of a lifetime. But the sad thing is, part of that special feature they address all of the negative online yeah. backlash that the movie got and it's dana roebuck's like you know, that's really kind of mean i mean you know we're you know we're, we're just trying to do this sort of fun <laughs> monsters movie yeah. here and and i saw everybody just sort of coming out of it yeah i saw daniel at the, the monster mania just recently he was having a great time this is right after uh he and um uh jeff daniel phillips and uh, like uh Obviously, Sherry Moon Zombie was not there, but uh, those two were there. And so was Richard Brake, who's in the movie mm. as well. And they were all there signing and having a great time. And honestly, I know it, it's not a, one of the movies that came out this this month, but I actually liked the Monsters movie. I got to say, I enjoyed it. And I liked it. Have you seen it yet, Dave? I haven't. I actually, I do have it though, because it's, uh, you know, I, and, and one of the things I didn't understand, I didn't watch many of the trailers, but then yeah. one trailer came out that everyone's like, oh my God, it's so awful. It's so awful. I finally saw it. It's the opening credits for the monsters. I think it's the one after that because they do colorize the movie. But honestly, when I saw what they did colorized with it, they do very interesting uh, things with it. It almost looks like creep show, the movie, like in the, in its mm -hmm. visual look. And I, you know, I'm a guy that, uh, doesn't like everything that Rob Zombie does, but he took a he took a real swing here to make a PG movie, and in my mind, it is a true 
it's a it's a true homage to the monsters. This feels like really the monsters. Cool. The thing is, you go and watch the monsters. It's goofy. It's silly. The movie had me sold when very early on Sherry Moon is uh, Lily is trying to go on a date and then and, and Grandpa has set her up with this great aristocrat and she gets there and it's Count Orlock from Nosferatu <laughs> and he's showing her pictures of his pet rats. <laughs> so that really doesn't bring cool. a that doesn't bring a smile to your face or the fact that Herman Munster. They, they they do the classic Frankenstein thing. They go in to get the brain of a great pianist, but they get the brain of a failed stand-up comedian, and that's why Herman. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the monsters, right? This yeah, is, that, that's uh, yeah, what really, were they yeah, expecting? Really, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but, but everything you've told me about it, Nathan, seems like a a cool movie. Yeah. And I want to and I want to see. It. And that's that's one of the things with Al Lewis. See, and you know, Fred Gwynn. Um, uh, obviously, he turned his back on the monsters after a while. He just didn't want anything to do with it. Now. Daniel Roebuck makes a very good point, and he defends Fred Gwynn to a point where he says, you know, Fred Gwynn wanted to be more. He wanted to expand his career and do other things. How many times did he go into an audition and find out he didn't get the role, says, nah, you're Herman Munster, we can't use you. Yeah. Where he was typecast. So then that probably is what really made him, like, turned him away to the point that they, I think in 1980, they brought him back to do a Munsters. And they took, like, as Daniel Roebuck said, they brought him dr- kicking and screaming <laughs> to make this to the point that he made a ridiculous salary demand that he thought they will never cover and they paid it. <laughs> That's <laughs> he wild. Ended up to go back and good for him and, and be in it. Um, but Al Lewis always embraced it. He, he promoted himself as grandpa Al Lewis for throughout his career. He even there was, and I want, I want to see it in the special with his wife. They were showing clips of him introducing movies. It was called grandpa's monster movies. I think it was a video series where he's like a horror host um, you know, uh, uh, introducing other monster movies. Oh, that's great. See, that's just grandpa. like the scene. The, it's like the guy in Gremlins too, who's dressed kind of like Grandpa yeah. Munster introducing yes. the horror. And that, but this is Grandpa actually introducing him. The quality of it looks like a video. It doesn't look like it was a TV. It looked like it was on video, but maybe it was TV. I'm not sure. It might have been regional television or something. Uh, maybe in New York. I know he, he lived in, uh, he, he lived up in New York. Um, but he's one of those guys. And Daniel Roebuck said that, you know, he's, he says, everyone says I took over for Al Lewis. He goes, no, I'm the fifth person to play grandpa, you know, cause you had that, that, that really kind of bad series, the Munsters yeah, uh, that came true. out with John Shuck and, and, uh, Lee Merriweather in it. That was not a good, and you, you also had the, like one episode of Mockingbird Lane where Eddie Izzard was grandpa Munster. Yeah. So, so he, well, he says he's like the fifth person to play him, but he says everybody else sort of brought themselves to it. Al Lewis brought a schutzpah, yes. a panache to it. <laughs> and he said that's what he tried to do in the movie. He said he wasn't bringing like Daniel Roebuck's vision. He was bringing that sort of schutzpah to the role. And that's what he was shooting for. And that is Al Lewis. You I see think that he hits that. I think um, he, the most of the three, is the one that captures the the essence of his character. And in some ways, maybe the hardest because, you know, like he, he is so much Al Lewis. But I think Al Lewis in this particular movie, and I haven't seen this movie since really probably like 93 or 94 whenever it was, mm-hmm. and it and i remember seeing it and it's very it's got a very quirky sense of humor which at the time i didn't recognize as being specifically sort of new zealand-esque but it really is like mm-hmm. the same now there these two movies are worlds apart but the same kind of weird sort of eccentricity that it, that lives in a movie like dead alive lives yeah. in this movie they're very and this movie not- had a connection to that i was listening to the commentary with the director and the producer one of the effects guys on this movie um, went and uh, had had worked on Dead a lot. 
Wow. I mean, these both came out around the same time. And another really cool thing, the set designer, the sets in this, yes. like that bedroom, really gothic. Yeah. It's- they did a good job with that. He went on to win an Oscar for Return of the King. And the costume designer in this movie won an Oscar for Return of the King. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's a fun movie, but I think Al Lewis here, he what he does here that he didn't always do in the Munsters or really couldn't do in the Munsters is he does get some some pathos. He he injects it with yeah. some humanity, and he takes the grandpa character, and he builds off of that, but he's very good. This movie really wouldn't be w- without him. Like No, it, no, no. I it, agree. Yeah. It needed Al Lewis in that role. Because he does, and you're right. There, there is pathos. I mean, that last scene. I mean, it's 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 it tugs at your heartstrings. It really does. Yeah. I mean, this is, and it's a it's a it is it's a. You can see portions of this being part of almost like a Disney type of, of movie that they yeah. play around Halloween because it's not going to scare anyone. It is. It is definitely a kids film. It's a it's a yeah. it's a yeah. It's a movie that doesn't like talk down to kids, though. That's what I like about it. I think. Yeah, and um, I and I I like that about it as well. And I thought the two kid actors were just great in it i thought they they were great um and i i recognized the guy who played the boyfriend um the 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 daughter's boyfriend um he's the one who played he and i recognized him from the quick scene in fellowship of the ring where bilbo is up there ian you know uh, ian holmes up there thanking all of the other um members of the family who showed up and he goes proud foot yeah and and they go and the guy says proud feet that's him I don't know how I recognized him from that one freaking moment. No, no, in that movie. I the same thing because that actor, and he's the one who's he's also the other scene he's in is he's glaring at Gandalf as he comes by with the fireworks. He's yes, the guy standing there. Yes. He smiles at first, and his wife walks up, and then he frowns. But right. um, <laughs> uh, he was also in a great um, uh, New Zealand movie. The uh, from the director Vincent Ward, it's called The Navigator, a medieval odyssey. Oh, and he's a I, monk in Arrow that film. Put out, Arrow put that out, and that is a very yeah. fascinating film. Yeah, and so I recognized him the same way. Like, a couple minutes of him in Fellowship of the Ring, I'm like, that's the one of the monks who gets stuck in the middle of the road. He's trying to cross the street, and he's never seen a car before. But right. um, it's great, really, great it's movie. Really and this is, yeah. this is good. Even talking to you while the, like, uh uh, while you were talking, I went ahead and just purchased purchased it. Um, um, it's I, I'll tell you what, because, and the special features itself, because as much as uplifting as the movie is, and the director and producer, they don't just like talk the movie. They yeah. do. They talk about how great Al Lewis was. He said the only time this guy had a problem with him was when he tried to get him to work at night. And then he found out he had the same problem. He did a movie with Christopher Plummer, tried to get him at work at night. He tried to head then Ron Silver, tried to get him at work at night. He goes, these older guys were having an issue. And the director says, now that I'm older, I understand exactly <laughs> where they're coming from. <laughs> You know, I didn't then, but yeah. now I see exactly where they're coming from. Is you know, it's it's it, it doesn't always work to keep them working later into the night. Um, but it's it's a it, it's sort of it's it's just a heartwarming film. The special features are heartwarming. It even has the radio series that inspired this. It has that entire radio series oh, really? as one of the special That's features. Very cool. Yeah, Severin has yeah. always does such a good job with this stuff. Honestly, yeah, they they did, and it also was known as as Moonrise, which is the title of the um the the radio play. But they also called it Grampire. Grampire is my favorite really cool title. title. I wish they yeah. would call it Grampire. <laughs> Grampire <laughs> is like genius. Like I feel like you could sell a lot of copies of Grampire <laughs> in their in their in their commentary. They call it Grampire. That's, That's nice. what they call the movie. That's hilarious. So. 
Um, yeah, I haven't seen this one, but I love um, Al Lewis and the Monsters. So um, definitely should probably check this one out. You guys think? Yeah, I think I so. Would, I, I, I recommend. No, it's a no. It is a kids film, though. No, it is. Yeah, a that's never bothered me. Yeah, you enjoy uh, you enjoy some of those like Disney Halloween kind of movies. This one is. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it's from an earlier era, more like the eighties, like. Uh, wonderful world of Disney Sunday night kind of movies almost right. uh, yeah. with a little bit more of a regional flair in regards to New Zealand. So you'll have, that. and, and, a, and a scene with a drunk woman that you're just saying, what the <laughs> hell are we watching? Um, but a couple more from this, uh, a crime and Mr. Crimes and misdemeanors, which for me is probably the most disturbing of Woody Allen's films yeah. because you have a dramatic section and that's the part that really disturbs me. Then you have the comedic section section where he's doing a film for, um, for his brother-in-law uh, played by Alan Alda. That is just hilarious, you know, but because Woody Allen can't stand Alan Alda, the rest of the world loves the character. He can't stand <laughs> him. And he approaches the movie from that standpoint. So that's funny, but the dramatic part with Martin Landau, especially yeah. where he goes at the end and what he figures out from what his character did. It's like, Whoa, that's dark. It is. That's how yes. I always struck me with that movie. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Anything you wanted to No, 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 not about that one. No. Okay. And then real quick, um, the new Gaspar Noe movie vortex is it says here getting released at 25th, but I think that's been moved to um, beginning of November. Okay, and I haven't seen that one. Um, I haven't either, but it's Gaspar Noe, and I and I, I was such a big fan of of uh, Climax. I know a lot of people; it was really divisive. Some people couldn't stand it. I really, really liked uh, Climax. He I just did Lux Eterna too, right, uh, Trey? I think that's on Shutter right now, which is a shorter, yeah. shorter film. Yeah. Yes, I haven't seen um, that one. No, it's interesting. I think you'd you'd uh, you dig it, Dave. Um, but I, I mentioned Vortex. I liked, actually liked Climax too. And I'm not actually a Gaspar Noah fan almost at all, but I did like Climax. Um, yeah. Like I can never watch Irreversible again. I just can't. No, no. I, I can and never watch that. Didn't he again. do, did he do Into the Void or? Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, Enter, Enter the, the, the Void. void. Yeah, Enter the Void. Enter that was void, too yeah. much for me visually. I was like, I thought I was having like a stroke, I think at one point. But, um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the guy, Trey's probably thinking, what the heck? And Nathan's like into all kinds of wild visual things, but that was just the bridge. <laughs> there is, there turns out to be a limit i do have a bridge and i guess we're knowing is that, that is it. yeah exactly <laughs> uh but climax I, I thought was good uh shadows and fog i know not everybody likes that one but i liked it uh that's uh oh, shadows and yeah that had moments in it yeah yeah it's that, not a it's not a home run or anything but i like no, what he was attempting no. now i uh, did they are they going to put or it did maybe i missed it manhattan murder mystery like that one too but i didn't see that on this list i mean it's probably coming but i haven't seen it I, that one has like um, one of that put put woody allen a neurotic woody allen in a murder mystery yeah that's exactly dragged what into that it is. by his yeah. wife you know that i think that is i love that movie it's one of the more underrated ones i i, I agree uh, that yeah that one does come together completely where shadows shadows and fog almost feels like you know it was at first it feels like a test run kind of like where he's trying out some of that stuff but it doesn't quite work you know it doesn't quite yeah. quite get there but visually it's really interesting. Uh, that's what i like about it. this is yeah. what it's the sort of movies it's aping or what i like but uh go back to Severn for a minute a box set that i actually got to pick up at monster mania oh, yeah. yep. uh the house of psychotic women which is uh a really neat set that's pulled some movies that honestly I had never even heard of uh, for the most part. And it's, um, it's put together in a very interesting way. And it is, uh, you know, obviously it's uh, curated in the way it's handled. It's very um, female centric. And that's, 
that makes it very cool because the the movies they've got here are from all over the place. I mean, Identikit is a is a '70s film that's thriller, borderline horror, and Elizabeth Taylor is the main actress in the film, oh, wow. and she's giving a really wild sort of performance in it. There's a 1980s vampire film here called I Like Bats that's just kind of nuts, uh, <laughs> and they've got a movie here that is basically I, I would describe as it's uh, if you can believe such a thing. It basically feels like uh, Jodorowsky for mentally ill people. <laughs> and I think about Whoa. as if Jodorowsky wasn't that to begin yeah, with. As, as, I'm yeah, trying to think of a Jodorowsky. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a Jodorowsky that's that's not. Well, what yeah, I you mean, told me that and I was like, yeah, what? <laughs> what I mean by that is this movie, The Other Side of the Underneath, feels like the film itself may have schizophrenia. Uh, oh, wow. I don't know how you always say it. They try. They are pr- trying to put you in the headspace of a person who really struggles with. Um, maybe identity disorder and, and with, with actually delusional tendencies. And then what would it be like if that entire time a therapist was trying to help you, except uh, throwing all these sorts of uh, tried and true misconceptions about a, a woman's mental health. And it's hard to explain it. It's very much an avant-garde art piece. You might not even be able to take it. I, I, had, I was watching it in chunks cause I was like, it's making me feel crazy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> if you look at this and Terry Gilliam would be like, okay, this is too much. Uh, wow. <laughs> but these, it's the kind of film you can't release a, a, a box set called House of Psychotic Women, maybe not have that film there. Footprints, I just finally saw, might be the... Oh, did you see best. that? Yeah, I really liked it a lot. I yeah, mean, that's a really good one. This yep. movie has room for Klaus Kinski in a segment about people making a movie about astronauts on the moon. Wow. And at the same time, it's kind of a giallo, would you say? Yeah, it's definitely a giallo, and it's directed by um, Bazzoni, who did The Possessed, and... Yes. I'm blanking on his other one. And it's got Florinda Balkan in it from um, Don't Torture a Duckling and yeah. some other Fulci movies. So that's a good one. Yeah. These are all four we're seeing. Now, some of them, like I say, they're going to be some people, the other side of the underneath about one viewing. We'll, we'll do them. But yeah, uh, this is. So, so you think you think this set over the incredibly strange films of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I absolutely do, Dave. Okay. <laughs> now, right. now, I think that one you're getting you're, you're getting uh, quantity, perhaps, over quality. You're getting maybe <laughs> twice as many movies, but yeah. but about a, what, a tenth of the quality, probably. Well, maybe. But, you know, the thing about this is. It's what I love is when they make a set nomad, they they understand there's they assume there's an audience for it, and we're going to make this as if you guys are the biggest fans in the world. And I, right, and I that's, that's what that's they what do, works. and yeah, and that yeah, and and, a, yeah, that that alone makes the makes the set fun to pick up. You know, right. make makes it a fun pickup. These ones are on Shutter too, Dave. You want to check them out? I have yeah. only gotten to Footprints on the Moon so far, but um, I do want to get to at least Identikit, and I love bats. I don't know about the. Uh, that other one might be. I think that's not your your jam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think I'm going to pick this up eventually. This is a good set. I yeah, I picked up. It's beautiful. The box is beautiful. The the, the artwork and everything. Um, and it's also it might end up being one of my favorite like uh, releases that's that's happened this year. Severin's got a lot of them. I mean, they they've been knocking out of the park. Now here's what I'm really curious about, guys. Um, I want to talk about it briefly because we be, we all these sets like the one we were just talking about the micro budget cinema of so and so and all that. But this is a guy I really didn't know anything about. And his movies are relatively newer. And uh, this set, which is Indicator, is called Magic Myth and Mutilation. The micro-budget cinema of Michael J. Murphy. Do you know? I mean... I don't. No, I saw no. that set. And, the, and one of the things is it's Indicator. Now, that's from the yes. UK. But all of the Indicators I've picked up have been region-free. And this one specifically is region-free. 
So this one I is already even because you're right. Like sometimes they say one thing and you watch them and then they're they're fine. I usually try yeah. to follow, but indicator release a, a case where when they do when they, more and more often they've been releasing them where they are region free. And this ma- myth magic and mutilation is region free. And I don't know this Michael J. Murphy. I started to research him a little bit, but the movies um and maybe so is Moonchild. Is the Moonchild on this disc the same Moonchild? Yeah, Moonchild is part of this set, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, this has got like 20, 30 movies There's on it. There's a lot of movies uh, on yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Tristan is old, Happily Ever After Secrets, almost a movie. Almost a movie. <laughs> just uh, what, Moonchild, Torment, Atlantis. And that, I just skipped 20 titles to get over to that one. But Road to Nowhere, The Right of... Yeah, there's a lot on here. I'm, I'm guessing not every one of them is... a. Uh, slam dunk but i think this goes back to what we just said this is sort of an event right this is to capture this is that time capsule pod nobody else is going to put a set out for michael j murphy (laughs) this is his set this is his moment and uh the cover looks cool and i i I think it's one of those things that would be cool to own just to sort of to have it and be able to go through this body work and and get a feel for what he was doing so um, I'm yep. curious about it. I, it's not when I run out and, and, and grabbed, but it's also yeah. a little on the pricier side for, that's a problem. It's like, you've collected all these movies, but do I have 120 bucks? That's <laughs> what it yeah. always is. Yeah. yeah. So I think when this one goes on sale at some point, I'd be, I'd be inclined to pick it up. Uh, and if you're a fan of this kind of regional cinema or this, this, these very low budget movies. Some people are really into it. I know a lot of people that are. Uh, it's not my jam all the time, but I like it in doses, <laughs> small doses. Um, yep. Anything else that you guys see? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, go I got ahead. one go more, yep. Yep. and it's one that Dave and I, I think received maybe at the same time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, simultaneously <laughs> all over the world, almost within like minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you that posted was, uh, your picture while I was opening yeah. up my uh, my my uh, package. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that was uh, Satan's Little Helper, which is not a great movie, but it's a fun movie, and I really yeah, like it. From yeah. Synapse, put that one out. Right. And I still need to see that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that'll be up your alley, Nathan, but it's a, I don't know. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a movie, yeah. I saw something here. It's It says uh, Shakarama Video Party from Vinegar Syndrome. It's a Vinegar Syndrome exclusive until November 29th, I guess, before they, they sort of expand it, but... Um, I don't know any of the movies on it, but the, the cover looks pretty interesting. And it's uh, it's the Naked Witch, Violated, Ghosts of Hanley House, Passion in the Sun. Um, I don't know. Is that all one title? Four movie set. Right. Is that, is that all one title? No, right. <laughs> no, um. no, I'm sorry. The Naked Witch, comma, Violated, comma. Yeah, the Naked Witch does not violate the Ghosts of Hanley House with Passion in the Sun. No. <laughs> what are you trying to do there, Trey? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like my kind of movie. Yes. I mean. Yeah, right. Um, right up there with the incredibly strange. Uh... <laughs> or, or you know, in terms of great titles, Bob Clark's Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is coming out uh, as well. Um, a movie I've only I, I seen love, once. I love the zombies in that, but the comedy just is hitting. It's not a great exactly. movie. That's it's, my thing with it. Yeah. yeah. I remember catching it on TV back in the day and being like, and even as a kid being like, what is this? <laughs> Um, but i think it's got its charms it's a you know it's it's got its charms but definitely when you see this as children shouldn't play with dead things and it's rated pg i mean that's accurate this is a they go it's got creepier moments than you'd expect but it's not a horror film per se right it's not a it's not a hardcore horror film i should say the zombies look really good for as low budget as it was though yeah 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 it's a it's uh 
you can tell. I think that it does. It's not at the level, but you can tell that the guy who made this movie is the same guy that went on to make uh, both Black Christmas and A Christmas Story. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else. Uh, looks like there's a Hallmark Christmas movie, Five More Minutes or something like there that. There you go, there's, Dave. Uh, or oh, Christmas God. at Castle Heart. Uh, all this looks great. They're, they're going to show it 18 times this in December anyway. <laughs> that's so that's no probably charitable. It it's probably charitable. Uh, I, um, yeah, so I think there's not a lot else I see. There's a lot of stuff out yeah. the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of things we haven't even know. mentioned, but there's some things I, yeah, I, if I didn't really yeah. recognize it at all. Um, oh, there is a, there is a release of the Jordan Peele three movie collection. So yes, you do not have you it on Blu-ray. Get out. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I consider that because I don't have, I actually don't think I have copies of them. Um, yeah. And then you've got, um, uh, Kajillionaire is out. Uh, it looks like there's mm-hmm. a Blu-ray release of um, a movie I never saw, uh, Death Sember. Have you guys seen this? Oh, no, that, I haven't seen that no, either. I no. saw that was coming, though. And I, I had no idea whether or not that was worth uh, seeing or not. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, then we get to October 28th. It's not a lot uh, to talk about there that I see. Mm. And, of course, the yeah. end, the the... The month ends with Top Gun Maverick. That's the big uh, Looks like release, of, release of the year, yeah. 4K. Uh, on Monday, which is weird. That's very strange. Yeah, get it out yeah. of time for Halloween. I'm not, you know, because that would be important <laughs> for, for Top Gun Maverick, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But um, I really, I love this movie. I This is, I'm not a Top Gun fan, to be honest. And uh, I thought this movie was amazing. <laughs> Wow. Uh, have you yeah, seen it yet? To watch it. I have I have not seen it yet, but I am uh, looking forward to it. Yep. Yeah. Same so, here. Um that's it for the uh for October. I say that's it, but that was a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, it was a lot more than I thought it was gonna be. Oh, yeah. so much stuff, yes. <laughs> well, I think our issues we recognize so much of it too. <laughs> Most people yeah. will read these titles <laughs> and be on to the next thing, but lots. I don't know if I've got a, a favorite there. I really I I think if you're into the box sets, the Gothic Fantastico and the uh the House of Psychotic Women are are, are great sets, though. And I will say this, though, is um, because I can see horror fans getting the House of Psychotic Women and being a little bit disappointed because I don't think yeah. horror is the primary driving force behind this. It's trying to capture a snapshot and a certain uh, sensibility of filmmaking. And I think the movies are great. So if you're a film lover, I think it's going to be more for you than maybe just horror. If you're a horror fan looking for the box sets, I think you've got – You've got clearly the Paranormal Activity one, but I think this uh, Gothic Fantastico is the one for the horror fans, particularly if you're a fan of older horror movies. And these are Italian movies, I think, that are Mm -hmm. not the Bava films. They're not these bright, colorful films. They're they're doing a riff on Gothic horror in black and white. So that would be kind of uh, my big one, and I really loved uh, that we got Fright Night and that we got Trancers in 4K, of all things. So. That's, uh, and you know what? Real quick, I'm not, I'm not going to talk much about them, but there are two that we uh, that we forgot that I think horror fans might be screaming at us for, uh, and it was in this one, the Count Yorga collection. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. I meant the cement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nathan? Uh, that, yep. <laughs> yep. And then the Changeling. You're right. Oh, yes, we, did. we skipped right over both of those. I forgot. Yeah, sorry Seven, about that. Uh, Scribbled on my um... changeling. Yeah. But yeah, let's talk just quick quickly about that. I've not seen the the Count Yorga movies, but I did pick this okay. set up, and it's a very nice set. I you I didn't anticipate it, but it comes in the nice thick like uh, cardboard keep case, and then there are two films inside of that. So you've got the 
films in their own uh, individual cases, the way you'd buy them. But then they come in with a nice thick booklet and then its own uh, nice case and some great new artwork they've done for it. And it looks like lots of special features. And I've never seen the film, so I'm really looking forward to uh, the first the count. Count Yorga Vampire, I like quite a bit. Um, they were originally going for. Um, uh, it was originally going to be an adult film, I think, and yes, then it ended yeah. up being a PG <laughs> vampire film. But yep. you still see a couple elements of maybe what they were thinking okay. of in the adult film. Yeah, I, I was like, I need to. I saw the PG, and I'm thinking, but knowing that, Dave, I was like, I need to watch these before I watch them. When yeah. the kids are in. So these are going to be my my later night Halloween uh, night viewing after the kids are in bed to watch the Count Yorga movies and see Very how they cool. how they are. Very um, cool. And then, of course, the Changeling is just one of the great yeah. haunted house. Oh, and that cover of that too is just yeah. with the red so ball. striking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. it's like a Schindler's List type image there with almost like the monochrome in the background and and what i love about it is george c scott's character i mean anybody else you're like who would stay in a haunted house well this guy was (laughs) because of all the trauma he had before yeah that he'd suffered through his life that that he's almost like he's there he's going to help this you know what's going on and for me one of the great seance sequences committed to film. yeah and here's the thing with this film you you have to question midway through this movie is is this ghost haunting him or is he haunting this ghost? I mean, you see that rubber ball comes down the stairs when he picks that ball up. He looks so pissed off. He like, (laughs) I thought he was going to take a bite out of that ball and then throw it back up the stairs. I mean, (laughs) it is a point when he screams into the sky. What the hell do you want from me? I mean, you get the impression that he wants to solve this mystery just so this ghost will leave him the hell alone. Uh, he right, says right. as much. So if you're <laughs> if you're a ghost and you you don't mind getting screamed at, this guy will help you do your unfinished business. Yeah, I think I, ghosts maybe shouldn't be haunting George C. Scott. No, no, he had already had a lot of demons. So, um, <laughs> but this is a great film. I mean, all that stuff aside, like the Peter Medic, the direction, the house itself, like every scene is like dripping with atmosphere, and then. Um, it's Melvin Douglas, right, at the end of this film, yeah. who had such a long and storied career in Hollywood and was in the old dark house we just talked about. Like his scenes uh, and well, how he plays in the story are also are, are, are very strange and even a little poignant. And like it's just a it's a I'm I'm always surprised to know that it fell under the radar for so long. Like now everybody thinks it's a classic. But in the 80s, I you know, people were aware of it, but I never heard people talk about it very much. Uh, they kind of treated it like it was. Uh, sort of a uh, almost ran kind of movie, you know, something that was right. almost a hit. But and and I, what's really cool is Severin put this out, and I I, I listen to their podcast uh, every so often, which is it's a great podcast because they talk about their releases that are coming out, and then at the end they have um, like a music segment where they have a guy like a DJ presenting the music from the movies that they were just talking about, which is really pretty cool. But apparently Peter Medak, they they interviewed him for for this. And I don't know if it was if it was an older interview or what, but they sent a camera out to where he lives and he went out into his you know the apartment, whatever it is. And he wanted to do this. Roll a red ball down the stairs. <laughs> like just as sort of an introduction, I think they ran into some problems. It didn't work a few times or something. They got to keep redoing it. But. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. cool. So he's he's like all in on this movie too. I mean, he and he, you know, has I'm sure he has quite a bit to say about. It. I'm pretty sure there's a, a commentary with him on it also. That is awesome. I uh, I did I definitely ordered this one, uh, and it should be on its way. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it is 
one of the great, if in my mind, and this is one of my favorite horror subgenres, it's in the top five haunted house movies for me. I think it's up there with the haunting yeah. and the innocence, and, yes. and you know all those great films. It really is. Yep, yep. Um, although, man, I don't know. We missed the biggest release of all, Jack Frost too. Uh, oh, <laughs> he, he looks like he's on a surfboard in Hawaii. I never saw this one. I did. I did finally watch the original Jack Frost because I got I uh, got it from Dave's collection of DVDs you were giving away last year, Dave. And I sat down yes. and watched it, and with a bunch of guys at Christmas, and it was a ton of fun. <laughs> It's, oh yeah, it's what it is. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. That's what that movie. But is. Blind Fury <laughs> from 1989, I'd be remiss not to mention that with uh, Rucker Hauer. Yes, I like that movie a lot. It's it's very dopey, but it's uh, I remember enjoying it a lot. Nice. Um, yeah. So I, I think that, I, I I think we covered. It. I think yeah. we're now nervous because we missed yeah. the change. Yeah, like I'm just, I was scanning go through. I do want to. Th- I don't. I haven't seen any of the movies, but I'm going to throw this out and then we can. Uh, we can uh, stop this. A film noir, the dark side of cinema. They, they've. Uh, this is. I think this is Kino again, and they've been putting out a great set of uh, film noir movies, and they just kind of keep putting these out. And uh, I don't have any of these, but every time they come out, I'm always curious about what these films are because I haven't seen a lot of them. This is. I get these sets, and I watch a couple of the movies on it, and I'm like, wow, that was really good, and that was really strong. You, you don't realize this is one of those sort of subgenres, film noir. Yeah. That has a lot more masterpieces in it than you realize. And then, Maybe not masterpieces. There's a lot more really strong movies. I, I think, you know, for me, my experience has been that because I maybe because I love the style of this subgenre so much and I, so much encapsulates everything I love about movies that I've that lots of times I'll always find something to like in, in one of them. But it seems yeah. like Lorber, when they do a really nice job of finding then this is just this subgenre, let's face it, is a lot bigger than I even thought it was. I mean, Phil oh, Norm yeah, is it's, giant. And, it, and I bet I bet half of them still haven't been released yet. Oh, yeah. You know, that we probably and, haven't even got to the and, and lots of times they were made very quickly and sometimes on the cheap, but sometimes you get the thing with this, if you've got if you got a, a, a good camera work and you got a, uh, some of these actors that maybe were in the middle of doing something else and you get them in this film, you could get a really solid piece of work sometimes. And in the and you know, you get someone who writes a halfway decent script. Uh, you can come out with some good stuff. So I haven't seen any of these movies, but I'm always up for film noir, and they've been doing oh, a really yeah. nice job with them. Ab- absolutely. And it's, you know, I mean, I, uh, Bogart and Bacall made four movies together. The one that I had seen last, like Key Largo is one of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, yeah, to Have sure, and Have sure. Not is a, is a great movie. The Big Sleep can be a little bit incomprehensible at times, but it's still a damn good movie. But then it was Dark Passage which is a noir. Now, I don't think that's Kino. I'm pretty sure that one was released by um, uh, Warner's Archive collection yeah, yeah. On, on Blu-ray. But what's really interesting is it's a noir. Humphrey Bogart, it's from his perspective for the ha- first half of the movie because he's not playing Humphrey Bogart. It's his voice, but but he's he's this guy and he's getting a face change. You know, like he's getting his face altered because of because of um, something that happened with his wife. Yeah, and, it's totally and he weird. To stay out of prison, so it's the whole movie is from his perspective. You know, think Maniac with um with uh, uh who was that uh, Elijah Wood? Yeah. the remake of Maniac, where you're looking at it through his perspective until after the operation. And now he's Humphrey Bogart, and right. then he's going to be in front of it. Yeah. And it's almost like that movie Seconds, the Frankenheimer movie, where it's like, okay, yes. now you're somebody else. Right. We've changed your face, and um, here you are. But we don't see him in the first half of the movie. We see Bacall. We see, like, a lot of the other characters, but we don't see him. And it's such – that's the type of stuff they did with film noir. 
You know, and that was Delmer Daves. As good as Bogart and Bacall were in that movie, Delmer Daves, the director, is the one who, who gave us all of that in that film. And that's what you get with a lot of film noir, just very interesting ideas. Yeah. You know, yeah. Edward G. Robinson made some great um, uh, Night Has a Thousand Eyes is one, which is a really interesting movie. That is a good uh, one. Movie. Yeah. Um, but I think you can't go wrong with these. And they've had several sets out already. And the Warner Archive does it nice. I think I picked up one of their sets uh, recently. And yeah, I always enjoy watching them and you see a lot of interesting actors come through. So that's going to wrap up our segment here. And and Dave has already done his review for his Halloween uh, yep. release, which was uh, my, grandpa my grandpa is a vampire or grandpire. Grandpire. Let's grandpire. call it grandpire. Yeah. But if you're looking to purchase it, it's my, my uh, grandpa is a vampire. A, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's a cool. Uh, Trey, you want to go ahead and cover your movie? Yeah, I can do that. And I want to say real quick, there's actually that TV show, The Haunting Hour. There's actually a two part episode called Grandpires. So is there? That's not the go first, back yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It's like season. It's one of the later seasons. But yeah, there's a, a it has um, oh, Christopher Lloyd in it. But of course Ooh, it does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's those are some very good episodes. So anyway, um, that's an aside. But um. So welcome to Trey Schlock Corner here, and we're going to be talking about a movie I would recommend to watch for Halloween, which is Cemetery of Terror. And this one was released by Vinegar Syndrome and directed by Ruben Glendo Jr., who did another film called Grave Robbers. Um, now, I've been promoting these a little bit on social media to try to get the word out there about them. They're not great. You know, they're not like classics or anything, but... Um, the release itself has a commentary with the director and also has an interview with the director later on, which I think is cool to always hear from these filmmakers later on from when they made these movies to set this one up. It is a Mexican film and it is set in Mexico yet somehow this group of college students, they want to, go in and read from this Book of the Dead on Halloween night. So not Dio de los Muertos, which would make more sense in Mexico. You could tell they were obviously trying to sell this to the American audience. Um, but either way, they go and they get into this old house by the cemetery and they, um, they're they trying to bring back someone from the dead. Well, they accidentally bring back a serial killer. And it doesn't turn out well for them. But this movie's kind of set in two different halves We've got the movie with the, you know, the college students, the teens earlier on. Then we have some younger kids later on that come into the picture. And you also, of course, as a um, third party in this, we have Hugo Stiglitz, who is a renowned uh, Mexican actor. And I want to go to just to sum up this movie a little bit. I want to go to the review that I'd put out. And this release came out a couple years back, but it is a really good one for Halloween time. Um, but I put this review out on Letterboxd back when I had initially seen this and a list of pros and cons that kind of give you an idea of what you're in for. Um, so the good I have, you know, the opening scene, which is has a great opening to this one. Um, the Cemetery of Terror itself is really cool. It is set on Halloween and it is in Mexico. And then we have where this is almost trying to riff on John Carpenter's 1978 Halloween. And there are some cool nods to Halloween that are maybe a little bit more subtle than you would think. Uh, they have great zombies in this. 
the book that they're summoning the dead from is really cool. And, you know, at one point you have Hugo Stiglitz hopping around on one leg while fending off the undead, which is must-see material in my opinion. (laughs) And the third act of this is amazing, and so are the gore effects. Um, Now, the negatives are, you know, (laughs) the first couple of acts to get to that third act are a little bit of a drag. Uh, You do have some cool stuff, but... I would have liked to see more of the kids, younger kids that we get later on in the movie than we did of the college stuff at the beginning. But whatever. Um, At the end of the day, I think the positives outweigh the negatives to this. This isn't a, you know, an all time classic, like I said, but it's one that you can throw on Halloween night and just have a good time. If you're a fan of those older slashers or just 80s cheesy movies in general, Uh, I think you're going to get a lot out of this. Have either of you seen this one? I have not. No, I have not either. Yeah, I definitely check it out. And like I said, this one and Grave Robbers are both on Shudder. I like this one better than Grave Robbers, but um, Glendo Jr. is an interesting filmmaker with these. They almost feel like ripoffs, but they go into their own territory. So Mm. definitely worth watching on Halloween night. Awesome. Very cool. And I should, uh, I should, um, briefly uh, bump back and mention that it looks like uh, like a couple other titles we've seen recently that children shouldn't play with dead things. looks like it may have been moved off until November 22nd. So anyone uh, I mentioned that that was on uh, the 25th, but it looks like they did move it back to November. At least that's what I'm seeing on some of the various sites. Uh, so let me talk very quickly about my movie. I'm looking forward to check. So let me ask you a quick question about cemetery of terror. What's the rating on that one, Trey? Like, uh, like oh you mean as far as like a like a like the the mpa rating or, or the, who it would be appropriate yeah, the, for that there's a lot of, of gore in that movie. okay all right i can't remember there might be nudity too well um, and i couldn't it's funny because from the way from the basic plot synopsis and how you were describing it it's a, i couldn't tell like this could be anywhere from like a heavy gore film to like a kids horror film <laughs> it was hard to so tell it's very but, different it's very different from when you have the college kids yeah. in their segment. And when you have the younger kids later on, okay. it's very different movies. Um, one's trying to ape Halloween and the other one's maybe doing a little bit of its best evil dead impression. I mean, it's very okay. different. Um, it almost feels like two movies and that is a weird thing about it, but um, it's worth it all for that ending. I kind of like, you know, I, I like it when you get a little bit extra for your money. So that I've been looking at that one for a bit, so I'm uh, excited to see it. My, my pick is actually a movie that uh, we talked about a little bit on the last episode. I think, Trey, you and I did when we were covering the the last bit of releases for, I think, maybe it was for August and it, or for September. And it is uh, The Creature from the Black Lake and or Creature from Black Lake. And it's a movie from 1976. The director is Julian Hook Jr. And it's definitely has that uh, sort of regional filmmaking feel to it that would have happened around the time of legend of boggy Creek. It's clear that this movie creature from black Lake was made, uh, because I think of boggy Creek or, or let's say more specifically because of the, the, uh, success of boggy Creek and boggy Creek even had, I think a sequel around the same time, which was not great. And to me, if I, if I'm being honest, even though I love the kind of uh, cryptozoological elements and the Bigfoot, uh, kind of feel to legend of boggy Creek and that uh, the idea and the mystery behind it. It's not a great film. I saw it as a kid and it kind of like 
freaked me out a little bit. But when you watch it now, I mean, it definitely, it's the seams show pretty well on that one. And there's really not a lot of Bigfoot. There's everyone sort of talking about Bigfoot or or this creature and uh, their desire to see it. And we get a couple of shaky scenes and, and uh, things getting thrown around a cabin and banging on the doors and screams in the night. But that's about it. So then you go to Creature from Black Lake, which is sort of 100% a narrative film. It doesn't really pretend to be a documentary but it follows these two uh grad students who are into uh, anthropology and they want to go to louisiana and sort of prove that this creature is out there which is uh, a essentially like a sasquatch uh, the 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 creature and, and what it's called is a little bit varied but they want to go out there and kind of capture it on film if they can and part of this is going to be interviewing all the locals and one of the locals is actually jack elam who plays this trapper who his buddy was grabbed out of the swamp by this monster in the very early openings of the film and uh and of course you know jack elam he's got the crazy eyes and he's going on about the monster and it's just about everything you would expect but there's such a cheerful fun road movie feel to a lot of this early bits and where they're going to the houses of these families in Louisiana and talking to them. And the minute they mention the monster, everyone gets quiet and everybody's got a story. And I love that kind of stuff. That's the stuff that worked in Boggy Creek. And that's the stuff that works here. But creature from the black Lake, I did not, I maybe had seen a few minutes of this movie when I was younger. If I had seen this movie when I was a kid, it would have scared the mess out of me because let me say, first off, Dean Cundy is a cinematographer on this film. It's one of his wow. early films, and you can actually tell because the swamp has this like, palpable sort of air of menace to it and of mystery in the early scenes. And when we see the creature, uh, this movie goes from being watching these two guys trying to capture evidence of the monster. At the same time, they're trying to date some of the local women, and they invite them to come back to the, <laughs> the campgrounds. And, and these guys, they even though the acting is not great, there's a very sort of naturalistic feel to it. Uh, you, you kind of start to uh, go along with them for the ride. It's a little bit goofy. It's almost like watching the Hardy boys or something, you know, and you kind of get into the, that vibe and you, uh, it feels like a very safe vibe. And then they're, they're going to capture this creature or capture it on film and they encounter it. And this becomes a, a legit horror movie for a little bit. And I'm thinking this PG movie, I'm suddenly like, I think my kids are about to see someone get their arms ripped off. I'm not sure. <laughs> now it doesn't go that extreme and, and it doesn't go that dark. It kind of pulls back, but when the creature attacks and it, his costume is not amazing, but the way it is shot, the way it's filmed and the intensity of it, it, it gets pretty intense. These uh, Bigfoot attacks, this Bigfoot means business. I mean, He's not in a ton of the film, but the movie, it just has a real, it's like what you said, Dave, about the vamp, the vampire movie. There's a charm to it. There's a, there's a cheerful sort of easygoing feeling. It's very easy to watch this movie and get drawn into it. And then the part that surprised me, it's really giving make me a, a, give it the recommendation. I bought this on a blind buy. I'm very happy I did though. I think it's totally worth it. Um, but to give you like Bigfoot movies, if you like Bigfoot movies, this is probably in my opinion, the best one to come out of that whole 70s and 80s swath of, of films, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, that may not be saying a whole lot, but I I enjoyed a lot more than Boggy Creek. I think it makes a fun horror movie. Uh, Synapse released this, and it's got some great features on it, including one where Dean Cundy is going back and talking about his time making the film and his work on it, which is really neat to see in, in the terms of how his career has come about. And, of course, the many, many films he's worked on, but uh, his work is evident here. 
I really enjoy this a lot. I was surprised how much I liked it and how much fun I had with it. It definitely, you have to understand that half of these actors that show up uh, are not professional actors. The few that are, like Jackie Lim, and there's a couple other guys that show up that you recognize. And you're like, oh, I know this guy. Uh, they are clearly doing uh, doing their job. But outside of that, it's all about sort of the... Um, uh, it, it, it's it's the feel of the film and it's the texture of it. And as a kid who like always wondered is Bigfoot out there and not only is he out there, but is he behind my tent? This is, uh, this is your movie. I like this one quite a bit. And uh, I, I think it releases, you know, with the regular version in like December, but right now, if you order it and I think you order it off synapse or even uh Diablo league DVD, you can get uh it with a really cool uh, slipcase and honestly it looks for all the world like the cover of a Hardy Boys meets the Sasquatch cover. I mean, I've never seen anything that looks, I think I sent you guys a picture of it. It looks exactly like one of those Hardy Boys books I would have had back in the day, you know? Um, right. I had those too. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks exactly, I mean, they've, they've, whoever illustrated this had must've had that in mind, but it's, right. this is a great, there's a great Bigfoot movie with a great Bigfoot in it. I can't always say that about movies. I think, I, I think this one exists in Willow Creek. Maybe those are my jam. And, uh, but creature from the black lake, if you like seventies monster movies, this one is, uh, right, uh, right up your alley. And it's way better than the crater Lake monster, which I understand was like oh. more of a sea sea creature kind of deal. But, um, <laughs> oh boy, well, that was what a rough movie that was. <laughs> this is way better than that one. I enjoyed the stop motion in that film, but the rest of it is garbage. Wow, that but, is yeah, that's and that's that's about it. And the stop motion was was okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not watching Harryhausen in the Crater Lake Monster. No, you know? no, you absolutely, you absolutely don't. But you know, th- yeah, this is. I highly recommend this. Oh, very cool. And you know what? It's, you mentioned Jack Elam and a great. Um, he played a, like villains in a lot of Westerns. I yes. know he was in um, he was in uh, th- that great opening from Once Upon a Time in the West uh, with him and Woody Strode. Uh, and then the, there was a third guy there when they're, and they're meeting Charles Bronson at the train station and Jack Elam catches a fly yes. with, the, with, the, with his gun. And and then he was uh, he was in um, I know he had a part in uh, Peck and Paul's. Um, uh, what was that? Uh, Billy, the kid, uh, Pat Garrett and yep. Billy, the kid. But yet whenever I see Jack Elam. I don't know why I always think of his drunk proctologist from the cannibal run. <laughs> and I think honestly, this is a little more in that vein. <laughs> okay. that. But yeah, well, he's playing his typical sort of like he's a trapper. So he's a burly. He, he's, he's taking the Western feel, but he's kind of turned on his head. And the other guy I forgot in this is Dub Taylor. His Dub dude, Taylor, yes. Dub Taylor's dude is classic, like hillbilly, you know, gregarious hillbilly. Yeah, from, from Bonnie and Clyde, but then also from 1941. In this film, he's the, he's got the Louisiana, come on, you, we'll get you some food. You know, he brings him in for dinner and then they bring up the Sasquatch and he gets real somber and he tells the story. He's a lot of fun. He shows up in the middle of the movie. So it's that kind of movie. You, you get to see Elam and you get to see Dub Taylor and you get to see Bigfoot. So. That's awesome. Jack Elam, Dub Taylor, and uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot all together. And surprisingly, Jack Elam was not playing Bigfoot. That was probably the biggest shock to my system because (laughs) I don't think they really need a lot of makeup at this point in time. Uh, From some things, he's got his crazy eyes. They could have just thrown some stuff on there, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. Imagine if him and Marty Feldman made a movie as like as like a couple of buddies. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, I don't know what what would you even call that the stare? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's that's gonna do it for us. Uh, 
uh, lots of good, lots of good content out there and lots of good, um, yeah, it was a huge month for stuff. I don't think I'll be able to buy anything next month, even though I've already looked and said, yep, I'm going to have to pick. And, and I love book. it because with with all the streaming and everything, it shows that physical media is, is not just alive, it's thriving. Yes, and I have noticed yep. that um, we've talked about how Netflix and some other places are not putting their stuff out. One, one uh, release I didn't cover, but I want to mention is Sweet Tooth, the whole series, and that played on Netflix. It's really good, yeah. sci-fi. Uh, a sci-fi fantasy series that I personally loved. I'm looking forward to the second season that they just released it on a uh, physical media. So I'm no, starting to see have a problem. They don't have a problem with TV because it promotes the next season. That's a fair point. It's the movies, individual you know, movies. It's yeah, the movie. Yeah. yeah. That they, that they don't seem to want to put out. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, so I don't have anything else. I'll let you guys go ahead and uh, promote anything you want to promote and then we can wrap this up, but um, great show. And we almost kept it to two hours. We were just a little off. Just a uh, little, just a little off, yeah. but <laughs> and it just—it's just because you know what? what and it's funny because when we start, we said, "Okay, well, we'll do about a half hour with the new releases," and then I—I we'll, I was looking, <laughs> I was scrolling down. I'm like, "This is bull crap. I can't do this until <laughs> not for October." Yeah, not for October. No, no, not the, what they put out. No. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, Trey, you want to give us uh, some of your plugs and let us know where that people can find you? Yeah. So other than um, Phantom Video. I host a solo cast usually called Screaming Through the Ages, where I talk about the history of horror and horror adjacent type films. Uh, recently, October put a ton of episodes out, but mainly I put out a two part um, Giallo retrospective that went from, you know, basically covered from 63 to 2022 and went into a timeline and kind of all the releases I could find of Giallos in that time. Um, so that was a lot of fun to do that. Um, you can find me sometimes over on Phantom Galaxy proper uh, reviewing some stuff with Nathan. I also was recently on Land of the Creeps with Dave uh, where we did movies that, you know, most people hate, but we love. And I was also on an episode of Father and Son Watch Horror where we talked about Halloween ends. So that's about where you can find me now. You can get Screaming Through the Ages wherever you get your podcasts. So that's all I got. And Dave, how about you? All right. Well, um, you know, obviously, uh, thank you, Trey, for, for bringing it up with Land of the Creeps. Um, and that was a great episode um, with, uh, you know, movies that we love that other people um, may not love. Um, Dave, you really got to the bottom of that barrel. I'm sorry to oh, say. <laughs> the Curse of the Swamp yes. Creature, yes. Yes, 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 absolutely. That one, that one's almost like what, you know, I, 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 I was trying to think of one that, you know what, and this is, and I laid out why I like it, and it's because I know it's, a, I know it's total crap. Hey, <laughs> you like, beat Bill, and that's impressive And when it comes to that. <laughs> and your movie was on Tubi, Dave. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I knew that the one irony. would be on Tubi. His movie should be damn lucky to be on Tubi. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then we just, uh, we did, uh, uh, just record our witch episode, which, uh, will be, uh, coming out. Uh, yeah, that'll be almost like our Halloween episode, I think. Uh, and that was a lot of fun also. Um, Jay of the Dead's new horror movies. We have a whole bunch coming out, uh, right around Halloween. Uh, we have an entire retrospective of Nosferatu, uh, because it is the 100th anniversary for uh, F.W. Murnau's Nosferatu. But we don't just look at Nosferatu. We look at all of the sort of, uh, 
I guess, versions of it, um, including, uh, you know, Nosferatu the Vampire, uh, Herzog's uh, 79 film, I want to say, Shadow of the Vampire from 2000, and who can forget Nosferatu in Venice? from 1988 with Klaus Kinski. The better question is who knew about <laughs> Nosferatu <laughs> in Venice up until a year or two ago, I think. When... Exactly, yes. And it really has, well, listen to the show. We'll get into it on that one. Plus a lot of other things, some great segments. Um, and there's a whole bunch of hosts over there. And it's uh, uh, Jay's just been knocking it out of the park. He, he, had, he had told us at one point, my goal is to put out, you know, shorter episodes more more frequently. And I think a week later, we got an eight-hour episode. So <laughs> it's just sort of the way things happen over there. At Jay the it's Dead's like a tier movies. two, you have your best intentions, and then four hours exactly. goes by. Exactly. It's just, just what happens. Um, you can't have and, nine hosts in a 45-minute show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't always work. It doesn't always work. Um and of course, uh, well, Illustrative Fan, we're going to be bringing that back at some point. We do have plans for that. Yeah, I yeah, we have it. Up, we we have it up on the roster. We have Karen Wagner, and we're gonna. I just got to get ready to sit down and watch some sad movies. <laughs> yes, these are these are not going to this this but this. We can call this episode movies to movies to open a vein to that. You know that popped up on my radar. Depressing. Depressing movies. Yes. Uh, and uh, the DVD Infatuation podcast. Um, uh, I have uh, actually two that will be coming. The one for uh, this month um, that Jay's working on is, uh, and it's right in line with what you're doing, Trey. Uh, I had Ian Urza on, and we talked about our uh, top 10 uh, Giallo films uh, and just sort of um, Italian movies in general at the beginning. And then we did our top 10 Giallos. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then I just recorded one with the gang over at Land of the Creeps. And the reason that is not the October episode, and when I had them on, I assumed it would be the October episode. Nobody picked any horror topics. <laughs> so it's probably going to come out in November, but it was a blast. And then Bill finally got to do uh, what he wanted to do in the list section. And boy, was it a lot of fun. So um, definitely check that also. Uh, check that out also. Um, and of course my blog, dvdinfatuation.com, still posting reviews over there. I'm on Twitter, uh, at DVD infatuation, Facebook, Instagram, and all that fun stuff. And, uh, uh, so and the last episode was a six pack. I think that, that I was on. Oh yes. That too. The one that's out there right now is our six pack, which, um, God, by the time it was done, it could have been an 18 pack. That was probably the longest one I've ever done because we did a lot. We, I mean, we did the six pack. Then we did we basically um, did a whole nother DVD infatuation episode after the six pack. Cause we did like we did, the top yes. 10 movies of 2001 or something like that. And yeah. then we did, we did a, our Nicholas Ray with lightning, uh, lightning over water. And then we, uh, we ended up doing uh, we did the musical music. segment too. What the hell? We did, we did everything. <laughs> yeah. We did every damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Well, we'll keep it shorter next time. No, no, uh, it, 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 but it worked because it was a lot of fun. And um, I, I think uh, I've gotten some great positive feedback on it. So good. Cool. And here at Phantom Galaxy, you can find our 72 different podcasts. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's essentially one except for Phantom from uh, Phantom Video. But we've been getting great feedback on this one. Uh, we're really looking forward. We'll come back in November. And we are planning to do, uh, to sit down and, start reviewing some movies a little bit more in depth. We are going to do a racer head soon. Uh, we'll see if that'll be the next episode. It might be, and we might have, we might have to start doing these in segments where we just do all the, 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 uh, 
the monthly thing and just leave it at that and then come back <laughs> and do a review. Back for I think we'll have to follow do that. Up, yes. Yeah. Because it's almost like our once once a month episode should be we're looking at the movies coming out that month and then we're yeah. just going to talk yeah. about them and then maybe follow it up a couple weeks later yeah. with our more specific uh, agree yeah but uh, i think mm-hmm. we just like talking about movies too much but i think that's it <laughs> we've, yeah. we've got all that that good stuff and and uh and talked about uh, a couple movies and then we did have a halloween ends review it's not as much vitriol as you may hear other places but oh, uh the half of i mean i think most of us actually <laughs> liked it so imagine that dave oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> dave can't picture that uh, no well i was <laughs> well let me tell you something i i will give it and i said this and we've been going back and forth on the messages uh on with uh, jay the day back and forth and, <laughs> and i said that um well no at this point it's been it's it's like I said, I'm 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 ready to be Jamie Lee on Walden and just write down my thoughts from this point forward. But I am going to watch it again in the context of the other two. And now that I know what it's not, let me see what it is. I hear you. And I I, I think I mentioned on the maybe it was on Father and Son. I said, you know what? Last year I got to see I got to see uh, Halloween Kills with Dave the first time he watched it, and I said, I thank God I didn't. Get to see Halloween ends with Dave the first time he watched it. And I remember watching that movie and I was having this dual feeling because for me, I was like, hey, I'm digging this. And then my side thought was, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like Dave and Greg and some of these other guys are going to hate this movie. And I feel really bad. Um, you know, right. and I, I don't think I've said this to you because we haven't really talked about it. Because once I heard your review, I'm like, fuck, I'm not I'm going to bring up happy things. So I talked to Dave um, <laughs> is uh, I feel I think when it, watching it and I've watched enough times now. I truly believe that the biggest problem with this is it's not the middle movie. Yes. Yes. It, it, Dave Z put it best. He's like, it's like we, we got Diablo Cody, the first two movies and Ari Aster, the third. Yeah. That's not, that's not, well, what you got was actually, you got David Gordon green. Like that was David Gordon yeah. green's Halloween. The early David Gordon. Right. Green. Well, that's yes. Early yeah. Like, uh, not the stoner movies, but the George Washington. <laughs> and that's why I react. That's why I positively reacted to it because I like Halloween, but I'm, I'll be honest, guys, I'm, I didn't really get into slashers until I met most of you like not long ago. So, okay. so that's yeah. the difference I watched. And I can, and yeah. I can understand, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand and, that because I wasn't looking at it as a David Gordon Green no. movie. I was looking at it as the last chapter of a Halloween movie where I really liked the previous two. Yeah. That's and it was a I totally was different thing, but I think had they put this in the middle and then given us that all out Halloween kills that, that segued yes. into a final showdown, like what we got, I uh, you know, but that's a different, that's a different podcast thing. And, and right. let me tell you that the last time I was this disappointed by a third movie was the matrix revolutions. <laughs> See, and I can, and, and, and Dave, when you say that, when you say Na- matrix revolution, someone else said rise of Skywalker. That's when I feel the pain that everyone's feeling now. Cause I know when it sucks, it's like, it didn't have to be like this. It just didn't now, have didn't, to be like this. Like the matrix reloaded at least had moments. Yeah. And it was building. It was, yeah. it was setting something up. You thought was going to be major. Like it's a matrix yeah. within a matrix. No, just kidding. Because then we get the third one where they're, they're barely in the matrix. We see that boring ass place. And we said, this is what they're fighting for. Well, not just that. <laughs> and in the previous movie, the architect has told them that this is all just another matrix inside of a matrix. So what the hell does any of it matter? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it just, it was, it was, it was like, it, it was the Wachowskis just saying uh, they're trying to get too cute and too, you know, yeah. too clever. I even liked the last one yeah. better than I liked Revolutions, honestly. The the fourth. I'm movie, trying right? to think yeah. if I even, I'm trying to think of a moment I like in, is it Revolutions? 
The third yeah. one, yes. Yeah, that's the name. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I like that they. I like that they cut revolutions. I like that they cut away from Keanu Reeves before he cried at Carrie Ann Moss's death because he wasn't doing it well for the two seconds we saw. <laughs> oh, you know what? I I do. I don't mind the Machine City in that. That's that's all right. Everything else, I don't know. Not when he goes there, but then it's like a Viking funeral stuff. It's a dumb, dumb. Movie. Yeah, but Rise yeah. of Skywalker was where like just like. Like that movie, I was bored with, and my kids were bored with, and we, we were watching the theater. I'm like, "What's uh, this is it? This is the end of this giant saga of movies." So, and that's I get and it. that's a shame. That's that's a shame because I actually liked um, what was the what was the first one that they did in that, um, in that Force Awakens. Awakens. Yeah, I actually liked the Force Awakens. Yes, I understand it's a New Hope done again with just yeah. you know. I even liked way. the Last Jedi, if I'm being honest. I did too. Okay. Yeah, there were parts I didn't like about it, I mean, but, but I mean, uh, you could say about any movie, right? Yeah, that's a shame. Did you see I, Rise of Skywalker, Dave? I have not seen. I haven't seen either of the last. Two, oh, okay. So yeah, okay. I haven't seen either of them yet. I've seen. I just saw the first one um, and thought, wow, that's pretty good. I'm I'm anxious to see where where they go with this. And from what I understand, they didn't go great place. Although I I would I do want to see the Last Jedi just because of. of I think you might does, be but... more interested in it than others because Ryan Johnson does go in a couple different directions. But try and, something and different. Ryan Johnson, I I I taught when he was still a indie filmmaker and i wrote for row three i had email interactions with ryan johnson because he was really friends with one of the writers on row three so i just emailed him we went back and forth and i don't know what did he do the lookout was that one of the movies he did uh Um, he did brick uh, Brick. It, that's yeah. what it was. It was Your around Joseph the time Gordon that, Levitt was in both of those yes, films. It was around the time Brick had come. Oh, Lookout's out. a damn good movie too. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think it was around the time that Brick had come out that I was that I was talking to him. He was still very sort of indie, and then he. I mean, now he's done. You know, uh, well, not just sorry, the Knives Out. Yeah, I love Looper. I thought Looper yeah, Looper's such great. a great. Knives Out's great Brothers too. Bloom is a little underrated too, in my opinion. I like that. What is the it? Brothers Bloom? That was the movie that he did. Oh, yeah. 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 He's 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 a really strong filmmaker, and I love that he's you know sort of. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know him. I don't even know if he'd remember our interaction. Yeah. It was like a couple emails back and forth. It's just the first time I got to. Uh, uh, I think the only other time I got really excited is when I was putting together this book in two thousand five, and I sent Luis Guzman an email, and he responded to me. <laughs> Dave, I I think you'll like the last Jedi. I think a lot of people that got upset with it are the people that get so protective over all the characters and everything. Yeah, I mean, there's some okay. there's some moments in there but i think it's a good movie as a whole and you know there's no ewoks so oh, well there you go the, that's a plus right there the, the problem may <laughs> be that in some ways it kind of resolved everything and didn't really leave i mean the you know the the primary struggles were still there but there's this idea this is always just going forever right there's always going to be the empire there's always going to be rebels and so it felt like hey this is about it it was done and then rise of skywalker was like watching a bunch of like Red Bull adult children try to play the Star Wars Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. It was a damn mess. Um, t- yeah, and no. I, it's we we recently rated our um we were just back and forth on the messages we were doing our top I think Kyle Bishop did it first his favorite in the Star Wars films yeah. and he ranked them all and I ranked mine I did Empire Strikes Back then I did Star Wars um I I said Star Wars 1977 I put in parentheses fucking New Hope it was never called that when I was right yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um, right it's not yeah. and I put I put number three I did I think The Force Awakens I did number four then I put um. 
And then I put, okay, fine. Return of the Jedi without the Teddy Ruxpins. Teddy Ruxpins, right. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I actually kind of liked um, Revenge of the Sith, the last of I, the prequel well, I movies. Too. I did too. That was my fifth. Yeah. That was my fifth one. I put that above um, Jedi, I think, honestly, if I'm being honest. Okay, and I, I would put, and I would put that, I put that one, yeah, I put that one as fifth. Um and there were uh, good things in the prequel films. It's just there's a lot of bad stuff too. Yeah. There's the just a lot of bad stuff. The... I think I even put I think in the final scheme of things, I put the Star Wars Christmas special above Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. <laughs> with yeah, B. Phantom Arthur Menace in the Cantina. Sucks. Yeah. But B. Uh, Arthur there... and Chewbacca's kids with the baseball hat and his wife with the apron. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and God. his uncle looking at it great... like um Wookiee porn or something like that. Right. <laughs> but there's some really good stuff visually in last year. Jedi too, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Think, cool. Yeah. So I think. Oh, no, you know it. what? I had Rogue One up there as well. Rogue oh, One. Oh, Rogue One's really good. Four or five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's a good one. Yeah. Thanks, guys, so yeah. much for listening. And uh, this is the Phantom Video. We will see you next time. Take care. So let's go ahead though and get started because we're gonna cover everything that came out. Not everything, but we're gonna go through the releases that came out for November, and then maybe talk just a little bit about any sort of a, you know, a our black Friday experience. I know lots of times people get excited. It used to be that I got excited just about going to Best Buy at the, <laughs> the middle of the night and picking <laughs> stuff up, which I don't do anymore. I'm not even sure no. that they allow you to do anymore, but uh, in the, in more recent years, of course, the boutiques have sort of kicked in where everyone's got a kind of special going on and then suddenly I have no money. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to let you uh, kick this off. Trey, for our first, uh, at the very beginning of the month here in November, we should go through the calendar. Uh, Trey and I are going off of Blu-ray.com, so if you ever want to follow along, that's what we're doing. And we're going to start right there uh, at November 1st, which had a lot of good releases, actually. Yeah, and I think a lot of this stuff, like there's a variant cover of Starship Troopers 4K that looks pretty cool. Um, but a lot of this stuff I think we talked about. I think Top Gun we talked about in the October releases. So we did. It was technically comes out. Yeah. As you'll hear <laughs> very shortly that came out on the 31st. It was inexplicably. They released it on October 31st. So yeah, right, that, but you know, one I'm really excited about here is the uh, piranha 4k. Although I don't know. I mean, I know the 4k makes some stuff look pretty good, but I don't know if that's going to do any favors for piranha. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know either. Now piranha is an interesting one because I, under other circumstances, I picked this up, but I just last April, I had a kind of cool experience. It was actually my birthday. We were walking through uh, the mall, a mall that we don't go to very often. Honestly, a mall that for all intents and purposes looks like close to shutting down, <laughs> but they still have an FIE in that mall. And I went in there and sit and, and, and everything is so, in my opinion, all the new releases at FIE are usually like extremely overpriced. But, oh, absolutely! Yeah. And and sitting on the shelf was a was a steel book of the Scream Factory release of Piranha, the Blu-ray steel book, and it was about like twenty six dollars or something. But given that it's out of print, and it was at the time, I mean, now the four Ks come out, who knows? But it was like one hundred and twenty six dollars or something <laughs> like that online. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a good this is a good catch. So and uh, for and that steel book for twenty six dollars is, is pretty good. Uh, I have watched that, and it looks great in blu-ray uh, i like sort of i have had the experience now with uh joe dante's the howling and like alligator and for alligator and 4k was actually quite impressive i was surprised that it looked as good as it did so some of these movies i appreciate the film grain as long as it's not out of control you know you get to some of those yeah. <laughs> older godzilla movies and it looks like you're looking at like uh pointillism <laughs> but um <laughs> when you get a nice like 
fine, healthy film grain on a on a seventies or eighties movie. I sometimes it just enhances it, in my opinion. So I've been very pleased with the four Ks that Screen Factory has released of, of stuff like The Fog and and stuff like uh, like say Alligator and even Joe Dante's The Howling looked great in four K. So. I, I have hope that it'll look decent. That's nineteen. That's a nineteen seventy nine movie, so it's not yeah. excessively old. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. I don't have Piranha. I don't think so. I'll probably pick this one up. But yeah. as we've learned recently, probably wait um, a couple months, and that one will be down in price. But uh, I mean, other than that, I think the big highlight of this week, a bunch of you know Christmas classics on four K. It looks like right. Yeah, a lot of the big ones, really, right up front. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, A Christmas Story, Elf, um, The Polar Express, which is, you know, I don't think I ever would have expected it. The book is amazing, so it's, it's wonderful. And I remember seeing this movie in 3D back when it came out at the theater with, with my uh, wife. I think we were just dating at the time. And while I liked it, I don't think I ever would have expected it to become the sort of, like, it has become a bit of a Christmas staple. And I think it's a good movie. Yeah. It just surprises me a little bit that it's... I like, think that's... In part, thanks to it being one of the, you know, six movies played on Freeform every year over and over <laughs> You're again. You're probably right, yeah. But but no, and then you've got like the Rankin and Bass um, stuff too. You've got like the three-in-one deal, and then you've got, you can just buy like Rudolph. Um, yes. Santa Claus is coming to town and Frosty on their own in 4K, which I don't know how much that three-pack is. I'm assuming that's probably ever, that's not bad. I mean, it's. It's 30 bucks, but that's... that's I think that's reasonable. Again, the one thing that um, we were actually talking about this, my family were talking about like whether it's good to see stop motion in 4K or not, or in high definition. And we kind of decided that it is because <laughs> it gives it a very strange sort of feeling, you know? Someone was like, wow, well, who wants to watch Nightmare Before Christmas in high def? And I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> I because do. <laughs> I like part of the, of the joy of a really good stop motion is being able to see I like being able to see places where they left the fingerprints in or, you know, the movement on Kong's fur and stuff like that. So I actually kind of excited about that. I think my my uh, my wife, this is all right up her alley. And of course, we had the Christmas story, Christmas or whatever come outside. That's probably uh, but some of these movies, I'm sort of like, I don't know that I need Christmas vacation and high def. There are probably like 100 people who just heard me say that and disagree. But guess what? <laughs> you have the options now. There's Holiday Inn, uh, which often I think ends up being it's like, oh, it's the other Bing Crosby movie that's not um that's not White Christmas, right? If you've if you killed White Christmas to death, Holiday Inn is not a bad choice. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean it's not bad. I mean, they're all there, like you said, if you want them, but um am I gonna pick any of these up? I don't know. Maybe the Rankin and Bass ones just because you really usually can't find those unless you own them around this time. They come on like once. They yeah, they've definitely we talked about this with like uh Charlie Brown and stuff when we were the illustrated fan. And actually we've got an illustrated fan coming up for December. That's going to be specifically about animated Christmas specials. So this is, this is right up that alley, but I think you watch them and they, yeah, they used to come on. Maybe it was something similar to Freeform or, or, or whatever was like uh, the family channel, you know? Yeah. Used yeah. To play them. Uh, my favorite, I don't see my favorite here, which is the, um, the life and adventures Year without, of Santa Claus. No, okay. I was Year without say, Santa Claus. Year Without Santa Claus is a good one. My my daughter likes that one. I think that's the one with the heat miser. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But no, the this was the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. It's an 80s movie, and it's actually like a high okay. fantasy story where Santa Claus <laughs> is taken in by elves, and then he becomes, uh, when he becomes Santa, he uh, basically uh, ticks off a bunch of like cave trolls living nearby, and they try to kill him, <laughs> and then there's a big fantasy war. <laughs> so check that uh, one out. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm trying to look at what else we got here, Nathan. We got a an Evil Dead two pack on 4K. Every other month, uh, there's an Evil Dead pack. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a different the Batman cover, which is kind of cool. But I I know we both already have that one 4K, so I don't think we'll be. Uh, here's one: the Sharknado Complete Collection on Blu-ray. Yeah, I think all those movies all together equal one star. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. If you're a fan of Sharknado, why not? Because it's it's how I feel about some of these movies. It's like they're you know, if one is better than the other, it's incidental <laughs> yeah. in my personal opinion. But there, there they all are. It is Sharknado, <laughs> the complete collection. And it's a it's a set. <laughs> it's there. Yep. Yep. Um, and we've got uh, one that we both recently just found out about. And neither of us were too excited on jumping on was that Dr. Caligari from 1989, um, which looks incredibly weird and. Uh, not something I think I'll be checking out, but that one comes from Mondo Macabro. If you're into that, uh, although I think that might have sold out, I saw. So maybe not. Maybe they'll maybe they'll put out more. But I think that broke like a Mondo Macabro record, and it it seems on uh, on brand. I think Nathan. Well, it does. It does. It does seem like on brand for that. And I think you had sent me something, the Mondo Macabro's um, list of movies they're selling, and on yeah. that uh, or Mondo Macabre, however you want to say it. But on that list. Uh, there were pictures and there was a picture of someone talking to a wall of just tongues that were sticking yeah. out and like, I don't know they were licking it or kissing it. And I'm just like, Trey, what is that movie? Yeah. And uh, I'm not even being a rhetorical. I need to know what that movie is. But, yeah. you know, when you, we found out that it was Dr. Caligari, which is not to be confused with the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, the silent right. horror German expressionist film. But this movie looks like it's uh, a, a movie obviously inspired by that one and looks very strange. It's from 1989. I never honestly, if I'd heard about it, it might have only been in passing. And I checked out the trailer. And to me, I think I described it to you as it looks to me like a community theater David Lynch. <laughs> like that was I mean, the yeah, vibe. That sounds about right. And uh, the, all of the artwork and the promo stuff looks about the same. But if you are a fan of extremely bizarre movies i do notice as you pointed out like when it's like what's the price it just has a link to buy on ebay at this point so it yeah. does look like it's sold out so dr caligari in 4k from 1989 uh who knows we'll probably see a reprint of that possibly a particular i'm sure i don't i think they usually do they usually end up they're pretty bad like i think i had bought a copy earlier this year on dvd of um don't deliver us from evil um, because that's the only way they had it available. And then now they've got like a 4K and a Blu-ray and a special edition Blu-ray. So there's always some waiting they, in the wings. <laughs> yeah, I think once they sell out a one, they'll move on to the next thing with that one. But yeah, I wouldn't so, be too concerned. Yeah, a cup and MVD's got a, a close range, which is a good movie. That's a that's Sean Penn and Christopher Walken. That's a good sort of uh, thriller for action thriller from the early 80s, 1986. Uh, it's a solid movie. They uh, there's a several anime films coming out that I think are are notable. I, there's a movie called Summer Ghost that I haven't seen but want to see. Have you seen that one yet, Trey? No, I haven't. Nope. Uh, big one here, and I don't know uh, if this is its first uh, media release or not. I, I suspect that maybe it isn't. But Bell uh, that really came out in theaters at the beginning of this year, uh, at least. Uh, U.S. stateside theaters came out. I want to say January or February. It was yeah, it was early in the year, yeah. and I have seen it, but I I don't think this is the first release. I think this is a yeah a follow up, but um, really good movie. Honestly, uh, definitely likely to make my list of top animated movies of the year. May even make my list of top movies of the year. I I really enjoyed it. Um, 
Yeah, it's like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Yeah, for you like saw the it. internet age. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was fine. I don't think I'm as high on it as you were, but um, I mean, it's a solid movie. Yeah, and there's a we've got a lot of uh, series coming out. Um, I'll kind of leave that for everyone to check out because uh, I don't feel the need to, to discuss too much about Fire in His Fingertips or uh, <laughs> Tribe Nine or some of these other other uh, anime titles. But there's a there's a lot there. There's a 1970 version of Wuthering Heights that's just been released on Blu-ray. The other big one here, and actually you'll hear me talk about this shortly, is The Creature from Black Lake is getting a uh, kind of the full release. Yeah, and then so we really move on to November 8th. We had a lot of big releases. The big one I'd like to talk about very briefly. We finally got Casablanca in 4K. Uh, Now, I haven't picked this uh, up. I still have a uh, Warner Brothers... uh, Back in the day, was running something, uh, a kind of promotional thing with a lot of online uh, reviewers and bloggers at the time, and they were sending us copies of their of their films. I have still a great uh, <clears throat> Citizen Kane set from that time, and I have a really good Casablanca set from that time. So I have it in Blu-ray. It looks amazing in Blu-ray. I am interested in in upgrading to Casablanca at 4K. I'm sure it's stunning. It is one of those films that with the black and white, the, the style of black and white cinematography, I think it would look amazing. So I don't have that yet, but that's on my kind of wish list of 4K uh, films uh, to see upgraded. And then one that hasn't been, uh, that, that I'm aware of, this will be, I don't I assume it's gotten a Blu-ray release, but I'm not certain. Escape from Alcatraz, the Clint Eastwood film from late 70s the, in 4K. I'm, I'm pretty interested in that one. I'm a big fan of the movie, but I actually haven't seen it in several years. Yeah, I've never seen that one, but um, pretty cool looking covers on that one. It's a good um, heist film. I think the, the problem that an audience coming to the film now is going to have is we've seen so many movies lift stuff that was done in this movie you know it, it's hard to watch a a not a, i said heist let me back up it's a prison break movie it's hard mm-hmm. to watch this movie uh if you've seen lots of prison break films or tv shows since this point and it's it's gonna be hard for it to feel fresh i think right yeah i mean you run into that every once in a while you run i run into that same problem when i'm watching an older movie i haven't seen before um usually i can do a pretty good job of getting into it still but Sometimes that does happen. This has great performances, including uh, the late Fred Ward is in this one, and he's really good in it. He's a major player alongside Eastwood. So one of the guys trying to break out as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, Probably won't blind by it, but (laughs) maybe one day. Um, I see one here that I think we talked about on the Phantom Galaxy Top 10 last year was Power of the Dog, which I wasn't... Um, insanely high one is some people. I don't know how you felt about that one, but that looks like the another Criterion Netflix release. I think it's a very good movie. I really liked it. I think that Cumberbatch's performance in the film Benedict Cumberbatch, he's great in it. I think actually all of the the uh, the, the leads in the film are are wonderful. But um, yeah, I don't know that it made my top ten. It might have been in the runners up. I do think it. I think was, same with me. Yeah, um, but very good movie, and it is getting a Criterion release, which is this being one of the Netflix films. It is uh, Criterion seems to be one of the few labels that is picking up these Netflix movies and releasing them. The couple of uh, new Criterions that also came out uh, were all were uh, 
we got a 4K for In the Mood for Love, the Wong Kar Wai film. So that's pretty cool. They just had a really big Wong Kar Wai box set released last year. But In the Mood for Love, which is one of my all-time favorites of his, is now in a sort of standalone 4K. And there's also the very strange movie uh, from the 60s, Daisies, which is, uh, if you're an off-the-wall movie lover, you probably want to check out Daisies at some point. That that got a an upgraded release. Uh, but And then we have 8 Mile... 20 years since 8 Mile came out. <laughs> so yeah. 8 Mile in 4K. Um, I remember seeing this back then. I'm less enthused about this than I was in 2002. <laughs> and, then my, and my enthusiasm then was limited. So, <laughs> Yeah, same here. I don't have much interest in that. But um, this is weird. Um, did you ever watch the Aqua Teen Hunger Force show back in the... I did. I even think I saw... <laughs> I think I saw at the theater the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie that even had a, a character that was uh, voiced by Bruce Campbell, if, uh, if memory serves. <laughs> that sounds I, I, about I right. I think it was a package of nuggets or something. I don't remember what he was. But um, <laughs> yeah, Plantasm is the name of this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I mean, the cover looks really good for what it is. I mean, it's pretty impressive. They did the same thing with the film. I don't know if you remember, but the film had like it was copying some of those uh, not unlike Army of Darkness, those old like sword and sorcery sort of covers. Carl, I think, was really buff looking and was holding a shotgun in the (laughs) air and everything was really detailed and cool. But, you know, it still had that same like I drew this on an Etch-A-Sketch animation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm seeing there's see there's not a lot that I've seen here. There's some stuff I'm curious about. But one that I um, one is the witch Two, the other one, which I think is a Korean film. It is. Yep. And that's the sequel to one from a couple of years back, which I haven't seen yet, which is why I'm not completely. I have that one on DVD and ready to watch that. I found it like either Big Lots or the Dollar Tree. But um, I'm ready to watch that one before I get into number two. But I'm interested in that. I haven't seen either one. Uh, of course, none of these are related to the witch or whatever. However, you want to say, no. I still say the witch. I say the, the witch. The I don't want to get fancy. Yeah, it, it sounds too <laughs> hoity-toity. I, I don't call seven to seven in, so I'm not. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> um, but there, yeah, there's some interesting older stuff here. Audrey Rose, um, Arrow Video is releasing Audrey Rose, which is a uh, a movie to the tail end of the 70s 1977 that was another movie i think we've talked about how the 70s was really big for uh people really kind of jumping into the supernatural in a way where yes it's fiction but we still kind of believe in this you know there's a couple of movies i've watched recently that literally will have a title card at the beginning of the movie that say although this is not a, a based on true events the psychic phenomena you see in this film is plausible or something like that. <laughs> and so this kind of, you know, their time life books were out at the time where, you know, people were interested in the occult and the paranormal. And Audrey Rose is actually, uh, it's directed by Robert Wise and it's a story about reincarnation and then sort of reincarnated memories. But I saw this as a kid. This is a performance by Anthony Hopkins as a man who approaches a family and starts to tell them very kind of disturbing information that their daughter is possibly the reincarnated version of his daughter who died horribly. And uh, some of the trauma that this young girl is experiencing is not really her trauma. It's the trauma of the girl before her. And uh, I haven't seen this movie in ages. I think I did watch it 
you know, post childhood when I saw it originally and, and didn't find it worked as well. But this movie creeped me out quite a bit when I saw it as a kid because of the idea of having a past life and not a particularly happy past life. Now, I had enough problem, you know, not uh, as, as a kid, you, you, you don't want any more than your own life to worry about. So it was a very creepy idea for a movie that had no monsters or uh, vengeful spirits in it. Audrey Rose kind of creeped me out as a kid. It was a very weird concept. I was worried one day I'd suddenly have memories of uh, of things I didn't do and maybe those weren't such good things. <laughs> so <laughs> That's one that I was saying that I haven't seen, but I am interested in. So um, maybe that's one worth checking out, maybe on the Arrow channel when they drop it and then seeing if I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do need to rewatch it myself. And I think it is it may be streaming for free in a couple different places right now. Um the, the Immortal Classic Earth Girls Are Easy is now also on uh, Blu-ray via Vestron. Uh <laughs> I actually probably at some point they've been selling us like 10 bucks. I should probably just pull the trigger on cuz I this is those goofy movies and it has the uh, a combo that for me was irresistible back in the day of Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis. You know, they did the fly, but they also did Earth Girls Are Easy. I, my big Gina Davis fan. They they also did Transplant, yeah, Transylvania Six Five Thousand together. Uh, and Marlon Wayans is in this one too. <laughs> no, no, excuse me, Damon Wayans is in this movie. So uh, as one of the alien creatures, so is Jim Carrey. But they're kind of furry and look like the Grinch, except they're different colors. Have you <laughs> have you seen this one at all? No, I haven't. See, with that roster of talent, how can you go wrong? It's de- It screams like like wrong-headed 80s sci-fi comedy <laughs> like you can watch this and like my stepmother's an alien back to back and that's probably about the right place for it but i i have fond memories of it so uh you know vestron tends to sell these things i think and most of the time at a somewhat you know what what's a respectable going rate for a blu-ray of a movie that's you know been out of been out of favor for 30 some years <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's about 10 bucks. It's yeah, about yeah. the right price to pick one up. But, yep, yeah. Um, and then an, another one I think that you love, The Nun and the Devil, right? Oh, no, sorry, sorry. She will. She will. She will the Nun and the Devil. Is that on the list here? I, I'll have none of that. Yeah, that doesn't look like my type <laughs> of movie at all. Uh, anyone out there who's been waiting for that release for a long time, I I don't apologize. Go, go for it. But I probably will not. She will. I really like this. This is streaming on Shutter. I think you liked it too. I think you were the person who, who yeah. kind of alerted me to it first. Uh, it's got a performance by one of my favorite uh, actresses and an actress who, who does a lot of great work in the horror genre, which is Alice Cree, uh, who we've probably seen, many of you have probably seen in, like, say, Sleepwalkers or a ghost story. Although probably more of you may, have, may remember her as the Borg Queen in Star Trek First Contact. Uh, she's been in, in many other things as well. Uh, but here she's front and center. She's really the star of this film and giving a really good performance. And this is this is definitely 100%, in my opinion, it's full car. She gets to uh, act alongside Malcolm McDowell, or I would say Malcolm McDowell gets to act alongside her. Uh, Rupert uh, Everett is in this too, in a, in, a, in a role I didn't even recognize him in for a long, there was a large part of this movie until I realized which one of these actors was Rupert Everett. He's come a long yeah. way from Cemetery Man. It's been a long time though, you have to think. Yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, he's yeah. good in the film. I, I find this is a very captivating, interesting movie. I will say that for me, it's much more of a supernatural thriller or even more of a kind of supernatural thriller with a, um, with a with a female focus in such a way that it, it becomes more like a supernatural drama, I think, than a full-blown horror movie. That's not to say it doesn't have horror elements or that I wouldn't f- firmly put it in the horror genre, but I think that uh, you, when you go along for the ride on this one, you want to go in knowing that it's kind of supernatural drama first. Would you agree? 
Yeah, it's not you're not going to go in getting like a full bore witch movie. But if you think about those, which speaking of the 70s, think about those witch movies of the 70s. It probably falls more in line with those as far as like the drama first. Oh, yeah, I Um, totally agree. This is more like a what, like a season of the witch or something like that. Although you could argue whether that's a witch movie, (laughs) really. Yeah. The the, um, Ramiro movie. No, I like I I think I will probably hold off for a little bit. I usually get those on like those buy two, get one free sales yeah. just because like, well, and it's not, it's not a shutter release. It was on shutter, but it's IFC looks like it's putting it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not a shutter release, but shutter it's, it's on shutter currently as, uh, as far yes, as I'm aware. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Not just, so, uh, last month full moon released transfers to, uh, 4k. And I actually picked that up and that, that was a great release. I do see that. I don't think this is 4k, but I see them dropping to Blu-ray. The remaining transfers movies or at least transfers four and five, which were sort of back to back. And I, I think they were made in the wake of army of darkness. So when Ash goes to medieval times and, you know, has all his adventures, suddenly we're like, let's put Jack death, you know, Tim Thomerson in the same sort of scenario. So these are almost very much like low budget versions of here's the sarcastic, like, uh, American wise ass in medieval like England um, on in, in particular the transfers case on some extremely low budget sets. It looks like they just toured every broken down uh, moldering castle ruins in Romania and filmed there uh, until they got chased away. So, but <laughs> transfers for Jack of swords and transfers five sudden death are available now on Blu-ray via full moon. I don't remember. I've saw, I've seen them both, but I don't remember much about them. I do highly recommend transfers and uh, transfers too, actually. So let's see anything else. So there's a movie here. Let's talk about this. Cause we get December coming up next month. And at some point on, on some Phantom Galaxy iteration, I'm sure we'll be talking about Christmas horror films. Do you know anything about Christmas cruelty? It has a release date of 2013 here. It's got a pretty creepy cover of just a, what I assume is a Santa mask is, but the, you don't see anything through the eye holes. It's just sort of black vacant look. And that's, I don't know nothing about this movie. And in fact, the fact it's called Christmas cruelty and I haven't heard of it suggests I may not be trying to watch it anytime soon, but that gives that yeah. credit to that cover. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would say so. I like that cover caught my eye when I was going down through, but no, I have not heard of it and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so don't know too much about that one. Uh, for people who like to pick up uh, sets, sets and series, if Discovery of Witches has, I think the latest season is out. Same with uh, Yellowstone, and uh, Yellowstone's a show I really like. I haven't, I'm not completely caught up with it. Um, Moonhaven, the season one of Moonhaven. This is an AMC show. I never got a chance to cover it on the podcast. I really need to go back and do it because this was a summer uh, show, so it had a somewhat shorter season. It's a fantastic science fiction show. So if science fiction uh, is your thing or even space, it's not quite space opera, but it, it kind of goes in between. So if you enjoyed like something like Lost in Space, uh, the, the newer version of Lost in Space that Netflix did, this is probably right up your alley. Um, really good show. Highly recommended. Definitely worth picking up. Okay. So uh, big, big, big release here at the top of Reservoir Dogs in 4K. And, uh, I like this movie quite a bit. It's probably, honestly, it's probably in my uh, the top tier of Tarantino movies for me. Uh, it's not quite number one. There are several I like a bit more, but for particularly his sort of a, his his initial film, his debut, if you will, I think it's a really good movie. I really like it. I think it gets overshadowed a lot, maybe these days, particularly by Pulp Fiction. I do think Pulp Fiction's a little bit better, but. Uh, for what he's working with here, and it doesn't play with necessarily all of the tricks that you later see Tarantino kind of bring into his films. Uh, the thing I like about it is it's relatively straightforward. So 
I really like Reservoir Dogs, uh, and it's in 4K. And actually, at the moment we're talking, they've had a they've had it for a relatively good price. Um, I believe right now you can buy it off of Amazon for like thirteen dollars, even so. Uh, not too bad for a 4K copy of, of a movie that's really pretty good, particularly if you are a fan of Tarantino and it's uh, first time in 4K. So, have you seen this one? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I don't have. I think the only. I think for his 90s movies, the only thing I have is like um, a three pack of Blu-ray of them. So, um, I probably need to upgrade. I'll, I'll be honest, his 90s output was probably lower on my list. Um, I still love them, all three of them, but. Um, yeah, I definitely need to upgrade those at some point and 13 bucks. Isn't too bad. Yeah. Now I'm kind of the opposite where, um, I think my, some of the stuff he did in the nineties is some of my favorite stuff, particularly, particularly Jackie Brown. I think of those three movies is the one I like the best. Um, but we also have Criterion's releasing, um, they haven't have too many box sets come out this year. Last year they, they were on a tear with a lot of really good ones. But, uh, one of the ones that's interesting this year is they did a trilogy, the infernal affairs trilogy. And uh, Infernal Affairs uh, was a is the the original film is the one that inspired Martin Scorsese's or is a you know the Departed is an actual remake of Infernal Affairs, and I hadn't seen Infernal Affairs at the time I'd seen uh, by the time I'd seen the Departed, but I did follow up and check it out, and it is a good strong movie in its own right. And what's interesting is it does have two more movies that occur in the same uh, wavelength of of, of this of this narrative that just in different places. So it's pretty interesting. If you want to see a larger kind of picture of what's going on beyond where the departed ends. Now do I actually think this is one of the few cases in my personal opinion, where what Scorsese does with the departed is stronger than what was the original film infernal affairs, but it's still a very good movie. This is a really good uh, box set. I've seen all three movies. I think they're all worth seeing and they do kind of give you an interesting perspective on not just this movie, but on the departed. If you're, if you're a fan of that. Yeah, and I haven't seen those. I knew about the I know it was what the departed was based on, but I have not seen those movies yet. Yeah, pretty interesting. I say that the sequels are worthwhile. And of course, Criterion, they always have a lot of great special features uh, that kind of come along with this. And so a lot of these films, too, when they were released here in the States, they sometimes got releases through uh, some of these, you know, the. Um, like uh international releasing they you'd have somebody that would release them and they'd be fine it'd be the only thing we kind of had at the time and i'm trying to think of some of those with, with some of those uh studios and and actual titles were but uh they weren't always the best quality you know i i think that sometimes you'd they'd hurry up and get a release out and the actual quality of the dvd or whatever that came out uh sometimes it wouldn't be amazing so criterion to go back and clean up some of these particularly some of these uh chinese action films they look really really good yeah, um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. That one caught my eye when we were going down through, but uh, haven't watched any of that stuff. Do you think that'd be something I would be into? I think so. I think I think you'd enjoy it. It definitely for fans of crime cinema. Again, I would say this: if you like The Departed, the thing that makes sets internal affairs apart is it does have a different vibe because of the cultural difference there. Uh, and I think that you know this particular era of of action and crime films in China, there were a lot of really good movies uh, to come out of that mm -hmm. time frame, uh, And I think a lot of them have probably been sort of overlooked in some cases. This one's the one that's probably caught the most um, interest, but uh, Andy Law is a good filmmaker and he's made a lot of really good 
action films, uh, I would say definitely check this out. This would be a great way that if you're sitting here and thinking, hey, I haven't dipped my toes into that too much, this is a great place to start because even if you've seen The Departed, you're going to see a different movie and a fresh take. I mean, it was the first take, but you're going to see a movie that's still going to hold up for you. This isn't, uh, I can think of a couple of movies where once you've seen the, the remake or the original vice versa, you don't need to see the other one. This is not one of those cases. I think these two movies complement each other. They're their own experiences. These are two very different filmmakers, but two very, uh, uh, filmmakers with their own specific visions. So, you know, to see an Andy Law movie and see a Scorsese movie, you're going to see two different takes on something. Um, right. We have Pearl coming out on Blu-ray or came out on Blu-ray on November yeah. 15th. Is, is that, I guess that is the first time it's come out. It yeah. only was in theaters in um, September, but I don't know about you, but I kind of like that second cover, the one down on the second line better than the one with her, you know, holding the ax in the spotlight. That image is great. Um, yeah, that 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 image has much more a feel. I think I think it captures the movie itself, where she's behind the blowing curtains, and it has that kind of like uh, Oklahoma meets murder mm-hmm. look that the the movie sort of does pretty well. I really liked the film. I think that uh, Mia Goth is really good in it. It's a um, the big question I have, and I don't know that we I've answered it for myself because I've only seen this movie once, is whether I would have would have felt that this movie was sufficient on its own had I not already seen X. You know, uh, this movie, it does stand alone, but I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if it would have the same impact or depth without having the other movie. I, I, there was a part of me watching the film where I thought, how much of this is getting by off the fact that we know that this is, that X happens after this and we've already seen that film. You know, X to me was a little more substantial as a standalone movie, whereas I thought Pearl felt a little bit more like we have this really great Mia Goth performance and then everything else is a little bit of a lark. I still like the movie. I'm not yeah. knocking it at all, but I agree with you. And I'll be interested to see how that one holds up on rewatch. I think X might hold up a little better on rewatch than that one, but we'll see. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year came out on uh, 4k at this point too. That's 3000 years of longing. Uh, I'm going to guess that most of you haven't seen this because nobody went to see it <laughs> when it was at the theaters, but this is George Miller director of really all the Mad Max movies. And uh, Babe, Pig in the City, uh, um, and, and Happy Feet, things like that. The uh, I think he he also directed The Witches of Eastwick. But 3,000 Years of Longing, a brand new movie from him, kind of while we're waiting for the, I guess what's going to be ultimately the prequel to Mad Max, uh, Furiosa. And this is a really cool movie. I really like it a lot. It's not necessarily going to be to everybody's liking, but it's a big fantasy movie about the, um, you know, the act of storytelling and also how storytelling affects not just those who partake of it, but the storytellers themselves. And it what's interesting is that you have a lot of these really big, grand, fantastical images that Miller can produce in a movie like uh, Mad Max Fury Road, where you've got this genie talking about the previous times, his uh, the, the previous times when he was taken out of his imprisonment and had a owner who had the opportunity to have three wishes, and they possessed the lamp, so he was basically at their beck and call. And then what kind of happens to him in between of those times? Idris Elba plays the genie. He's really, really good in it. Tilda Swinton is the woman who has rubbed the lamp this time, and she is a kind of um, literary and mythology studies person. So she kind of she she knows she knows all the stories about genies. She knows what's to ask and and what to find out. And a lot of this, what's interesting is a lot of this movie is the back and forth between them in her hotel room has a much emphasis as the big fantasy scenes. Although those fantasy scenes are pretty cool. I highly recommend it. It's not going to be for everyone, but if you saw a movie like Tarsim sings the fall uh, films like the princess bride, 
things like that. I think this movie fit a big fish. This movie fits neatly into that niche of films. Yeah. And I still haven't seen it yet. I'm a big, uh, well, at least Mad Max fan. And uh, yeah, I, I rented it when you had told me about it, but I haven't got to it yet. Podcast homework kind of got in the way there a little bit. Yeah. Much, much better movies. I'm sure. Trey. Yes. Yes. Something really Look, special. We got Wayne's world, <laughs> right? Wayne's world. Yo, stay tuned guys. Wayne's world in 4k is out. Of course that would happen right after I buy the, uh, steel book of Wayne's world. But I think Wayne's world, not in 4k <laughs> is perfectly fine. It, it's probably fine. I had a great time showing this to my kids. Cause we just watched the weirdo Yankovic biopic and, uh, they were into that. So, uh, this felt, if you've seen that, that weird owl movie, you know that this is not that far afield from it. Used cars in 4K. Now, I have not seen that movie in ages, a uh, Kurt Russell movie, and I have no clue. I suspect that one may or may not hold up uh, wonderfully, <laughs> but um, there's a Robert Zemeckis movie, and uh, it was like Kurt Russell and Jack Warden, and, uh, but I don't, I have not, I don't have a big memory on how it, how it, uh, how it's how it holds up because my i probably saw it in the 80s honestly yeah i haven't seen that one um so i can't comment on it but yeah it might not <laughs> might be like you're saying it might not hold up I'm not sure it's your thing so i don't know who decided yeah. <laughs> we needed an ripd2 but that's that's out there <laughs> i got gotcha. you um have you seen amish have you seen any of these um sunny chiba movies in this collection so that's the next one yeah now that's a anyone who's listening to this and and if particularly if you're a family member and you asked me for my Christmas wish list and I didn't answer you, well, here it is. So the Sonny Chiba collection, I've seen one or two of the movies, but not too many of them. Honestly, I, uh, I'm i a big fan of Chiba, but outside of the Street Fighter films and maybe one or two movies, I haven't seen a lot of his output from this time period. Of course, I saw, saw him in Kill Bill and Tarantino, you know, got him into that film kind of based upon, you know, the legend that he that he amassed making these sorts of movies and this has got a nice breakdown of his crime films and some of the samurai movies so uh it looks like a really nice collection i'm actually very interested in it i've been really enjoying these sort of martial arts box sets that they've been putting out uh as someone who doesn't who would like to learn a little bit more about chiba i think that uh, this would be a perfect sort of thing i just recently watched true romance and towards the beginning of that movie tarantino has uh christian slater going to a theater watching a of a sunny Chiba sort of marathon. So, and I probably, some of these movies are playing, I would assume during that marathon. So yeah, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty interested in that. There's a good number of movies on there. Uh, is it, is yeah. it maybe six movies? Yeah, I'm, and I'm the same with you. I'm haven't seen a lot of sunny Chiba stuff, but always been interested. So I don't know about picking that up or not, but I am interested. Yeah. And it's, a, and I think this is a case where it's actually a pretty reasonable, uh, price tag and it's got like a fifty dollar price tag, but there are also several films on here. Uh, you get Yakuza Wolf one and Yakuza Wolf two, and then Bodyguard Kiba one and two, and then the uh, so those those four are the crime films, and then the next uh, two discs have Shogun Shadow, Samurai Reincarnation, which I have seen, and Swords of Vengeance, uh, which I haven't seen, but it is directed by Kinji Fukasaku, who did Battle Royale, and. Uh, those three movies are, again, they're in the samurai vein thing. So if you're into the samurai films, uh, those will probably be, those three alone are probably worth it. And I. Oh, well, it doesn't have, sound like me. <laughs> and uh, and the other uh, films, the the Yakuza and Bodyguard films, I've heard really good things about. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about checking it all, checking it out, honestly, because uh, uh, Chiba's one of those guys I could definitely see more movies that he's been in. 
Okay. Yeah. I might, I might check that out. I mean, it seems I was pretty curious when I saw that coming out, but maybe I'll wait till it comes down a little bit, but uh, I'm looking, I only have a couple other things to mention and then you can go through whatever you want to on here, Nathan. But, um, I do see a Blu-ray of black snake moan, which I am a big fan of. I, I feel like we've talked about this one on the show before. I can't remember if it's come out maybe or was supposed to come out in another month, but, um, I do enjoy that movie. And then do you see this one down a few rows down on the list? It hatched from 2021. It looks very weird. Very, very low budget. I'm not sure what I'm looking at, actually. Yes, it hatched. I am not. I saw that, too. And I thought, man, I should have like looked at this more closely because I have no clue what this is. This is one I'd ideally probably like to like have researched a little more. The uh, synopsis says a couple moves back to Iceland. Buying an old house of plans to turn into a bed and breakfast. After some strange visions, Peter discovers a hole in the basement covered by a runic table, and his wife gives birth to an egg. See, I'm pretty much all in for that, but <laughs> again, it's like you said, I don't know how low budget or, or not it yeah, is. It should not, looks pretty cheap. It does. It should not be confused with uh hatching from right or from or the hatching from earlier, or actually, yeah, from earlier this year in 2022, uh, which I thought was a very good movie. But uh, that is not this movie, but that was also a, uh, a foreign horror movie involving a egg and something sort of monstrous hatching from it. But have no clue about this one. But I, I, I'm intrigued enough by that synopsis to check it out, I think. But I don't think yeah. this would be a blind buy for me at all. No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, there's a movie here called Doll Shark. And I see that. I feel like I don't want to ruin... My experience with this poster, which is great, which has a shark literally jumping out of a child's <laughs> toy chest by reading it or watching a trailer, because I'm sure I'll be instantly disappointed. But I would yeah. I would happily own that poster. Uh, <laughs> Airplane <laughs> 2 on Blu-ray. You're right. I did think we have talked about some of these and sort of keep movies that keep popping up. Um, Allegoria was a horror film that I saw. I can't remember if I saw it. I think that was a Shutter exclusive, actually. It was. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Not. I, I thought it was okay. It, was, it probably won't make my list of, of top horror films, but I did. Um, I, I think if you're a horror fan, you're probably going to want to see it. Uh, you also have uh, Jerry and Marge Go Large, which I saw earlier this year on one of the streaming services that had a, that, an interesting movie about a couple who uh, find a way to take uh, take advantage of a lottery ticket loophole. And uh, that's it's a pretty fun movie. It's a, it's one of those, hey, you need a nice smile movies. It's one of those. It doesn't go much beyond that, but it's it's pretty good. Annette Bening and Brian Cranston are the stars. The guy working the uh, the the uh, convenience store where they go to buy the lottery tickets is Rain Wilson. So you get a kind of fun uh, group ensemble there with them. So it's 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 not going to blow your hair back, but it's a kind of a fun. It's one of those perfect like, oh, my parents are over. You want to watch a movie? kind of deals <laughs> um but yeah the, i'm gonna go through the rest of the list here i guess we're on november 22nd at this point uh yeah. so, some things i'm really psyched about in terms of like the high def yeah. release one stands out to me but i'll let you go ahead and start um well i'll talk about the one you probably aren't going to mention which is high plains drifter in 4 no no Clint Eastwood. <laughs> now the interesting thing about high plains drifter is like you look at that cover and it's absolutely western but if there's anyone out there who hasn't seen this movie this is 1973 this is a little bit of a horror film a little bit this is a supernatural revenge picture ultimately and i bet you oh, probably really? didn't think that was the case going in but no you've got clint eastwood shows up in this town and everything's kind of gone wrong and he's going to put it right but he's going to put it right in some pretty violent ways and it's quite possible that this guy 
might be someone that the people in this town have previously killed. So there's some interesting stuff going on there. It is not, it's not a full blown horror film, but it is a, it does feel like it moves in that, in that, that kind of rhythm. So it is a darker, grittier sort of uh, Western. And it has definitely got some supernatural goings on. So if it, if it was on the written page, you probably would be able to consider it a horror story. I think ultimately in its style, it feels very much in keeping with Clint Eastwood's Westerns of the time, but there's definitely uh, some darker things going on here. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I don't even know if I've heard about that one. So. I highly recommend it. Outside of like the Sergio Leone, like the 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 Dollars trilogy, I'd say mm-hmm. this is the this and and probably um, Pale Rider, which also uh, has some similarities in the sense that maybe there's a the, the 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 man without a name character is maybe a little bit supernatural. But High Plains Drifter, I highly recommend. I think that it's a very very good. It's one of Eastwood's best Western films. Uh, again, outside of the dollar trilogy and unforgiven things like that. Okay. Yeah, cool. I will put that on the list. So which one jumps out to you, Trey? Yeah, it's, um, it's one that's not a great movie, but I kind of like it. It's mystery man in 4k and wow. There are a lot of 4k releases coming out this week. But... There are. I really like mystery <laughs> men too. It's a fun one. I'm looking forward to showing it to my kids and I had held off buying it. I probably, it's one I'll probably wait for it to come down, you know? Uh, as yeah. far as because there are a lot of releases like a kind of really big notable one here although i may not pick it up just yet is the wally on 4k via criterion so this is the first mm-hmm. time that a disney film has joined the criterion collection i actually think it's a really good choice um i'm a big fan of wally i honestly think it's probably outside of the original toy story it's probably my favorite pixar movie uh, because it is so much a true science fiction movie even apart from sort of the Pixar cuteness. Uh, I think the first 30 minutes of this movie, except for hearing a bit of a musical played on television, I think is actually silent film. So, uh, and, and, and kind of feels a throwback to silent era romances and things like that, like a Charlie Chaplin movie. And yet it is still very much uh, a science fiction film, particularly in the second half where we get a generational spaceship and things like that. Some pretty neat stuff. If you haven't seen this movie, Trey. No, I haven't seen it. And I'm, it, I think we've talked about it in the past, but kind of the loosening of the iron grip on Disney releases. This might not yeah. be the last one of these. I mean, I know who knows with um, I think isn't Bob Iger taking back control of Disney now? I think that's um, what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows if that'll reverse course? But uh, yeah, they held their stuff very preciously for years and years. And it seems like maybe it's starting to loosen a little bit. What I like about this is the potential for not, you know, I don't need to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in the Criterion Edition next month, but I would be happy to see a Criterion Edition of Something Wicked This Way Comes or some of Disney's live-action back catalog that uh, that are very good films in their own right. Some of them are. Not all of them are, but some of them are. I think I think Something Wicked would be a great snatch-up for Criterion, personally, if, if they could pull some together some releases on it because I think it's a very good movie, and right now it only has as a DVD release. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to upgrade it. Um, Planes, Absolutely. Trains, and Automobiles it, is getting a big release. That's a big, I'm a big fan of that, that we just watched it for Thanksgiving. Uh, maybe, in my opinion, one of the best movies that either Steve Martin or John Candy has made. Uh, Malcolm X in 4K, another Criterion release, a, a very a, a great movie, actually. Uh, and uh, I, I don't have that one in 4K. I think, I, I think that this has been released previously in Blu-ray, and I think I do have that edition um big one for me definitely had already pre-ordered this um was 
Company of Wolves in 4K from 1984. Now, this is a movie that really has only had a DVD release. Even that DVD has been hard to get a hold of, I think. And I think it was released by, like, Hen's Tooth Video or something, which always released these, like, really relatively shoddy copies of of the films. So I think I had the... Uh, it, it looks to me like someone taped it off of, you know off of television just about but company of wolves is a neil jordan movie uh, it's based off of an angela carter story uh that basically takes fairy tales and does a somewhat feminist like deconstruction of them i really like the movie it's visually opulent uh if you're look, trying to figure out what movies look similarly i'd say a movie like brotherhood of the wolf sleepy hollow um maybe a little bit less but like terry gilliam's brothers grim uh, films of that nature. It is a werewolf story, but it has a very much a kind of hallucinogenic uh, fable fairy tale vibe to it. Would you say that's accurate? Trey, have you seen this movie? Uh, yeah, I have. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I, have I seen didn't. It. I thought. I thought. I we the, I, this is one of those sort of subgenres where I'm all in, and I, I know that you're not usually um, quite as much. But um, I would say if you are a fan of like the kind of visual feast movies where maybe visually speaking or aesthetically speaking, that's where the movie shines over narrative cohesion and even, you know, basic common storytelling sense. Then <laughs> company of wolves might be your movie. I can guarantee you it's going to look amazing in 4k. Looking down at this, are you a fan of the, um, Ip man stuff? I really like, so Ip Man, I remember when it came out and I was really all in on it because, and my dad too, he was so excited. I, the minute it came out, I saw it at a, I think it was one of the, um, uh, the, the big fan, uh, Fantasia film festival that happens. Uh, it used to happen like in the middle of the summer and it was, uh, it usually happens in Canada. So uh, it's very difficult to be able to uh, attend it or, and you can't really, you know, stream it back this was probably 2011 or whatever but i remember that they did send me some screeners for the film festivals happening and Ip man the original Ip man was one of those movies and i i was a big donnie yen fan already and this is a movie i think they kind of put donnie yen on the map for the, lots of people have probably seen him movies like iron monkey and he even showed up in several like um american films like uh like blade and the one of the highlander films so he was always like a bit part you know he kind of comes in does his thing you're like or that guy with the cool martial arts go, then he's dead. Uh, but for me, Ip Man was a great sort of showcase for him. It was a great showcase of the actual Ip Man. My, uh, my dad, who studied martial arts and stuff in kind of the, the mid-80s when it was a big fad, you know, uh, he was kind of one of his heroes. So I think that the film itself is very good. It's very Hollywoodized. I did see the sequels. I didn't enjoy them as much. They seemed to get sort of broader and more sort of operatic as they went along. Uh, I know Samuel Hung did show up in the second film, which was pretty cool, but I do really like the first one. But this isn't a series where I feel like the need to own every Ip Man movie. Yeah, I think I only um, had watched the first one. Maybe I need to give it another chance one day, but it wasn't necessarily uh, up my alley. Um, I'm seeing here, I know one we had already talked about was Hatching. Looks like it is out on Blu-ray as of that week. Um, that's one that I think we both really liked. Yeah, very very good horror film. Uh, really like it a lot. We were just talking about fairy tales and sort of uh, the the kind of feminist bent on a fairy tale. Hatching has a lot of that, I think. I think Angela Carter would dig Hatching. Yeah, no, it's a good one. Um, and then right beside it, I see the the Blood Beast Terror, which I think I had looked up. Um, that's a Peter Cushing movie. 
but I don't think that was had very good um, ratings from people I've seen it. So, yeah, and I'll say this: that if you're someone who has seen the Blood Beast Terror and you like it, I mean, these releases, I think it's a Kino Lorber one, so it's probably a very good release, even if it's not a very good movie. Uh, and I think it's it's worthwhile to remind everyone that Peter Cushing made a lot of movies, <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. Yes, him and Christopher Lee were all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot. I, I think I think those guys both, and there's certainly nothing wrong with it, but I think a lot of times, uh, if it if it wasn't like this is a major um, up for my career, it would be this is going to be a good vacation. So <laughs> it's going to get me a good trip to, uh, you know, Europe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm not seeing, what else do you have for this week? I'm not seeing a whole lot else. That I uh, there's to talk a couple about. I want to talk about very quickly. Um, I have 52577, which is obviously the date that Star Wars released. I remember this script kicking around for a long time. I wasn't actually aware, like this movie was made, I guess, in 2007. I actually never saw the movie. I'd heard so much kind of hype and discussion about it prior that when it finally it seemed like it was secondary once it was the movie was actually made so i haven't seen that i don't know if you have i'm I'm a big star wars fan but i think this movie was felt much more fresh and interesting before the phantom menace came out which is the point in time when people were talking about it (laughs) so they come out in 2007 after the entire uh you know, prequel trilogy have been released. I think people's sentiments about Star Wars had dampened and maybe even damper now. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Uh, but I'd be interested. I just never watched it. it all, like I'm just recently, I've seen it popping up again. And I'm like, oh, they did finally make that script. But X-Day Hair Extensions. Have you seen this movie? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's a crazy Asian horror film from right around the time when uh, here in the States, everyone had discovered The Ring and Juan and things like that. And hair extensions, you know, no pun intended, feels like the next logical extension, right? Like to, So we've got your your evil ghost girl and her, her creepy hair. But what if her hair is the primary scary thing about her? And this movie is ridiculous. But it's sort of over-the-top, uh, off-the-wall ridiculous, not sort of incidentally. I mean, this movie is like, how crazy can we make a movie about killer hair? That's what this is. Um, a few... Uh, years ago, maybe even was it last year, or the year before, we had the movie Bad Hair. I think Bad Hair feels very much like a yeah, it was like 2020. I think yeah, it feels basically like the American rendition of Hair Extensions. Hair Extensions, of course, because it's uh, it gets a little crazier. But the yeah, uh, I would say I liked I'd liked Bad Hair, but I haven't seen. Now I don't know if this is a giallo or not, but it certainly sounds like a giallo. Murder in a Blue World. Do you know anything about that one? No, I know nothing about that one, but the cover looks kind of cool. It does. It has that kind of vibe. The Final Countdown is a movie. Uh, we're just getting the, the, the 4K release of it from uh, Blue Underground. But Final Countdown is a kind of fun uh, sci-fi movie that deals with... Um, it's kind of the same content that was for the Philadelphia Experience, where, where we have a... Uh, again, like we were talking about, where something sort of paranormal happens and everybody latches onto it because is this a true story? Is it not? And this is where a whole sort of aircraft carrier goes missing for a certain period of time. And it's just sort of gone. And in this telling of it, that stars Martin Sheen, that it goes back in time. This modern aircraft carrier is poised right at the, uh, the pinnacle of Pearl Harbor, the bombing of Pearl Harbor that's about to happen. So I, I saw this movie when I was much younger. I don't think it's a great movie. I think it is a fun sort of um, – the time travel was sort of all the rage in the 80s. And this is a pre 
Back to the Future time travel movie. And honestly, I think based on when it was made, because I think it has the same the the same year. It came out the same year as Terminator, but it is also a pre-Terminator time travel movie. So it it, it gets to throw out. Um, no, I'm sorry. Wipe that completely. It came out in 1980. So because it came out in 1980, it beats uh, to the punch a lot of those very popular uh, time travel films that we did get. Uh, not a lot else that on this uh, roster. Uh, there's a movie called Crabs <laughs> with an exclamation mark that again <laughs> has a cover that looks like we have some kaiju action going on there. Um, I if this movie could be as much fun as that cover art i'd be all in but yeah but i, I doubt it i don't yeah i don't know <laughs> we're gonna get a movie like zombievers where it's like at least at least about half as much fun as you think it should be but uh i i don't know i'm certainly i de- have you seen the, the 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 um the actual cover to this movie the crab itself he, looks very cool and there's like a battle yeah. between a mecha shark in the background yeah, yeah. um I, I just I'm very wary of it. That might have to be a Phantom Galaxy DVD roulette or VOD roulette. Yeah, that sounds movie. Right. <laughs> I think that's a, probably that's a, I think Tubi probably already has that one rolling. Uh, maybe maybe not. If if Crabs is really great, uh, and or if you've made the movie Crabs, you know, thinking we get a fair shake, feel send me a copy. I'll give you uh, I'll give train. I will give you the most honest review we can. And hey, we are fans of kaiju films, so there's a good chance, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We might like a, a little chance. bit about it. We might like a little bit about it. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to get them to send us send it right out to us. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's about what I've got for that um, that period of time. And uh, do you see anything else? So I think we'd move on to November 25th. Um, well, hey, the big thing, vi- Vinegar Syndrome is tearing it up. Here's when the, a lot of their things are released because they it, it, it coincided with their... Um, black friday where they usually when they their black friday sale comes up in addition to having a lot of things at 50 percent off they have a whole list of new titles and so they had roadhouse in 4k which uh you know that roadhouse is not my movie but i know it, there's a lot of no, people that really love that movie and yeah. uh you know you have to see a sweaty mulleted swayze in 4k right like it's about the only way to see it um i have not seen the invisible maniac but it looks like i'd have been all over that on like uh 2 a.m skinamax back in the day um in 4k so you get to see that uh, or you see the do you see the cover for that movie <laughs> yeah yeah not <laughs> you're not gonna be able to bring that one home no 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 uh homegrown horrors volume two i actually am pretty interested in what vinegar center has been doing with this they released one last year and actually i picked it up at the sale because it's kind of when delirium sets in and it's a, like, I realize that it's a genius thing for them to do this sale right at midnight because I think that's when your uh, inhibitions are down a little bit. So anyone Absolutely. who's yeah. sitting there looking, they're like, Hmm, should I pick this up? I think I can. But what's fun about the homegrown horrors is it, it picks the sort of eighties uh, horror films that are more like the, you know, that, that whole kind of concept of the regional horror, which really tends to mean not just a movie made in a certain area, but a very cheap movie that represents this certain region because it's it's usually shot in the area with actors or pe- who who tend to just be people from the from the community or the friends and neighbors of these filmmakers. And so I think the first one had like Winter Beast and Beyond Dreams Door and things like that uh, in the in the set and then also Fatal Exam. What I will say about these movies, 
at least the ones that I've seen. I haven't seen any in this new set, Homegrown Horrors 2. A, Vinegar Syndrome does a great job of putting a lot of great special features and also getting copies of these movies that I'm pretty sure the filmmakers are astonished they look this good. Uh, but they do tend to also be... Winter Beast is pretty crazy. It's pretty, like, off-the-wall, like, where it, the part of the fun is the delirium of this barely feels like a like a coherent film. But a lot of the others are pretty passable as 80s horror films. They have some of the same charms that we equate with 80s horror movies. And so they aren't just sort of grabbing whatever they can find. They tend to find movies that I'm like, I look at it and say, honestly, hey, I, if I made that movie, I'd be pretty proud of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always wary of those just because I, when I think of that, I'm thinking like that one that Dave made me watch for Land of the Creeps. So. No, no, I think these are a little bit better. Again, I think the thing is so many beloved 80 horror 80s horror movies the ones that aren't put out by a major studio you know when you talk talk about when we get into things like the mutilator and stuff like that those movies do not have great acting or great budgets or things like that so what i think what's interesting is the sort of curve for 80s horror movies you could you could get somebody making a you know a homegrown movie i mean movies like the evil dead aren't that far off you know from homegrown movies the original film that uh that some of these end up being more entertaining than you're thinking. I think the disparity is much greater now when we have someone making an independent horror film, you know, right. We're expecting it's going to like, I made it on my laptop computer in a couple hours with my iPhone. Uh, I was impressed. I think a lot more work had to go into some of these and some of them are legitimately entertaining movies. I will say the difference I think, and Trey, please correct me if I'm wrong. I think there's between Trey and I, although I think we both have a lower threshold than some people. I've got a good buddy of mine who loves this stuff. He's like, I just got the Andy Milligan box set. I'm like, congratulations. <laughs> um, I can appreciate them and I can watch them, but um, I, but I do have a certain love for this kind of where these people with the best resources they had went out and made a movie. And if it resembles a movie, it wasn't just a lazy grab. They're trying to make an actual film. I kind of get down with it, particularly now my daughter's really into wanting to make movies. And I want to be able to help her. And so it's kind of fun to see what people were doing when they really had to rely on, you know, they couldn't just shoot it on the phone and edit it in Photoshop. You know, they had to like, uh, they, they really had to give it the same effort that people with budgets three or four, 5,000 times more than what they had, uh, were doing. So I, these movies do sort of appeal to me, particularly the ones in the eighties. I think you're right. When you get to some of these movies made in the sixties, they do end up about, you know, I took a sock puppet and glued felt on its face. And it's out there. But in the 80s, you know, because the 60s, they could make it look as good as people could in the 30s. So in the 80s, they're making it look as good as the big budget 60s movies. So the movies have like Ray Harryhausen special effects. Well, Ray Harryhausen's drunk little brother's special effects. <laughs> but um, I that all that to be said, I haven't picked this one up. I did pick up the first one and I'm looking forward to it. They do some great cover art. It's a very nice set so if this is your thing i know a lot of people who are into this just kind of even from an oddities perspective of these movies that i can guarantee you, you probably haven't heard of many of these so it's um it's probably a fun set uh and when i do get homegrown horrors volume one i will do a review and we'll have it uh on on phantom video so then we move really to november 29th which is the last uh the last week of um November November's month as far as releases go. Um, a lot of stuff here. Not um, again. Some of the boutiques have some stuff coming out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two is getting a kind of big release. I think that it's either um, I believe that one is Vinegar Syndrome as well. 
uh, a horror movie that I've never seen, but I, I'm always in the in the looking out for new horror Christmas movies. Have you seen Don't Open Till Christmas, Trey? No, I haven't. Didn't um didn't they review that on HMP one year? Maybe they may have. They they review a, a lot of these podcasts. Review a lot of horror film yeah, Christmas horror movies. I don't movies. remember that one, it's, but it's yeah. hard for me to keep track. This is a 1984 one. I do tend to I, I'm I kind of hit or miss sometimes on the Christmas horror films. I do enjoy a number of the ones from the late seventies and. Uh, the mid eighties, but um have not seen Don't Open Till Christmas. But I have a friend who just posted a picture of it on Facebook, so I'll have to uh, check in with him and see how he liked it. The werewolf versus the vampire woman. I think you were telling me about this one. This is one of the Paul Nashy yeah. films, right? I think so. Um I haven't seen this one yet. He's so this isn't one of the ones he's directed. It was actually directed by um Leon Klamovsky who did what did he do? Um, I know he did that movie Trauma, but uh, yeah, not um, probably not high art if we're talking about it. But I'm interested in seeing. I that. don't know that you'd want the werewolf versus vampire woman to be high art. As long no. as a werewolf <laughs> heaves a vampire woman into the air and throws her, I'm in. Um, <laughs> and then she flies away, even better. But yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, it's there's an interesting string we've got here with those and then like blood delirium and the Amityville curse, which I haven't seen any of these, but I probably will at some point. The, well, the Amityville, it's got Amityville in front of it. So I'm sure you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen, I have not seen blood delirium. I have seen the Amityville curse. It is not one of the better anime Amityville movies, which I believe you and I have both pointed out. Doesn't, you know, um, mean a whole lot. I, I probably need to take a rewatch to it. Um, because to me, the, the Amityville movie, the, the only Amityville movie that sticks out to me from that, like, later latter period is the uh, Amityville 1992, which we've all we've uh, reviewed previously and is actually pretty right. fun by Amityville standards. Amityville curse is <laughs> um, it's about what you expect from a sort of like late eighties, early nineties. I think it was made right at the cusp of all that. So uh, Amityville film. Then we, um, then we've got trained Basson 4k, which I don't have, I have peninsula on 4k. Um, I like this, one better than Peninsula. So um, I'll probably pick that up at some point, but not. I'm a big fan of Train to Busan and actually 4K right now. I don't know if it'll stay that way, but they're right now selling it for like 14 bucks or 14.99, I think on Amazon. So yeah, it's um, not bad. Uh, that's pretty good for a four 4K release. I think of a movie that like, a, this is another one that it wasn't a, uh, I think this one came to prominence on either Netflix or Shutter. Might have been Shutter. I don't remember exactly. I think it was, yeah. Uh, but a bit, it's a really fun movie and something I didn't realize. I, I guess it's so the intensity of this film is so. At least I thought so. It's so intense. It's an action uh, thriller. You know, it's a horror film, but it's it's definitely action oriented. The intensity of it was such that I didn't realize until recently that it's a PG thirteen film. Um, I guess I just didn't that didn't click with me when I saw it. You know, it feels to me as intense as any of the R-rated, like, Dawn yeah. of the Dead remake and stuff like that. But my kids are like, can we watch Train to Busan? My son's huge into trains, and they really like zombie movies. And I was like, you know, I, so I don't know. And then I looked, I'm like, PG-13? Well, I yeah, guess so. I'll, I'll give you a rewatch, and then we'll, we'll let you know, because it doesn't <laughs> always work out, Critters too. But uh, I'm just saying, usually the PG-13. A PG-13 yeah. in 2016, usually a little safer. Yeah, than that's usually better. The 80s. Um, Mansion of the Living Dead, have you seen this one? No, I haven't. Uh, that does look like it's, your cover uh, it's, and your it's Jess Franco. Yeah. Oh, does it? okay. So, no. Also, oh, moving on. That's a skip um, for me. A movie I'm <laughs> curious about here. I don't know anything about the Shadowed Mind. That's a very bizarre cover. That's a very weird cover. <laughs> it's That's very Severin. very strange. So you never know what you're going to get. No, no, you don't. Uh, they also Burning Paradise coming out, um, which is a martial arts film that I'm not familiar with. Um, but I. Uh, 
not a lot else here that I'm seeing. No, there's a couple of new releases with Don't Worry Darling, which I think we're both kind of average, middle of the road on. Yeah. And then Emily the Criminal, which I've heard some good things about, but I haven't seen yet. I just saw Emily the Criminal. It's actually a very good movie. I, I like it a lot. It, it it certainly, I think, has the potential to be, uh, you know, it's in contention, I think, maybe for to be at least on the honorable mentions list for my, uh, if not on the list itself, for the end of the year. So I definitely recommend it. I think the thing that's really good about it is that Aubrey Plaza, who, who I like quite a bit and is often very good in movies, uh, is, is really like a a star turn for her where she really gets to be the sort of magnetic center of the movie. Uh, so that's that's really cool, I think. Um, I'm looking. There's one other I want to mention, and I'm sure you know which one that is. But Yeah, uh, I think I do. There's a movie called The Pact from 1995 that has a really wild-looking cover. That's a cool cover. But I don't know anything about it. I don't know if you do. Um, no. Season I don't one, even know anything about that label. Season one of Ghosts, I don't either. Season one of Ghosts is coming out on... Um, on blu-ray and i don't know if you've seen this show at all but it's it, it no, has, it's a it's a really fun show about a, a a a couple that moves into a house where the ghosts from every different era are still sort of kicking around in there and are, are all hmm. sort of have their own community and and already and already sort of have their thing going on so the when the humans come in they're just sort of super usurpers to what's been going on with this sort of uh, microcosm community of all these ghosts so it's actually pretty fun and, and kind of silly and if, if you're trying to get the tone you know its tone is something along the lines it's, it's not quite as acerbic and it's not quite as creative i think i know where you're going yeah we what we do in the shadows yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that um amyville karen finally gets a release yeah we've been waiting <laughs> again that's a movie i'd happily own that poster <laughs> the end maybe a um, buddy of mine is in this movie though i don't think for very long but he's in the movie so i do want to check it i will i will end up checking it out for that um, I am interested in seeing Mona Lisa and the Blood Moon. Um, the primary reason for that is that its uh, director did a movie that I really liked called Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Anna Lily Armapur. She, mm-hmm. uh, she recently did one of the um, uh, episodes of the uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, the Del Toro-produced Cabinet of Curiosities. And she also, uh, the other movie that I think she did I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was a post-apocalyptic uh, movie that had uh, the Bad Batch. Um, oh, okay, yeah, which was 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 kind of, a, in my opinion, was it was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, that leads me to my final pick. But I'll ask you if you have anything before. Um, um the only thing I see is um, Fruits Basket, the final season, which is an anime release, and that was a really good revival kind of a. Um, just a readaptation, you know, something like Stephen King when you get like it and the newer it's. It's just a readaptation of the original source material, um, but it's pretty good. They got to finish out the story this time. So that's pretty good if you like. Uh, I, I would say it's more in like the lines of a drama with some comedy and stuff in it. Very cool. And then, um, yeah, I guess I see this, too. Uh, was a throwback for me. Sherlock Hound is getting the complete uh, <laughs> Sophie, a different uh, on a different spectrum of anime, but a fun, that's more of a kids oriented um, anime and uh, a lot of fun because it has a lot of the great um, anime artists that, that, that worked on a lot of the classics and, you know, came through Sherlock Hound and worked on it as well. <laughs> but my last one here is a movie that I've not seen that the poster is amazing. The title's amazing. It's probably garbage, 
but it's garbage I'm likely to own. I, you know, uh, this is The Legend of Dinosaurs and Monster Birds, and it's a Japanese film. Uh, the, the the synopsis is a Japanese village is menaced by a plesiosaur from the depths of the sea. Meanwhile, deep in a cave of ice, a prehistoric egg begins to hatch. The plesiosaur and the mystery creature hatching from the egg, I have no idea what it could be, uh, seem destined <laughs> to clash. So the interesting thing about this, the poster looks great, by the way, which has giant creatures jumping out of the sea and fighting a uh, pterodactyl. Pretty sure that's what that is, is pterodactyl. So please, please see versus pterodactyl is a pretty fun idea for a movie. And I that thought pretty cool. It does. And I was thinking, okay, so what we're getting here, this is 1977 is we're going to get basically a Godzilla template Kaiju movie. Yet the more I read about it, the more I hear that this movie's real template is movie, more of a movie like jaws. So with a, with a little bit of gore in it so that it kind of is a, a horror movie, but it does, I think lean towards the, the kaiju elements. So am I expecting this yeah. to be great? I'm not, but I think it's what I'm going to have to pick up just because there, you know, you and I have talked, we have different areas of completism. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that you and I could turn a blind eye to, but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to ruin your um parade here, but I am looking over at our friend, uh, Fulci baby, hashtag team Paul Gasari over on letterbox. And uh, <laughs> they gave it a one star. So no, no. I mean, everything here screams one star, but I own a lot of one star movies. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> when it comes to kaiju films, I they put Polgasari on Blu-ray. I'm there. Um, yeah. And then you probably are, too. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this is me filling the the niche of this is a Japanese monster movie I've not heard of. I own the giant claw proudly, which is not Japanese. I understand. I yeah. I own. uh I don't know a lot of those <laughs> Japanese this, movies. This is your like uh, your, you know, Japanese kaiju films like this is probably to my like Paul Nashi movies. If we want to go it's one a kryptonite. One, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like it's not good for you, but you're drawn to it strangely anyway. So like, yeah. but hey, um, if you're out there and you've seen the movie, let us know what you think about it. Um, uh, again, this is a movie where I feel like a one star is not necessarily a warning. Maybe it's a promise. So yeah. <laughs> Legend of Dinosaur and Monster Birds uh, coming out November 29th. That kind of wraps it up for me. Uh, does that wrap it up for you? Yeah, I think that's yeah. all I had to talk about. That wraps up uh, this. And then from here on out, you can expect to hear us, uh, you know, barring anything crazy happening, you'll be hearing um, Phantom Video every two weeks and come the end or come the beginning of 2023 phantom video will have its own feed and its own uh its own website and everything like that so we're we've got a lot of uh, fun things in uh in store there you can find us right now on phantom galaxy at podbean.com and uh Probably about the time this releases, we will be very shortly up and running with the Phantom Video. You can find us on Facebook, a Facebook group for Phantom Video. Trey, uh, anything you want to plug or, or uh, mention before we close out? Yeah, you can just, um, as always, find me every two weeks over on Screaming Through the Ages, where I dive into a different horror history topic. Um, when this is releasing, we're probably getting ready to go live with the Critters franchise review, which I did with yourself. Um, and then maybe another one later in the month. So stay tuned for that. And then the only other thing I would like to plug is I was over on an episode of Real Talk um, to talk about Dark Knight from 2008. So that's about all I have going on right now. 
Very cool. And uh, yeah, I love Real Talk. I think the last time I was on Real Talk, we were talking Batman as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This was the result of their uh, summer blockbuster poll. This won the the summer blockbuster of, I think, the later half of the aughts. So maybe the whole aughts. I can't remember. But um, either way. That makes sense. That was a pretty that I remember that being a really big deal when that movie came out. Yeah, it um, definitely was. Even more so than than Batman Begins. So great. Well, Train, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. And everyone, thanks for listening. And this is the Phantom Video uh signing out. <laughs>